Congratulations, Star Joes, on your 200th episode. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 200. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. I'm Chuck. Hey, Chucky's back. Two in a row. <laughs> Two in a row. Back in black. Uh, so we are at Baltimore Comic Con for our 200th episode. You know, somewhat. Uh, and uh, why don't we go around the room, everyone. Introduce themselves. Who's here? Uh, starting over here. Nick. Alright. Rock. Uncle Teabag. I'm Sam. Andre. Awesome. Andre! Andre! The mythical, <clears throat> legendary Andre. The giant. So we have made it to 200 episodes, which I had no clue that this was ever going to happen. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah whatever. Off. Right. Um, little different than last year because... Last year, we were able to sit at a nice table down in the lobby area that was commandeered by some people celebrating something or other uh, in Baltimore here. But so we're in our room like we did, I think, what, maybe two years ago, three years ago, three years four years ago? ago? Oh, no, yeah. So, uh, so this might not be the best recording, but hey, it's 200 episodes, so I don't care anymore. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> or until security knocks on the door. Right, until they, until they knock on the door. Um, so, who wants to talk about their Baltimore Con first before we start talking about Star Joe's itself? I saw Captain Kirk today. You did? Yeah. Did you kick him in the nuts? No, Captain Kirk was actually walking out of the bathroom. Nice. And I actually dropped a captain's log in there. And he <laughs> lost it. And then I started going into Captain Kirk voice. I got hold on. Give me a deep breath. Damn it, Spock! You left the seat up again! <laughs> and then I was like, damn it, Scotty, there's piss all over the seat. <laughs> and him and his wife, who was dressed as uh, Andor Leia, 
were uh, they were laughing pretty hard. So that was my my funny moment pretty nice. early this morning. Nice. Who did you meet yesterday, Rock? I met the king of rock that is not higher. Sucker MCs or call me fire. It was uh, Daryl McDaniel. Yeah. DMC. Yeah, I got to meet DMC also. He was awesome. Yeah, me and the wife got our picture taken one of the day too. Oh, cool. Super cool. nice guy. Did not see him. I love Run DMC, man. I love Run DMC. I didn't. That's who introduced me to rap when I was growing up, man. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering where Steven Tyler was and got real confused. He did. He did sign my. Uh, I did buy the uh, king size edition of DMC, and uh, he did write "Walk This Way." Yeah, and ours, and ours too. Did he? Yeah, and the what? Kept singing the song over and over again in my head. I was like, wait, where? Where does he fit in? Well, I'm from Queens, like DMC. He wrote "Queens Finest" on mine. Nice. nice. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, DMC from Run DMC was here. Um, we got to meet uh, Scotty Young today. Scotty Young. Um, he was he was nice. I I was glad they did a little ticket thing in the morning, so this way we know what order we are, we were in. Um, so nice was a clusterfuck. It was fine. He was nice. He, prior, he was nice. He engagement, no, he was nice. He was fine when he got here, but him yeah. getting here was a giant clusterfuck. Well, that's not his fault. That, so they the say. convention, right? Convention, the whole up. convention thing. I was just glad yeah, I, I was there for the tickets when they gave them out. That's right. That's our friend, our friendship with that's, you has finally what, paid off. So that's, that's right. Um, we got to see Tom King. Tom King. Wow. Seen uh, Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. And Molina. So Molina. So Guilty. who who met who and like that was memorable for you? Any of you guys? I met a fat ass Hulk. He had no <laughs> tone. He made me look like an all schlubby nigga. I saw your pit. Dude was fat. I'm fat. Dude. I'm calling him out and being fat. I'll fat shame. Dude was fat, and I'm fat. He might have been the. Bald but he made me look like Arnold compared to him. You don't put green paint on 350 pounds of fat. How much paint do you think it took? Gallons. <laughs> if he went to make over 199, they wouldn't do it. They'd say no. You could upgrade. Get John's inhaler ready. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh shit. A lot of cosplayers. A lot of cosplayers. Um anybody else meet anyone like good experience wise? Val or? was a great meeting today. Yeah, Val was that, awesome. That was good, yeah. Did he sign your RHP? Yeah, he signed it alright. Yeah. With a loincloth? Was it like bulging? <laughs> With his Val was cool because he, power he sword. actually remembered Star Joe's. Yeah. He he actually was like, yeah, I remember being on the podcast. He was talking about PowerCon. I told him we'll have him on again when once they figure out when the hell PowerCon's happening again. So, that was cool. He was trying to get you to go to PowerCon. He was. Well, I want to go to PowerCon, yeah. but he's got to stop making it on the West Coast, man. Um, Don't put it out. John can attest to this. Uh, we had a conversation before the con, and we're talking about artist Carl Slominski. And he does amazing work. So any yeah. original art collectors, commissions, hit him up. Check out all of our Facebooks and Instagrams, Twitters, his Instagram. I already talked talk to him. I gave him our card, and I told him, reach out to me. We'll have him on the show. I was like, just talking about 80s stuff, because he likes talking about that stuff. Yeah. So he Real good dude. Amazing, amazing. Uh, sketches slash water paintings, just 
knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he did a Bebop and Roxy for me that's amazing. Um, I know he's done some cool stuff for you guys. John, what did you have him do? So I started researching Carl a little bit ago and was really, really impressed with his style and went over Friday morning to introduce myself and start talking to him. And I pulled out my sketchbook and he's like, I love G.I. Joe. I was like, okay, we're in. This is good. <laughs> and he um, he did ripcord for me, and it was phenomenal. Really, really nice. And we were talking, and then Grub came over and got something, and then he got a... And he was telling us, he's like, well, I really like G.I. Joe, and I really like Star Wars. Like, okay, guy, you've got a new connection. You, you, you. Right. We've been really, really fortunate with this show to find uh, artists and creators that... Like Dean Cotts. Like Dean Cotts, and guys yeah. that are under the radar that... Uh, the bang for the buck is there, and it's something that you know Travis and I have talked a lot about, and Andre and I have talked about a lot. Is that you know that some of the big name artists they do phenomenal work, but it is a really cost prohibitive proposition. Yeah, you know you could go get one sketch from a huge name, or you could get three or four great pieces from somebody that doesn't have as much published work or has the name yet. And guess what? We get them now, and many of them remember when they become a big name. They still give you the hometown deal, right? Or, a, or you know, they, they work with you because you become diligent. So, well, you're like you're Carl, part you know, of who like brought a lot of business exactly. to them. And and so, I think we we the referral business. The, works. I think yeah. the referral for Carl, I think he ended up with nine sketches from Star Joe's related people this week. Oh, it's so, big time for sure. Yeah, he was he. I think he enjoyed the mix of stuff and what we were doing. And I we all say, got we all got just completely different different things, stuff. So we, yeah. But still, he still stuff he loved. Oh yeah. But as we talked about before, and I'll say it before, and I'll say it again. The one thing he said to me was, "I cannot believe all you guys have your own reference." Yeah. And that was great. Well, he, yeah, he said to me, "I was like, I brought him my reference, and he looked at the sheet, and he's just like, this is an impressive list.'" And he's like, "You have references for each of these things?" I was like, "Yeah, because there's some names on there that I don't expect anyone to know." I didn't have reference. Shame on you. So, I know. And I will say his wife actually said to me today, because um, I gave him my book yesterday, and I was like picking it up today, and she goes, he didn't even want to go get breakfast. He was like, I'm so excited about doing the Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady. He was like, I want to get back. So she went and picked up breakfast for him so that he could start working on it today. Nice. So, and then there's, uh, do you, Nick, do you remember the name of the guy that I dropped my book off today with? Neil King, I believe. Okay. So, I'm a little bit nervous. I I'm, saw his work there. I almost got a sketch of it. Yeah. It looked really his, good. His work looks really good. Yeah. He's only charging like 10 bucks for a black and white. Yeah. Andre got a great sketch from today. And like 20 bucks for colors. So, I asked him for colors because like 20 bucks, sure, why not? Yeah. The only thing that makes me nervous Down the kids section. is I was like, he looked at my Star Wars book and he's like, I, want, I told him I want Hoth Leia. And he's like, Hoth. I was like, yeah, the snow planet. Beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he's like, "Oh, okay, I think, yeah, I know what you're talking about." I'm like, "All right, I'm a little nervous." I was like, "Google it when you get home, please check it out." But so we'll see. I mean, but he is one of those artists where it's like he's lower price. Nobody really knows him, and believe me, if he does a, a great job, I'm going to sing his praise. If he doesn't do a great job, I won't speak his word again or his name again. But, um, but yeah, you find those creators where it's just like. To your point, John, where they just, they're good. They're solid creators. I mean, we constantly go back to Dean Cotts to get stuff from him because he just does an amazing job. And yeah, he doesn't like, it's not like just the, just the 
person that you want. He does background and everything. Yeah, and he puts such detail. And I'm, I got uh, Captain Rex last year or two years ago, and he he put like this like two tailed lizard in the background, you know, in the foreground and stuff like that. He put additional soldiers, troopers in the background, stuff like he puts detail into the work. You can tell he cares about what he's doing. He did a torpedo for me this year, and it has like four or five hey. mines. Hey, a torpedo! Oh, yeah, he did a torpedo, and there's mines, and there's fish, and there's all kinds of stuff. It's, Is there a pizza? It's just amazing. It really, it's fun. It, this, I, I will continue to give Baltimore credit. They do a really nice job of the mix of creators. Artist Alley is always great. The creator list of named creators is, is usually very good. They had a lot of cancellations this year, which is yeah. really interesting. You tend to have two or three, but they had maybe a dozen. Yeah. And right. they were the, the big names. And it's unfortunate. Obviously, work comes in, people get sick, or family you know, family issues. But, you know, our, uh, our esteemed colleague, Mr. Gallant, his main man, Mr. Garcia Lopez, was not here this year. Right. And he was devastated because that is. That is but his stupid art director was here. John pointed him out. I thought super kicked him. Well, regardless, <laughs> it was um, it was interesting because there were so many big names and, and following kind of following the list, following what's going on out there. A lot of people were really upset because some of the really big names. There were people coming in from way out of town to meet someone, just to meet those just people. to meet those people, and it's like. Well, if it's just Garcia Lopez is one thing, but if there's four, five, six people, whole different story. Well, there was there was supposed to be like Mike Mignola was supposed to be here, Denny O'Neill was supposed to be here, Garcia Lopez, George Perez, George Perez, and the thing, and like I was really excited about Mignola because I've never been to a con that he's been to, so I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to Denny O'Neill because I have Hard Traveling Heroes as a hardcover. I've already had Neil Adams plus five bucks sign it for me. Um, but I wonder. I, I'm just overthinking this. I know that Garcia Lopez is Southern Florida. I wonder how many of these guys maybe were in the Florida area. Oh, sure. And I totally get that. Yeah, yeah and, and I get it. But you know, to what now you guys the, have said, I, I was disappointed not to now the to plus see Garcia Lopez because he he's getting up there and he just it's just nice to. Yeah. See him smoke his clove cigarettes in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> now, on the plus side, you know, they lost Mike Mignola, who's supposed to be their big drawing, and then as soon as they lost him, they brought in Scotty Young. Scotty, Scotty Young! Young mm-hmm. Which I was thrilled, thrilled about because I'm a huge fan of his stuff. Yeah, me too. So, um, I was excited that he was coming in. But the thing I love about Baltimore Con... I assume you guys feel the same way, is that it is still focused on the comics. There are so many conventions. And Baltimore Comic Con still does some of the media stuff, but most of the convention is still about the comics, and it's still a big convention because it's still about the comics. Yeah, you don't have everybody coming here to spend all their money on photo ops and autographs. Because that's why I saw it happen at Long Island at Eternal Con. A lot of people came, and a lot of people spent their money on... All the, the celebrities, celebrities. Yeah. yeah, and that leaves no money for artist style. Well, not as much money for artist style and right. buying well, books it, and stuff. And you figure Baltimore only started bringing in media guests in the last four years. Four years. Yeah, they brought in. What? They brought in Peter Mayhew. Mayhew. Peter yeah. Mayhew was the first one. They brought like Peter Mayhew and the and Joel from MST 3K. And then really that last year was like it's always like they'll have four or five, maybe six, but they're good ones. They're good solid ones. Is the yeah. what Iron Fist this year and the guy that was. 
some of the Colossus and some of the Gotham. Uh, yeah, the people. Gotham guys. So Linda Carter and, and Linda Carter was the big time guest. She sadly was not on the floor, but we did hear a cool story about her concert last night. And so I think yeah, they, I didn't they, hear about the story. What's the story? Oh, so Franco from Art and Franco, Tiny Titans, and all that great stuff that they do. Oh yeah, comics. Franco got on a guest list to go see her show. Uh-huh. Frank Cho got on the same list and, when I was talking to him this and, morning. Well, apparently, so we're sitting there talking to Franco. I was like, hey, what was it like? Well, when he got up there, they, they gave him his pass, and he went in, he saw the show, he was sitting like in the first two or three rows, and after it was over, they said, hey, anybody with a blue star, stay back. Okay. Pass. He had a blue star on his pass. Well, guess what? Linda Carter came out and did about a 20-minute conversation with the VIPs. Nice. And then took a picture with every single person. Oh, that's so awesome. he got to meet her, and he was, he was like, he was, he said it was amazing. He said yeah. it was a lot of fun. And I it's asked him, I said, happiest I've been in two weeks. Yeah, he like, said, happiest I, I was in two weeks. walking and skipping. He, I asked him, I did ask him, I said, well, how many people were there? Because they were still selling tickets last night, which right. was surprising. He said a few hundred, a few hundred. You know, which, quite honestly, on a Friday night at a show where that's not something they've done before to have right. a concert like that. And With the Orioles in town. Yeah, and and stuff like going on. So, you know, yeah, it was, uh, they, they continued to do it, that nice mix. I It was great because the creators that we know uh, seem to have had good weekends so far. I spent a lot of Friday and a lot of Saturday with Greg Shegel. Yeah. Uh, our esteemed uh, former guest. Two, two times, I guess, now, right? Yeah, two times. And, um, he gave Ryan the business, which was probably my highlight of my weekend, or one of them was listening to him give him the business. <laughs> but, you know, he, yesterday was... He gave slow. me shit because I couldn't remember all the names of the Beastie Boys. Yes. And which, as he said, you do an 80s podcast, you don't know the Beastie Boys. I, I know the Beastie Boys, I just couldn't think of their names He also proceeded, proceeded to chide him about Ayla Sakura today because yes. Greg doesn't keep up with Star Wars characters from... Anything. Which should have been Chicago. me chastising him, really, but... That's because Greg's the Tom Hanks of comics, but... right. Yesterday was not a good day for as far as like selling books. Yeah. And today it was there were so many families here. It was one after the next. He did a really good and, and people were really engaged, really excited. That's awesome. And, and it was so it was fun watching him and I actually I actually sold two books for him as his booth babe. So uh, that made me feel good because I've never And when John is your booth babe. Yeah. You must have a real beast somewhere else. But it was uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun and, and you know, the crowds have been great. Yeah. Uh, and tomorrow's kids' day, so yeah. it'll only get. I'm hopefully it'll only get better. Well, yeah. that's, that's the one thing for a con this size. You really do see a lot of families, and they're shopping. Yeah, and they're actively looking in, and, and you don't see them being overwhelmed. The crowds, crowd, but and, it's and they're interested too, in comics. That's yeah. the thing that's cool about it. But it's it's not it's busy enough that you can have a good time, but still see everything and buy stuff that you want. And not be, you know, just in one, one of the coolest moments for me, speaking of families, was seeing the the uh, the family that was Cobra Commander, Baroness, Storm Shadow, Storm Shadow, and, Shadow and, a, and a Cobra Soldier. It was like the the wife was Baroness, the husband was the uh, Cobra Commander, and the kids were Storm Shadow and the Cobra Soldier. That like that was just awesome. From from the stuff we love to see something like that, that was cool because it's like okay, it's still relevant. It's still something people enjoy. Star Wars family too. Yeah, there was, was there? Okay, was, uh, a little kid was Chewbacca, and another little kid was was Ray. Oh, the dad awesome. was Han Solo, and the mom was. There was there was another one. The, she was, she was the mom was nice. Endor Leia. Yeah, the Leia. kid was yeah. Wicked. <coughs> I and saw the that. Husband was the Jedi. That was a pretty cool one. Yeah, she was Leia. That was cool. I did see like a father and son biker scout. I, oh, I saw, saw them too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, 
So, I mean, the stuff we cover on the show is still relevant. It's still stuff that people enjoy. When you're at these cons, you see people still, like, embracing it and everything, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's a, there's a reason we come back to this convention every year. It's, yes, yeah, some of it is because we know we're all going to be here. We have a good time. We get to see each other again. I mean, let's face it, sometimes, a lot of times, this convention is the only reason we do see each other and get together and everything else. It's like, it's the one time a year I get to see Rock and hang out. I might be fortunate enough to see John during the year if he comes to, like, in my area or something like that, but sometimes I only get to see John at this convention. Um, you know, it's... We've met the mythical creature Andre. Yeah, Andre. Anthony. Who I, I get to see every year at this convention. And that started because I just remember him coming to Robert's table. And John remembers And I go from not knowing his mi- name to misremembers misremembers his name and then yeah, now they're they're sh- together. They're shacking up together. So it's a love together. You right. it's, it's, a, it's a love story. I like saying shacking up together. It's good. There's a little bit more implied with that. There's more of a relationship going on there. What base is going to get to? Yeah. Who's, the, who's the big spoon? Right. Who's Those the are not pillows. <clears throat> All right, so we're at 200 episodes, somewhat. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> this this episode will come out when it's 200. Um, so I have, I just have some somewhat trivia for you guys. We'll see what you guys know. I know. Travis has been doing the great re-listening. Which, yeah, I got to about 87, and then I just... Which, God bless you for even doing that. Fuck that. It was... Right. Uh, I'm not re-listening to it. <laughs> it was fun, and it was good, but I... the Life kind of happened in April, and, like, the great listen-through just kind of went to the side. All right, but, so I have some easy trivia, hopefully some easy trivia for you guys. So first off... This is the easiest trivia. Who are the five hosts of the show? Oh, we don't even have to answer that question. There Come are on. five? There's I five. No. There's five. Chuck, can you answer the five? Yeah. You? John. Yeah. Shannon. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. Myself. Yep. That's it. That's five. Oh, okay. yeah, I guess that is five. Three, That's five. Two. Yeah. All right. So, Travis cannot answer this one. Travis. But Travis has been on the show several times. He has received a nickname. What is that nickname? Oh, it's Uncle T-Bag. Right. Yeah. I was going with douchebag. We're starting off with we're starting off with the easy stuff. <laughs> These are the confidence builders. He also introduced himself. These are the hundred dollar questions. questions. These are the hundred dollar questions. So come actually, on, Andre, you got to speak up. Answer. Let me grab a. I have a sheet over here. With some with of the answers. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Trebek. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ryan is now playing with himself over in the corner. Alex right. Greg Siegel would say, pulling it. I'll take S Tars for 100, Alex. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll take RHPs for 300. <laughs> I think the funniest thing uh, about RHPs is it started actually on another podcast. Well, it started on our podcast, but, in, but inviting another podcast onto our show. And now my fantasy football team on the What's Our Joe Mine League is. The Teenage Mutant Ninja RHPs. RHPs. Oh, that's yeah. our football league. And yep. their team, I'm the Long Island RHPs. All right. So episode 100. This is a little tougher. Okay. Not much, but a little tougher. 
who were the four people that we interviewed on episode 100? Fuck, man. Shannon was one of them. Shannon was one of them. Um, uh, Flint. Yeah. Oh. Bill Ratner. Bill Ratner. Bill Ratner. Um, wow. But that was later. Was it Mary Robert Matt? again? Robert was Robert. one of them. Because Robert wasn't a so host. That's when you announced that's Robert was a host. Yes, that was the episode we were... Bonus points. Yes. Look at you go. Oh, nerd. There's <laughs> one more. Uh, let's see. We've Robert. had him on multiple times. Here? No. Mike Costa. Mike Costa. Oh, wow. So we brought back a lot of the past people we had on there. Okay, so Mike Costa loved coming on the show because of this segment. Firing range. Firing range. Yes. There you go. Did he like chocolate chip or a blueberry muffin? Now. He liked everything I like. That's why I love him. Thanks thanks to one of the people in this room, and he's not allowed to answer it. Rocky, you're not allowed to answer this question. We would do segments and sometimes whole shows talking about stuff outside of Star Joe's. Ah, ammo dump. Andre, Andre got it right. Andre the win. <clears throat> Give me a comic book. I'm going to take one right now. <laughs> what word was used for episodes where we covered any, just whatever South. topic we want to talk episodes. episodes. What was the first episode called? We Suck. No. No, it was just from the G.I. Joe comic. It was, uh, yeah, you it was, said it was Beachhead's quote. Yes. What was it? Embrace, Embrace the, the Suck. Embrace, Embrace the, the Suck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I it's so called We Suck. Okay. <laughs> no, I remember Embrace. Or Suck. It was Embrace, Embrace the, the Suck. Alright. When we had Mike Costa on, what did he choose? R two D two or C three PO? Yeah, well, Chuck just gave it away. C three PO. C three PO. When we had Bill Ratner on, do you choose chocolate chip muffin or blueberry muffin? He didn't say chocolate chip because he's yep. like, why would you waste it on a blueberry? Yep. He's like, who am I kidding? <clears throat> he was a great interview. That was a really, 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 really good interview. And I got a real challenge for you guys. I don't think anyone's going to get this Is one. Is $800 almost 1000 Yes. If you, <laughs> if you don't have one, you don't have the other. No. <laughs> Fuck it ain't. Unless you can't break, make change. What kind of Hold on, that'll be in the bonus <laughs> section. We'll give you buying and tips. Yes, All right, you get a pass in prison. What was the name of the guy who gave Chuck a Schmitz? No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Billy. Right, it yeah, was because it related oh, yeah. to, to, to GI Joe. Commander, son. All right, so this one I actually don't expect anyone to actually know the at. answer to, other than myself. Pick the water off and cool. Episode zero. Oh boy, know your Joes. Episode zeros, know your Joes. We did not so do bad. the intro that we did for all the other episodes. Mm-hmm. What was the song that we played? Was it Billy Idol? Beginning of episode zero. No, it was from a movie. You got no. the touch? No. I don't remember. It was not related to Star Joe's at they, all. What is the, the, I will yeah. give you a clue. Billy Idol was the, the lead. The, I will after give, we're done, the song Billy Idol. Played. I will give you a clue. It is If you know me at all, it is my personal favorite song. Oh, Louis Armstrong. Uh, but it wasn't Wonder Louis Armstrong. Connection. It was What a Wonderful World. Uh, who sang the version that we Carl played for episode zero. No, not Kermit the Frog. Your mom. What? It was not Louis Armstrong's version. Billy Joel. No. No. His name I can't remember. The Don. No. Don Ho. No. Not Don Ho. What the 
Are you a god, bro? Cold Slither. Ray Charles. Cold Slither. It was a rock group. Journey. Oh, Ramones. Ramones. Yes. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, Who it was. with Billy Idol. It was Wonder, What a Wonderful World by the Ramones. Was the first song that we played. One of the ones we ended with Billy Idol. I think we ended maybe that episode with Billy Idol. Billy Dancing Idol with myself or something. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up another. That's what I'm saying. Chuck, Chuck, you are not allowed to answer this question because I know you know it. I'm throwing it out. What is the unofficial music group for Star Joe's? Bon Jovi. No. Cold you know it. And no, no, no. Chuck knows it for sure. That's why he's not allowed to answer it. Journey. No. no. Is it guy from the you got the touch? It's Mark no. Gay. No. no. It's two guys. It's two guys. Oats. Yes. Hall of Notes. Oh, I do remember because you did that one episode where you played all the yeah. right. Notes dudes. We fucking listen to Hall of Notes on the way to JoeCon. All right. Like, I like, I fucking so love I did the math. <laughs> Play it. If you, <laughs> if you did not sleep at all, how many days would it take you to listen from episode zero... Oh, to episode 192, without which is where we're at right now, without stopping. And how many days would it take you to listen to all of Star Joe's? Eight. Why would you take everybody's serious answer? Yeah, six, everyone give a serious answer. 16. Yeah. So, Nick, you're saying eight? John? I'll think about it. Give me, I'm right. doing the math in my head right now. 16. Okay. 13 and a half. Okay. You're going 12. You're going 12? 12. Okay. Travis, I fucking hundred. Uh, like the price is right. Good lord, um, again, it's twenty-four hours a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm dropping the math. Twenty. Andre, you have a guess. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Seven. Okay, John. Two. Okay, number is fourteen. Oh, I said twelve. It would take you. You said like thirteen. Right? I said sixteen. It would said take you just over fourteen days. One dollar. One dollar, Bob. So one dollar. It would take you just one, over fourteen one, days, listening twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. It would take you over two weeks to listen to all of Star Joe's right now. Minute. What's my prize? We need to get that in the <clears throat> DC noise. What their number would be? Yeah, no that, doubt. Well, they do like four hour episodes. When I when I was doing the listen through, there was some. Some hefty ones. Like oh yeah, three hour so brutal marathon. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was a two day listen. But then there's working also back and working. Well, the, so the amazing thing is too when you listen to the animated episodes, they're really long right now. When you listen to the first animated episodes, they were like an hour and a half. We do now like three hours when we're doing so animated episodes. In honor of Mr. Gallant. Bikini, 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 bikini. Oh yeah. Bikini. Well, it's because yeah, we brought more people on, more things to talk about with those episodes. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so yeah, I actually sat there and did the math. It was ridiculous, but I was like, I'm just curious. How long would it take? So it took four, little over 14 days. It's like a Tootsie Roll pop. No one ever knows. Right. <laughs> well, now you know. And Come on. The <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Was it gonna say? Someone had to say oh. it. The set, the spike. Oh, I've dropped the ball. Right. So, it, yeah, it's. I mean, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been fun because I, I wouldn't have met you guys without it. Well, right, Nick, I would have met you, but right, sure, sure. All right, I wouldn't have met John. I wouldn't have met Rock. I wouldn't have met Sam or his wife Kayla. I wouldn't have met 
Well, maybe I meant Travis. Maybe, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Know. Probably hey, not. No. I mean, no. We would have passed each other. But we would have. Here's a trivia question. I wouldn't have known Andre. Andre. No. Here's a trivia question. Your first time meeting Andre. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, I, I met him. You met Alan. <laughs> this was on an episode. Anthony. Yes. What? When I first met you guys, what was the gift that I brought for Chuck? Oh shit! I know this. I know you know. I know what it is. I know what it is. Was it? Was it a Ric Flair figure? No. no. Oh, it was something that Chuck talked about numerous times. Yes. He would make fun of Ryan and say, oh, well, I didn't have everything as a kid yep. like you. Now, I remember. It was a Sky Striker. Striker. Sky, Striker. Yeah. Sky Striker, yeah. In the box. The box. Yes. Yeah. You gave that to Chuck? You? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember yeah, that. I, remember that. I feel bad. I like, brought you like a coffee mug. I still <laughs> use the coffee mug. I know, but I look back no. all the time. I know. Look, look for the next. Uh, no, you've mentioned it. That look, you can only put stuff in no, the cup. But look at the next YouTube video. I'm okay. doing an unboxing video and I actually use it as a prop. Yeah, I know, but I look back and I'm like, Sky Striker and a uh, coffee mug. I love that oh, coffee mug. I had all the stuff, I left it at home. I love that coffee mug. Coffee mug said, uh,. My co-host got a skyscraper in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I got this coffee cup. No, it was a Green Lantern coffee mug. I still have it. I love it. But, um, that was a super And show. you also got me the Green Lantern t-shirt. Yes. I still wear that. But it's fine. I, was, I mean, I, didn't give it I mean, it was seven plus years ago. Yeah. yeah. Super show. You know and I great? still love that stuff. One of the great sizes is, is a Green Lantern shirt. It's extra large, I think. Oh, okay. So One of the great things about... I have lost weight, so... This yeah. uh, camaraderie and all of these friendships is... We've all had to put an effort in it. Not a lot of effort. Amen, brother. But, no, 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 hear me out. When when all of this started, it started out on the Comic Geek Speak forums. Yeah. And then they got hacked, and they had a new forum, so we all had to re-register on the yep. new forum. And then that crashed and burned, and then there was the... Forum for uh, Geeks. Forum for Geeks. Yep, Forum and for Geeks. And then that... They stopped paying the bill on that. Yeah, that crashed, and then we Something all... Thanks, no, they stopped paying the bill, they told me. to, <laughs> you know, social media and the Starjo's group. Like, so, we've all... We persevered through it all. Yeah, it's not like we've all... It, it's funny that I know everybody by their real name now, but there for a while it was all, you know... <laughs> oh, yeah. John came up to me at Campbell's, he's like, Hey, I, what was your hand? JT... JT3 fan. JT3 fan. He's like, I remember that. Hey, I'm John. I'm like... Who? Who's yeah. John? And you're like, JT Fifa. Oh! Yeah, because what was your online name? Travis. Travis, that's right. You were straight edge he man. Straight edge he man. I was Royal Lantern. Chuck. The Chuck. The Chuck. Well, the funny thing, I was Royal Lantern before the podcast existed. Yeah. I want to ask a question. You were a straight edge he man. Was he man ever known for doing coke and blow? Was he man ever known for. Okay, it was faker. So here's a here's a trivia only for those. I mean, you guys know. Like to get you guys know me here, so. Hold on, he's going to admit to doing some things he should. No, 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 no. <laughs> you guys know me here, so I think you guys might know the answer to this. I know a couple of you guys definitely do. Okay, what was the podcast that I listened to that got me introduced to podcasting? Oh, it was. I know. You were talking to him. DC Noise is the one that drove you to do this. So. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. no, no. I, I thought you, it was Eric's passing that. Didn't yeah. The, well, yeah. The, the gentleman that passed away, you talked to right. him on Facebook or right. MySpace. But, or but this was the podcast <laughs> that I first listened to. It was the first podcast CBS? I listened to. No, and, it, no. and it's who no. introduced me to podcasting. No. Is who G. helped, who helped wow. me get this podcasting going? Wow, DC Action Lab. Yeah, think of Action Lab. The, the uh, super ugly and that crew. That crew. Yeah. 
What was their the podcast? Geek Savant? The yeah. Geek oh, Savants, yes. They wanted to have sex with your sister, if I remember correctly. Right, right. <laughs> Uncle Kenny? You know. So the Geek Savants were the ones who I first started listening to, and it was because of our buddy Chewy. That I that told that told <laughs> that po- told uh, Pat, who was he was friends with. He's like, he told Pat about the Geek Savants. Pat told me about the Geek Savants, and I started listening to them. And I was I totally got engrossed into podcasting. They're also the reason I started even going to conventions. So, like, and then I reached out to Dave Duanch, who told me how to set up a podcast. Like, he gave me instructions about how you convert it to MP3. Like he was amazing. He ah like <clears throat> so that's the thing that a lot of people don't really know. I mean, I mentioned it before that they've been an inspiration, but they actually helped me with the technical side of stuff. I I remember this, and you guys can't. Ryan and Chuck can't answer. Uh, do any of you guys remember what they what the first uh, ten to fifteen episodes was recorded on? Oh, Zoom. Uh uh-uh. uh Zoom. Zoom. Of Star Wars. No. Yeah, of Star Wars. What? Because I remember, because I'll give it. Ryan got a gift for Christmas, and what, and that's what he started recording yep. the episodes on. Actually, it's the first four years of the series. Okay. Oh, you have an old notebook, Carl. The little notebook computer. The, the little, little netbook. Netbook, netbook yeah. Little yeah. Netbook. It was a little netbook thing. It was like maybe 10 inches by 4 inches. It was super yeah. tiny. And the microphone was tiny, too. Yeah, I still use that microphone. Hey, 10 inches is pretty big to me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, brother. I'm just glad when you said that people want to sleep with your sister, you didn't mention Pete Roberts' sister. That, uh, <laughs> You're going, John. Get the but that ready. Samsung Go mic is still the microphone I use today. Right. It's still the best microphone that I've I've come across for recording podcasts. Since, uh, since this is the 200th episode, I, I have a trivia question. Okay. On our first Baltimore Comic Con, on the way home, Ryan got a nickname. Oh, I know oh, that one. I know, I know that one. Whiplash. Oh well. Yeah. Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. That's <laughs> the universe. That was that was on the on the air. Yeah, I don't think we ever recorded that. No, it was never on the air. No, what was that about? I don't remember. So, um, <laughs> I hit. The, <laughs> I tend to hit the gas and hit the brake a lot. Like he he speed up. And then, and, then, and, then, and then he let go of the gas, and, and then he speed, speed up. Speed up? It slowed. I've gotten better. You have, you have I've gotten, gotten better. better. Yeah, he gotten better. But it was like we dubbed him with whiplash. We, were, we just like lost it the whole ride. Home. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. So. So it's on the Al Pacino. Quit riding the fucking bike. We <laughs> <laughs> were too busy rolling. No, but we've no, had because we were rolling because Chuck and Ryan were in a heated argument oh. or a heated debate. Yes. And it just come out of nowhere like whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle T-Bag was trying to get mom and dad to play nice <laughs> right. again. Right. First time I met these guys and they're about to go, no, no go surprise. to the on the side no, of the interstate. No, no surprise, but Chuck and I have many debates off the show. Um, no, but, and, and that's the thing, like, not to get too sentimental, but that's the thing that's been really cool about doing this show for so long is it is the friendships, like, I have people online that I consider friends who I have yet to meet. And I hope I get to meet them someday. But you have like people like Jason Adams, Jonathan Morgantini. True Dead Man. Uh, True Scott. Dead Man. I've actually met Scott quite a few times. <clears throat> really nice guy. Yeah. Um, nice guy. You have uh, Brian Anderson. Like JP is a JP. Yeah. Or Matt Anderson. Is it Matt Anderson? I don't, I'm drunk, so. Uh, Brent Anderson. 
Brent Anderson. Yeah, whatever. All the Andersons. All the Andersons. Arn and Oli. Arn and Oli. <laughs> no. Um, this episode brought to you once again, <laughs> Captain Morgan's Long Island Ice Tea Mix. Thanks. Right. But from, from Rock's home island. But sponsored by my peoples. Right, your peoples. <laughs> but no, like it's. Don't you wear Italian? Yeah, you have uh, Scott Romansky, which I think is true. true yeah. yeah, like there's Eric Ridgeway has been out there. I think he's still listening. Gaucho Duck. Um, Brian Dallas Cowboys. Brian Lang. Yeah, Brian Lang, big time. You know, <laughs> like there is people out there who I have yet to meet that I consider friends because they communicate with me constantly. They'll send me messages through Facebook. Uh, Twitter, things like that. Like, that's the one thing I think, like, Chuck and I can both agree, like, when we started this show, neither one of us thought friendships were going to come out of this. No. We were like, we were lucky if ten people listened to the episode, let alone ten people, let alone us getting two ten episodes. Right, yeah, a lot of so, podcasts just don't last, or no. fall apart. And, and that's the thing I tell people ETM. constantly. Yeah, that's the thing I constantly tell people, I'm like, that tell me they want to get into podcasting, I'm like, Okay, I give you six months to a year. I'm like, I'm not trying to be harsh, but most podcasts end after a year because you get tired of the stuff after the show is recorded. And Chuck, can you can you vouch for that? Is the post edit hard for you? <laughs> it's easy as hell. Right, Ryan does all the work. That's the hardest right. part for Chuck. I always tell everybody, Ryan does all the work, and I'm the talent. Right. <laughs> well, Ryan, you know what? I mean, maybe give people a, a backside. How long does it take to edit, let's say, a two-hour podcast? All right. So to give you guys at some... Least, at least double. Yeah. So if not more. So to give you guys some backstory or some behind-the-scenes. So depending on the episode, if it's an episode where it's just a suck episode, um, there's not a whole lot of research. I'll look to see what the current topics are and things like that, and that's what will we'll kind of drive the show. If it's a animated episode, I spend a lot of time getting ready for that episode. Uh, if it's a, um, which we haven't done in a while, the EU Star Wars episodes, those take a lot of time before the show starts um, to get ready for it. So I'll spend like hour, two hours before the show to, re- you know, to get ready for the recording. Then we do the recording, which is the fun part, and then after the show's over. I have to first make sure it recorded, which is sometimes a headache. Um, but then it's, yeah, for every, you know, whatever amount of time we recorded, I'm spending at least double that time in post work. So if we record a three hour episode, I'm spending six to eight hours in post work. That's a lot of time. That's crazy. <clears throat> now, I've just started doing the YouTube thing. Doing a five to ten minute episode on YouTube takes about an hour. Easily. An hour. So, what the nice a lot of people fall apart with is they like to do the podcast, they like to record it and have fun, get right. with their friends, right? The work behind it to put it out there, yeah. Right. yeah. And that's where a lot of podcasts don't even edit; they hit record, whatever's there, throw it out there. And the thing that's is, scale. Do you spend five minutes, an hour per five minutes, or when it comes to the video stuff? Yeah, yeah, probably. It's, so if you did a half-hour episode, you'd be spending... Oh, I'd be spending a ridiculous amount of hours. Um, and here's the thing with the YouTube thing, to, to kind of give some people, again, behind the scenes. I'll record about 20 minutes of me talking to a camera, which, number one, is weird. Like, 
It's weird enough talking to a microphone. Imagine, like, at least with that, I don't have to pretend like I'm, you know, showing anything, you know, like, saying anything. With a video, you have to interact with nothing. I honestly don't know how you do those hour podcasts by yourself, because I know even... All the podcasts I listen to, there's only one person I know that could do a podcast by himself, and that's Bill Burry's comedian. Yeah, I will say one of the best compliments I ever got doing this show was recently, which well, there's a few compliments <laughs> I've received. There's a few compliments I've received, but John actually gave me one of the best compliments I ever received, which is I did a previews episode. It was what hour and a half, something like that, and you were like, I don't know if I could listen to just it's just Ryan talking about <laughs> comics for an hour and a half. And he listened to it, and he goes, it was actually entertaining. So, like... I think he was just sucking up to get a drink and co-host <laughs> Right, yeah, right. That's what that was, like. That was before... Yeah, that, that was after he was already co-host. Oh, oh well. So, um, I will tell you one of the biggest compliments I get from people, and I don't know if it's true for anyone in this room. I think it is true for some people in the room. One of the biggest compliments I got from someone was... They, 21. No. They, they rate... They, they categorize their comics as Marvel, DC, Independence, and Star Joes. <laughs> that was one of the best compliments I could ever get. They actually separate their comics by, these are my Star Joes comics. Cool. Anything related to the show, they consider their Star Joes comics. I was like, that actually means something to me, because I'm like, that means, like, I don't know, we got in your head, I don't know. But it was like, it was cool to hear that. So... That's and that's honestly how I categorize my comics. So I'm going through my comics. I'm like, okay, that's, that's Star Joe stuff. That's indie stuff. That's Marvel. That's DC. Okay, like that's how I group my comics. And I've heard, like I said, I heard from somebody else. Like that's how they group their comics. I don't know if anyone else in here does or not, but I'm similar, <clears throat> not 100. percent Mine's way, similar. It's Star Joe's, and then put the Walking Dead on top of it. That's how I do Walking Dead first, then my Star Joe stuff, and then. But the fact that you say it's your Star Joe stuff, like that's yeah, not that's, that's not a publisher. Yeah, it's, no, it's pretty much the way it is. Yeah, like that's a huge compliment to doing this show for this long. Um, yeah, it's just it's been awesome. It's been an awesome ride. Uh, if you guys hadn't been here for the ride, I I don't know if I'd still be doing it. I mean, I'm stubborn as hell. I probably would be, but you know, I'll give you that. <laughs> Well, other than meeting you guys, that's that's the best thing about the podcast. But my favorite, um, I guess, moment and stuff like that, yeah, is the Larry Hama moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, he cut the promo for us, and uh, was it JP got it? Yeah, and it says, "Yeah, it was so Larry Hama." You're listening to Star Joe's podcast. I'm like, holy! Like the fact that someone went out there and did that was awesome. Yeah, which, by the way, for this episode. Kevin Longman, the mm-hmm. intro to this episode, Kevin Longman got Jim Shooter to say, you're listening to Star Joe's podcast. Shooter. G.I. Joe. Yeah, he's in Edmonton. You get Alec Shannon to say that and then edit it in with Hama. Yeah. So they can uh, talk to him. <laughs> Shannon will hate me for that. <laughs> but they, I sent some editing uh, right here. <laughs> we sent a t-shirt to Larry. Yeah. And we got a picture with Larry in the t-shirt. Larry wearing the t-shirt. So that's... At, at okay. my local convention where I picked him up wearing the shirt. Right. So <laughs> Which John wouldn't ask him to take a picture. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. That's a little creepy. 
So I'm I will say like, I thought that Cherry Bomb Toys were going to be your Cherry Bomb Toys. Cherry Bomb Toys. I come. Cherry Bomb. So so that got me a T-shirt. What about Chuck's second podcast? Is that thing still around? No, no. I miss Roger. So, oh, Toy Goon. Toy Goon. Yeah. yeah you know, he, open Your Toys. He was on Open Your Toys, but I still listen to that. He, it's a really um, good podcast. He's going through some stuff. He's not, he works also weird shit. So, yeah. to give a shout out to a few podcasts my, my Canadian that, brother. that have always supported us. Again, Geek Savants have been awesome. They helped us get started. Comic Geek, Geek Speak guys, they've been great. Yeah, you know, I cannot nice, say enough. Yeah. DC, Noy got, DC Noise guys, DC those, are, noise those are our brothers. Right. I mean, um, and Ramps. Then, and then. Uh, Ramps. Pop culture leftovers. Brian and uh, Jake and all of them over there, they're awesome. The early days, ETM. Yeah. Nerds um, with Attitude now. Yep, Nerds with Attitude. You know. What's on Joe Mine? What's yeah. on Joe Mine? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. What's on Joe Mine? The second G.I. Joe podcast. <laughs> right. The longest running? The, yeah, they're like, we're the longest running G.I. Joe podcast. I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. But, you know. <laughs> but I love you, Gary. I love you. I love Gary. I love Mike. I love Mike. Justin. Justin big times us. Right. Um, Remember the other guy, Greg, to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. Greg. He's and on what we repack podcast now. Is He's he? One of the hosts on there now. Pipe yeah. bomb, Chuck Buster. Oh, Chuck, yeah. Chuck oh, Chuck. yeah. Is Chuck. Chuck. Every podcast needs a Chuck. I'll agree with that. <laughs> Every Chuck's the whipping boy. He's, right. He's like, the, he's but, like the sidekick. Right. So, here's the... <laughs> Like the Chewy? <laughs> so, Chewy's not a sidekick. Uh, so, the, the funniest thing with all of this, when you look back on all of it, is it all started with Chuck turning to me one day, we were having lunch, and he goes, we could you do a podcast. nickel. Yeah, he's like, we could do a podcast. And that literally is what started it. Well, yeah, we got the idea, and I'm like, well, we could do it, everybody else does it, why can't we do it? Right. Then I, did I, I know comics, you know stuff. I know you know, stuff. I, I try to do the same thing at my job, but most of the people I work with are from El Salvador, Honduras. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, did you see the Rogue One? you see Star Wars? Yeah. No, man, I don't know this Star Wars, man. <laughs> and I, I can't do that. So that's why I've been listening to you guys. Italian, do you re- Hispanic. Do you remember, too, Chuck, like, what again, we were eating? Kind, of, no. kind of behind the scenes. Do you remember sending emails? Because we were working on different floors and everything else. Oh, yeah. But we would send emails back and forth about, like, what's name the podcast, yeah. what we were going to cover on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. We actually recorded an episode at work. Wow. Do you remember that? We went in that little room. Oh, a little conference room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just to record because we were doing a contest episode. On the yeah. clock, too? Like, no, no we were break. off the clock. Is <laughs> that one called Please Don't Virus? No, no, no. should have been. We were, like, in a conference room. We were like, well, I guess people will just think we're here, like, talking about work. Like a meeting or something. Like, so you stand by the whiteboard as you're talking? <laughs> right, right. No, we were around a conference table with a thing in the middle, so it right. like a conference call. Yeah. Oh. But uh, it, we are we are done with work for the day. We were just like, yeah, let's Well, just... while we were at work on the clock, we were sending shit back and forth. Oh, yeah. And stuff. And, oh, yeah. Did you guys, did you read this comic or check these toys out? Which, <laughs> which by the way, neither of us work there anymore, so we'll yeah. just go ahead and tell you. We're, we worked at Bank of America at the time. Um, I know. Um, We're revealing everything here. Remember the time that I had to? I was I couldn't take my lunch break or something. And you ordered the Maddie figures for me. Yeah, and you got like eleven Robotos. I remember. Yes. What? <laughs> you fucking ordered me eleven Robotos. I meant it wouldn't go through. It wouldn't I go me- through. I meant to type one, and I tried to get it go through, and it. it I don't. It, I got eleven shit to me. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Bill for eleven. Oh yeah. 
Did you sell ten? No. What happened was I I tried to talk to the guy, and they're like, "Well, the best thing to do is accept one from delivery, refuse the other ten. Yeah. They'll come back. You don't have to pay shipping, and then you'll get reimbursed." They sent them all separately. No. No. We sent them all together. <laughs> Well, but I, I take one from the FedEx guy or UPS yeah. guy, and I refuse the other ones. I told them what happened. I'm like, they told me to accept one, refuse these. And I'm like, it was like 30 days or something. The money was refunded uh, back. But. Now, in my defense, I did order other stuff for you in the past. So it this was wasn't. Maddie Collector. We got yeah, the Digital that. River. The side, yeah. Right. Oh. The side I had has. ordered stuff for him in the past. No, wait, Digital River. Is that's why I don't which, which there was no problem in the past. With yeah, it. yeah. So it wasn't like, like it was. He was like, I can't get on at noon. Can you order this for me? He's like, Yeah, sure. Eleven. <laughs> That's yeah, how I got your Roboto. I got a shipping notice. But hey, in hindsight, eleven. The fuck are you? Four hundred dollars with Roboto? But in hindsight, what are you doing to me? I thought you. Were, I thought you wanted a troop build. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's the guy with the fucking shoulders are backward too. It's like eleven of those fucks. <laughs> oh boy! I remember if I could have make it home on break for the Maddie collector. Right? I, I had my brother like do it. I'm like texting him. <laughs> yeah, you gotta order this shit. Why it will sell the fuck out? <laughs> that's what I was doing with uh, the Voltron lines oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that because I didn't do the subscription thing, so I had to like go on at noon. I'm like, yeah. Ryan, we need you for this meeting. Well, fuck you! I need Hold I need to order on. I need to order a lion. You know the blue lion. Hold on. I gotta order my toys. I'm gonna be a little late. <laughs> they did some. <clears throat> my favorite thing was walking out of work with a DCBS box, and them stopping me to be like, "Oh, we gotta check that box." I'm like, "Yeah," because my laptop with all the account numbers that's not an issue. <laughs> but I remember before everything kicked off, and before we started recording, and we were talking back and forth on the phone. And this was like late at night because my wife at the time had already gone to bed. And I'm sitting down in my living room in the dark with like the glow of the Christmas lights on. It's snowing. And we're talking about doing this podcast and I'm so excited and jazzed about it. And I felt like, like a, I don't know, kid at Christmas, like you're excited on something. It wasn't nowhere near the holiday season or something. But the lights were on. And I'm like, this was good. We could do this. Yeah. I was like... I didn't but, think it would last this long, but... Well, that's the thing. It's like nobody, including me, thought it would last this long. Um, I mean, I'm grateful it did, and it's going to keep going. I have no intention of stopping ever. He's lying. This is the last one. This is not the last one. It's like, he's going to look at it and go back and digitally remaster 1 through 200. <laughs> I have actually seriously considered going back to episode 0. Oh, I told you he would. Going back to episode 0 and doing like a special edition version. Oh my god, Lucas. <laughs> it's his podcast. He can do whatever he wants. Totally, totally yeah. because I wanted to pull a Lucas. That's okay. the only reason I wanted to I do it. I made it better. Buy it. Lucas is out of a four billion, so... Yeah, Chuck likes the holiday special this time. <laughs> so, right, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> hey, you asked for that. Yes. You did. That was a, probably the only episode so I think I horrible. never finished listening. Don't listen to it. You need to listen to it. The only one. So horrible. I will say this, and I think I told you guys in through when I text messaged you, the hardest part of going through the re-listen were the, review, were the, the issue reviews. It, yeah. Because I already knew what was going to happen. Took so long. Yeah, well, they did take it, long. And it was funny because you guys would do an hour Eight and a half or two hour long episode, and then, uh, oh crap! Well, we'll just get to it next episode. The next episode, and then three episodes later, 
here's 21 issue reviews, and it's like, oh my lord. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the the thing is, you you know, I would skip every 15 seconds or so, but you guys would get off track. You in between issues, you would yeah. get off track, and it would be something funny. So right. it was like, it's funny when we're not talking comics. Yeah. So I, you know, that's why the suck episode happened. Well, it's like DC Noise. It's a three-hour podcast. They talk about seven minutes worth of comics. Right. That's the best part. <laughs> the non-comic talk. The nonsense. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, that's honestly the tough thing sometimes when I'm doing the the solo episodes because I'm just like, I want to record with other people, but I'm like, I gotta get an episode out. Shit, I got an hour free time. Let me go ahead and just record something. And get late something at night out. too. Oh, late at night. But. I have fun with them. I mean, because so here's the thing: the, the listeners need to realize when I do those solo episodes now, those solo episodes would be very tough to do early on in recording this uh, this podcast because I didn't those early episodes. I didn't feel a connection to the listeners at that point, I, and I don't mean to sound sappy with that, but it honestly is the fact that I have met you guys and have gotten to know you guys. And I've gotten to know the listeners through Facebook and through Twitter and through Instagram and everything else. That when I go to record those solo episodes, I'm not just talking to a microphone. I actually know that I'm talking to you guys. So that helps me get through and and hopefully be somewhat entertaining when I'm talking about those things. So it's not just... I'm not sitting there talking to just air. I'm talking to Travis. I'm talking to Rock. I'm talking to Chuck. I'm talking to John. So that's what makes it easier for me. Is the feel-good moment? It's, yeah, I guess. Rob Lowe learns his lesson story. But no, seriously, like, those are school special. Those early episodes, can you imagine recording just by yourself? Oh, fuck no. You, You didn't find your groove. No. You didn't find your groove. You didn't know who you were talking to. Yeah, that... I mean, doing a couple hundred of these, and you, you learn, you know, your flow. Mm-hmm. So hold on, hold on. The door just opened. Oh, U eight one two has made his return visit. <laughs> oh, we just assembled that son of a bitch. <laughs> My bad, guys. Thank you for coming in. Ou eight one two. Anything that you would like to add with us with your presence? You're all bastards, and I hate you all. You can't fucking say that. <laughs> How dare you, you son of a bitch. This is also episode one of Travis's improv podcast. Right. <laughs> um, thanks for the extra work, Travis. Talk about improv. I had a, a wild idea the other day. I'm standing in the rain fertilizing trees, and I'm thinking about... <laughs> I work. I fertilize Jeez. trees in the rain. <laughs> I just imagine you just. I know everybody like build a wall radio. Everybody like build a wall radio. Part one. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Hunter. I will say, no slight to anyone else here or that listens to the show, but my life would not have been complete without meeting Rock. That was just that was just a random thought of rock. If you ever right. wonder what runs through my head, rock's oh. random thoughts. Rock's <laughs> random thoughts. Well, rock, you're the whole reason we have ammo dump. Yeah, I like the shit. <laughs> There's nothing better than coming home from work. Who don't? I get ten Who minutes wants? alone. There's nothing better. Right. It's just oh. sit, relax, be I'm myself. A big, I'm a fat guy. I take shits, and I read comics, and I'm proud. A stack of GI Joe and a. Fresh roll of Charmin. <laughs> I mean, I'm married and I got kids, 
there's only a few places you can escape in life: the basement, the yeah. garage, the and the shitter, the bathroom. Right. So the ammo dump is my courtesy. Hey, it it's contributed to the show for a long time, so I'm grateful. And whenever you eat some fiber, you'll have another one. You know, every time I go in the bathroom and I take a comic with me, get John's inhaler. <coughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, you know, this, well, this one's flat. This one's for this one's for rock. <laughs> the dump. The dump. Yes. Yes. Are you, buddy? The, uh, the answer to that one is yes. So every time Ryan flushes, I should hear like a my, my flush twice. It's a long every, right every time there's a flush, an angel gets its wings. Yeah. Every time Ryan takes the crap, rock the earth ring. <laughs> I don't know. With the invention of the smartphone, I barely take a comic in the John anymore. <laughs> Just take your phone with I you. I take my phone. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for a whole other reason. Um, Playing the Angry Bird, but no, I. If I'm at and I can't at work, I'm listening to podcasts on my phone. <laughs> you know you can multitask on your phone. This you is play great and listen to, to podcasts. I wish I had time to take a shit at work. I don't. Oh, I'm running around like an idiot. Another one of Rock's random thoughts. I'm running around like an idiot. I calculated how much my coworker made last year taking shits at work. <laughs> this guy pops in every day. My friend, I got him a job. And I got him a good starting wage, $27 an hour to start. He comes into work. We were friends. He clocks in, and the first thing he does, he shits in the bathroom for 15 minutes. And then, as my friend, I had to tell him, you take one shit at the beginning of the day, you take a shit at the end of the day, you spend a half hour a day shitting, you spend every week, you spend two hours shitting. At your salary, you make approximately $1,000 shitting. And when you're in overtime, you're literally taking a shit and you're making $17 taking a shit. And what other podcasts can you listen to? That's man. But how else can somebody integrate cost management, business overhead? That's what I'm saying, Rock. What other podcasts can you listen to where you hear about cost management involving the toilet? If anybody else would like a job fertilizing and spraying trees and getting paid to take shits, please contact me. Summerhillandscaping.com. Are those activities mutually exclusive? In my office, can I can I get that in as a sign-on bonus? So fifteen in the morning, here's fifteen another, in the afternoon. Here's another thing with doing the podcast. And, an hour, not that shit. and John, you've mentioned this before. It kind of relates to what you're talking about, somewhat. <laughs> I'm going to go into a weird tangent here. All right. Spin this podcast. So, steer the ship back. So. I love Jesus. Every, everybody in this room and everybody that lives that listens to this podcast, we come from different walks of life. You know, we all do different things. We all. Like, we don't know who listens to this show. Hopefully not my boss. Oh, my God. Yeah, after you just plug your business. But no, we have we have comic creators that listen to the show. I know because they've reached out to me before. Like we have oh sorry. We have lawyers that listen to the show. We have you know bankers that listen to the show. We have, every walk of life that you can imagine listens. We have some type of representation. We have people because the numbers reach into the Hundreds and thousands. Tens of tens. Right. <laughs> like, we have, we have over 1.5, like, I think it's 1.4, 1.5 million downloads with this podcast. A week. A lot of people are going to me talking about shits on this. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. Rams. Like, 
we hear from a lot of people, but there's a even larger amount of people that we don't hear from. Thank you. That listen to the show. Like, it's weird to it's it's just so weird to think about. We record this episode, we put it out there, and we don't know who's listening to it. Is that what keeps you up at night? Right. That's what. <laughs> that's what makes it. That's what makes that's it. That's like what makes it Ryan's random Ryan's thoughts. Random thoughts. Right. Ryan's random thoughts is better than mine. No, I, it's one of those things. I would love to know who listens to the show. Every time I get a new person that I've never heard from before that tells me they listen to the show and they've been listening for a while, or even if it's their first episode, I'm. It's awesome to me. Like it's just cool to me to hear from people that listen to the show. I actually wore the Star Joe shirt today at the con, and I had several people ask me, what's the shirt about? All day. And yeah. I told them. Every and a few people it, yeah. whipped out their phone and went on iTunes and hit the button. Awesome. So, I mean, hey, Delete. even if it's... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, after they hear me. Like, oh, 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 you guys are the one that does Oh, you fucks. That's <laughs> it. Well, and to Chuck's point, like, I appreciate that you guys do that, because, like, I remember at Super Show, we were at a hotel... And there was a guy walking out that was leaving work the one day, and he had a Thundercat shirt on. And I was like, "Oh, you like Thundercats?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, and "I was like, oh, you should listen to our podcast." And I handed him a card. Chuck turns to me, he goes, "You are always on, aren't you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Selling, you always have be to closing. always ABC's be closing. ABC's 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 if you are not promoting yourself, who else is going to promote you?" But thankfully, for doing it for this long, you guys promote us. Dun dun dun. <clears throat> I mean, I know people like Rock. You re- you retweet episodes every time, every single time. Just so you can <coughs> spread. The I word. know people that tell other people about the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I got a few people into the show. Uh, Will Bell, one of them. But yeah, it's the least you can do. You put in you put in how much effort, your time, your money. The least any of us can do is spend two seconds on social media and retweet it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm you know, so share. afraid my family's gonna find it. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's the least we can do. It's at least a little token. Hell, I, I'm going to be putting this episode out. I don't put a lot of episodes out on my personal Facebook page, but when we reach certain milestones, I do. Five, six, seven. Right. Eight. Great. The whole Drove's fam is going to hear me talking about shits. Right. <laughs> this this might not be the episode for everyone to start with, but Sorry, I don't care. Sorry, Mrs. Drost. Thank you for praying for me. Right. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> Travis survived sleeping on the on the on floor. The floor. At least last night. Thank there. you, Mama Drost. My mom said that she would pray for him. So, um, but so that brings up another thing. Like, just I'm just curious because, you know, it's again behind the scenes, kind of pulling the curtain back. You know, my parents have been very supportive of this. They don't always listen to the episodes, but they know they've listened to some. They've definitely watched all the YouTube videos. I know that for a fact. Um, but they they have listened to some episodes and they've told other people about hey my son does this it's, you know they told them all about it my wife I have mentioned many times on this episode on these episodes she is very supportive she doesn't really listen to the episodes but Chuck, she is Chuck, very stop offering your nuts to everybody <laughs> I can't help it. They're sweaty and they're sweaty and soft but oh, yeah. tasty and delicious but my wife but my wife does support the show. She loves, like, she's done some of the design work for some of the thumbnails. She's done design work for some of the episode stuff. She created the, the, you know, the logo and everything else. She's been awesome. When I tell her, hey, I want to record this night, she's like, all right, good. Go for it. Like, I'm kind of curious, like, 
Have you guys had, you know, especially the hosts, like... Oh, no, God, my family doesn't know I do this at all. <laughs> I'm 100% honest. Or no. John. No, none of them. Have you had, like... My parent, my... So my dad uses eBay. My mother doesn't use computers whatsoever. When she retired from public school teaching, she never she touched any kind of typewriter or anything ever again. I tell her I do podcasts, she doesn't understand what that is. Uh, she tells people I'm a professional bullshitter as a career, so <laughs> she really doesn't understand this at all. So... It's interesting, though, because uh, my wife is extremely supportive, and Heidi, I love you. you she's not going to hear this because she doesn't listen. Uh, she supports me coming to conventions and things. She went to one. She's like, I did it. I'm done. I don't ever need to do it again. The kids think it's cool. Jacob's been on one. Yeah. Uh, Daniel's nodded his head in, in, in excitement about movies and things we've talked about when we're recording. Um, I think part of the reason Heidi didn't listen is that she happened to hear me on a... Uh, DC noise episode where somehow either anal or something came up. Oh, sweet God. And it was like, yeah, the doors got shut and that was the end of that. So, Tower. it was. The, the it doors was, got shot on the anal or what? The, the doors were shot. Like, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> oh, my God. All of above. It was like, I don't want to hear anything else that's going on there. What in the world are you doing? Uh, yeah. Sometimes so, I ask inappropriate like a, questions. I'm curious about that. But, so, seriously. But what's interesting is that, so, you know, some of you know, many of you know, I went through a pretty major life transition when I lost my job about the same time that uh, Chuck and Ryan did, and uh, you know, thankfully bounced back from it. But one of the interesting things is obviously I do a lot more social media stuff yeah. with my job, and I do t- coaching and what have you on it. And I'll go in, and when I speak to audiences, I talk about podcasts as one way to reach people. And I say, oh, you know, I'm part of a podcast. It's not professional related, but it's something I'm really passionate about. We talk about. 80s properties, G.I. Joe in particular. By the way, I've been drawn into G.I. Joe. I'm the bad guy's ice cream truck. And, you know, my, my cohorts, we've been in these books. And it's fascinating how people respond. The biggest question I get is, have I read Player, Ready Player One? Okay. That's the one question I get from somebody that has no clue what we do. Maybe he's a little bit familiar with podcasts, but when they hear 80s, they go, have you read Ready Player One? That's like the biggest question I get. But... While my family is very supportive, they don't have the interest, and and that's okay. Cause oh this yeah, is, this is not necessarily for them, but uh, it it's been interesting too. The the people we met, the fans, you know, and not just from wearing shirts, but you know, talking to somebody. I met a guy the other day. I met a guy yesterday. He does a podcast that's all about the comic, the Nom. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to that. And by the way, here's what we do. Here's yeah. Where to check us out. He's probably going to check us out. So. Maybe he's listening to this. If you are welcome, but, you know it's it's me. Or I'm sorry. Things. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. Sorry to hear. But I, got an Italian guy from Long Island talking <laughs> about shit taking. Damn, Damn it, Rock. <laughs> but it, it's it's making it's it's the conversations are some of the oh wow that's kind of cool. I, and then I think the question now would be how the hell you've been talking about this for 200 episodes in 14 days worth of right podcast. But uh, yeah, like I said, it was. Uh, it's been a labor of love from, obviously, getting to know you guys and getting to know the listeners and getting to know, getting, getting, knowing creators that I've been able to talk to about coming on. Yeah. That's, that's been a lot of fun and having them come part of the universe. Yeah. Star Joe's. So, yeah, it's been a great ride, but thankfully my family is, well, and, and that's they're the, not that interested. Well, that and that's the thing. thing. My, my wife doesn't listen to it, but she supports it. And one of the things that was crazy one day was she... I can't remember why it, it happened, but I mentioned to her how many downloads we've had. Just how many people have downloaded the episodes. And when I told her we've had, you know, 
Which I understand for some shows, this is a small number. But for us, you know, to me, it's a big number. We, we've had like 1.4 million, roughly about 1.4 million downloads for the podcast. Over Yesterday the, alone. Over the, <laughs> over the years that we've done it. And she's like, wait, you said 1.4 million? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. She's like, I had no idea that people have listened to you that much. Kind of makes you want to treat me with a little more respect. Right. <laughs> but, no, that didn't happen. Not at but, all, no. But, sweep the floor. It just right. kind of made her realize, like, she... I'm a she, big deal! She know, but the thing is, Internet like, famous. she know, which means nothing. I'm no. Rick James, bitch! But, <laughs> wow. She knows, like, that I've met all you guys because of doing the podcast. And she knows, like, I've had some cool experiences because of it but when she starts hearing numbers like that that people are listening to us that many times like she's like that's kind of a big deal like maybe he's not just wasting time upstairs with those Legos right well and then I I even talked to Pants today uh, uh, Brian Christman from uh, CGS and I say hey, pants. Yeah. What's up, pants? So I, I said to him, I was like, Corduroy. You know, we've done, uh, we're reaching our 200th episode. And he joked around and said, oh, amateurs or whatever. Because right. they used to do a There are like 8,000. Right. right and, well, they've, they've done like 1,500, 1,600 yeah. episodes. But they were doing like five a week yeah. for a while and stuff like that. But Back in the heyday. He laughed and stuff like that. And I said, I said, oh, I know it's nothing compared to you guys. But I said, you know, we've been doing this for almost eight years now. And he says, he even took a step back and said, that's a long time to do a podcast. Because, again, to what we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of shows that don't do it that long. Not even close to that long. So, I thank anyone out there that's still listening to us. I thank anyone out there that just found us. Yeah. And is checking us out. I still think it's amazing. I got a, My wife knew. I wore, was worked outdoors. I used to bring the yellow Sony cassette Walkman Sweet. when I worked outdoors. Nice. Then I upgraded to the Discman. And Sweet. then one Father's Day, I got an iPod Touch. And I was home, messing around on Wi-Fi. I found podcasts. I found, oh, Joe Rogan, the guy from Fear Factor. I'm like, oh, Adam Carolla, Man Show. And then I put in Star Wars, and Star Joe's came up. And I'm like, oh, what's this? It was like episode three. Nice. So then I went backwards. And I'm like, Joe Rogan just hit a thousand podcasts. Adam Carolla is like the highest downloaded person ever. You guys are neck and neck in longevity with yeah. all the most famous podcasts. How many podcasts do you know have come and gone? Seven years. Yeah. A lot. Most of them. We've known, Chuck, you and I have known podcasts that, like you said, I've told people when they say they're going to start a podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you've, you've How many pop- have you helped? You know a few of them. You've, you've probably start. got a year. And I tell them that flat out. I'm like, look. I'm not trying to to discourage you, but you probably are going to do this for about a year. It's hard. Things get in the way. Life right. gets in the way. Life gets in the way. Yeah. I mean, hell, Chuck, that's the reason yeah. that you had to stop for a while. Right. Well, we're going to be bringing you back, but, you know, yeah. that's why it had but, to stop for a while. But you talk about the transitions, and, you know, we've asked trivia questions on here. Those of you who have been listening for a while know, I don't we read comics anymore, that. right? Like, I really don't read a lot of comics. 
we don't do the comic reviews. We haven't done a snarf thing since I've been around. Right. But it's a it's really interesting to see how the show has morphed. You evolve. You evolve. You, you yeah, change up. Yeah. The core is still there, and we're still talking about the properties we love and the the the, the, the and we're the still talking and the comics and the movies. And we're still talking yeah. about comics, though. We are from a different many, perspective. Many, many podcasts are right. one note. Yeah, and they just do what they do. They don't ever learn anything, and that's okay too. Yeah, some, some are finite for a reason, but I think there's something to be said for growth and change and having, you know, obviously your host pool has grown, and I appreciate being part of that host pool. Sure. Some of the people that have been in the room that have been on multiple times. Thanks for picking up my slack, <clears throat> Travis and and Rock and, and Nick and, 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 and now Andre being here who hasn't really said anything but he is here I iTunes I only allows me one episode per 50 <coughs> episodes right. otherwise the show will be banned from iTunes you're kind of like Sal from uh, for CGS we have you on there, there is Uncle no, Rock no like Uncle Rock yeah. Uncle Rock but I am available to Skype so I'm, I'm, but it, I'm Uncle T-Bag but even looking back Uncle on Rock. it too John like <laughs> like I'm starting to look back at the stuff I'm like you know what we haven't done this in a while I want. To, I liked doing that. Let's go back to doing that. So, like, that's why, like, the Kessel Run stuff has come back. Hey, can I throw out an idea? Yeah. You, we have the Facebook group. Why don't you put a poll up there? Hey, what would you like to see in a future sure. episode? And what would you like to see brought back? Do you want a snarf? Do you want uh, the cartoon? Titties. titties. I want titties. Uh, never saw that or heard about that on this show. Yeah. And see, hey, yeah. You know, Test the audience. Absolutely. Well, and that's a big thing, too, is like, I brought back some of these things that we used to do, and I've got really good responses from people. So I think that's a great idea. Asking people, what do you want us to cover on the show? And the thing was, I was like, okay, to your point, John, the show has to evolve. If you don't evolve, you're going to die as a show. Um, So I was like, you know what? I still like doing the comic reviews of stuff, new stuff that's coming out. Don't know if doing it on the show is the best place to do it anymore. So that's why I started doing the YouTube stuff. I'm like, I can cover comic reviews of current day stuff on the YouTube, but I can still cover the old stuff on the podcast. Well, the one good thing is there's no shortage of stuff to cover. Oh, God, no. Current, new, there's so many different things. I was just talking to the artist Carl today, and I said the whole thing with the show is when I, when we first started talking about it, we're like, what should we cover? Like, that was a lot of the emails back and forth. Yeah. Like, what should we do? It was like, well, we both like Star Wars. Yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars podcasts out there. Eight we, billion Star We Wars. both love G.I. Joe. Well, yeah, but there's some other G.I. Joe co- podcasts out there. What about Transformers? And it, was, it would be stuff like, well, Chuck would be like, well, I don't know, you know I a lot. of the first G.I. Joe podcast. <clears throat> he was like... G.I. Joe Review. G.I. Yeah. Joe Review was first. Yeah. So Chuck was like, well, I don't know a lot about Transformers, even though I like them. And then he, you know, we mentioned Master of the Universe, and it's like, well, there's other Master of the Universe podcasts, and I'm like, I don't know Master of the Universe as well as Chuck does. So then we're like, well, what if we just covered all of it? And that's what we did. Because of that, to your point, Rock, we have enough material to last us endless. Endless. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. We can cover it forever. Whoa. The mic, I hope the mic's picked now, up that, Travis. Now, <laughs> we don't cover. We don't always cover the latest news. We don't always, There's other podcasts that cover that. We just cover what we want to talk about in that episode. It's, it's basically just friends rambling. Yeah, that's all. But it's still talking about topics that hopefully listeners like to listen to. So, no comic reviews, no tour reviews, no current news. It's just bullshit. It's bullshit <laughs> about the stuff we love. Yeah. 
I have an idea for a future podcast. This is something I was thinking about at work. Hypothetically, I mean, as an 80s kid, if you can go back to a certain year in your childhood, what year would you go back to? 84. Uh, I Me, it's about 85. 85. I'd say 85. 84. I feel like that was a year that you had everything. You had G.I. Joe, you had Transformers. I had a comic book shop that had a block from me. Star Wars. Like, man, it just seemed like 10 years old, yep. 1985. It's like one of those... Uh, when I want to like lose myself and just daydream, because at my work, it's my job's pretty. Uh, I could go on cruise control most of the day. Yeah. And literally, I lose myself in these random thoughts. Well, like, what year could you go back to? Yes. You know? So yeah. And that's an idea I had maybe for a podcast talking yeah. about like what year would you go back to? And then you look at what was in around like that that yeah. time frame. That'd what cartoons good. were on? Yeah. What was going on in professional wrestling? We all grouped during the Hulk Hogan era. Yep. There's so many different things. So know. I have a question for you, and Rock, you brought this up. Um, I think it's a good thing to kind of end the episode on. We, when this episode comes out, it'll be 200th episode. Is there chocolate chip? Is there no? No. Is there? He is a sidekick. What? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> What is there one? It doesn't have to just be one, but what is your favorite moment from the podcast? Like, what have you in? Like, was there a moment? Was there something said? Was there something you were a part of? Like, what was your favorite thing from Star Joe's? I think that's a good thing to kind of close. This. I mean, I have a two. I have two. I couldn't. I couldn't answer this question fairly because I have too many. Yeah, I could do a podcast on my favorite Star Joe's memories. I mean, I'm just going to give you a couple of highlights. I'll honestly say the first time I guys met you. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. My son was like almost three years old. He was walking up to Robert Atkins' table. I talked about it. He was holding a can of Coke and almost spilled it on, you know, a whole stack of his original art pages. But that was the first time I met you guys. Yeah. My first road trip to a Comic-Con. Didn't know what a Comic-Con was. That's a Star Joe's moment. Just hearing you guys and reminiscing about anything you guys talk about, comic movie issues, and going, oh, yeah... That happened an issue, whatever it was. Yeah. There's too many moments. And honestly, every time we get together, there's some kind of memory. Every Comic-Con, there is something has happened yeah. that has been led to a memory that you go, oh my God. And every, I mean, last year we had, you know, downstairs. and The fire drill. The fire and drill. The rant. The, uh, oh, you know, yeah. the, the year before, the guy who got Cosby'd yep. at the, the Pratt Street <laughs> Ale House. Every year we have fun with this Tarzan sightings. That's an inside joke for you people. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, Zoom. <laughs> See? Zoom. I, uh, in the great listen through of 87 episodes, I, I still, to this day, the Spitz. Mm-hmm. That was. Chuck was so excited to talk about it. You will not believe what happened. It's so good. And you could just tell... Uh, and just a lot of the funny moments. The Spitz was great. 18-year-old um, scotch, a steak as thick as your head. Robert <laughs> in the, in the uh, locker room, getting the, uh, getting the junk close to him. Uh, Moose Knuckle, Red Brown. Like, there's so many just, like... Just and you guys got in an argument. I mean, uh, shocking. Uh, you guys got in an argument once, and it was like you. 
It, I forget. It may have been like LeBron leaving the first time. Oh, which Chuck was scared to death in that room that day. That I think that's you were that's, pounding to death. That I was, was I was angry. That motherfucker leaves. That <laughs> I swear to God. And the best part, something to do with GI Joe and Star Wars. No, <laughs> and it just went. That was my Cleveland Cleveland deep. It was. <laughs> it, it just was. Everything bad happens to us, and I don't know why. It, it was intense. Um, I tell you a fun episode. I do remember um, the the garage sale episodes. For some reason, like oh, those are oh, great. Yeah, you guys oh, would those. garage sale, and you would hear the you would hear the birds chirping in the background. <laughs> we'll be right back. We have a customer. Like, yep. the oh, garage sale yeah. episodes. I forgot right about that. that. Yeah, so did yeah. I. I don't remember that one. They were. It was a couple of. They recorded maybe two or three episodes. Yeah, we recorded <laughs> two episodes. Because yeah. we also did a, a movie commentary. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Oh, coming. Oh, in. hey, here's a trivia question. What would you guys drink and what would you guys eat? Because I, I know. What this oh, is. I know. The yeah. fat man, I can tell you. I know. I know. What this is. Okay. Eat what will we eat what? or drink for Mountain what? Doom pizza rolls. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm doing pizza rolls. Oh yeah. All Remember the time. Remember the dude who lost his shit over the. Uh, fucking G.I. Joe uh, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. The live action movie? Or the yeah, the live action movie. Some things were said. <laughs> some commentary was made. Some things were said. And we got called out on it. I got called out on it. But yeah. Fuck that. Cherrybombtoys.com. No, it wasn't him. I don't even know who the no. fuck it was. But, um, yeah. That's, that's the first kind of negative and only negative yeah. feedback we got. Yeah, we have, I mean, I would say 99% of the time we've had nothing but positive feedback. Every once in a while we ran into a weird situation or a weirdo type thing. That's, you know what? But that wasn't weird. That hey, was legitimate. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. That was legitimate. That, that, let's spin this one around what Ryan just said. We had, well, you one of the other times you tried to record a podcast in the room when we had that guy, oh, that weirdo, that wow, about the neck, and the deep cut. Who started screaming and he lost his job from Verizon after you guys just lost We had just job. lost our job, yeah. <laughs> and, he, he, we didn't, and nobody knew who he was. And he was dating him. Where was this? A woman of the night or someone. He was, he was sharing a room with Dean Stahl, oh. who Dean is a, a close friend of ours. Um, well, clo- he's a friend. Well, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm friends with him on Facebook too. Oh, I'm sorry. But he, uh, Dean was sharing a room with him, and he brought him to to the room to you know hang out with us. And uh, this guy was negative beyond belief. He hijacked the podcast worse than I do. Uh, <laughs> at least you hijacked for fun reasons. He, this guy hijacked it to just be negative and be an asshole. Um, we miss you. Right. Love you. Come back. come back. Leave, leave a five star comment, please, on iTunes. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, just, yeah. That was still a funny moment. It was we, weird. We've run into some weird moments. So, um, anyone else got moments from the last however many years? Come on, Andre, you got to have something. So, I listen to the podcast while I commute to work. Okay. On the Metro. Um, and it was either Robert or Shannon who was talking about drawing, uh, Head of Commando Snake Eyes Okay For a cover And their wife asked So it's only his head because He's not wearing any underwear Oh jeez And I burst out <laughs> laughing And everybody on the train is looking at me like I'm a psychopath Because <laughs> I, I cannot stop laughing And it, It's just it's Such a great moment Not being able to contain myself I will say So this is also Kind of pulling the curtains back There's plenty of moments Where Ryan couldn't contain himself the, Yeah 
there, <laughs> that's actually kind of what I'm going into. So, you know, you guys said, like, you know, how many hours does it take to put into it and everything else. One of the best things, and when I know we have a really good episode, is when I'm going back to edit it, and I know what was said, and I know what's coming, and I'm sitting there listening to it for editing reasons, and I am cracking up. I have had times, literally, where I am in tears laughing again over what was said, and I know what was said, but I'm still laughing because I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is just hilarious. When I recorded episode 175, or did the, the editing for episode 175 last year, and Rock, you started going, I was like, <laughs> going off on your tangent, I was like, man, attention, this, attention this, Patreon people. If you want to hear the missing bonus footage, please donate. Starts as low as $3 a month up to $10, and you will hear the full yes. box ring. I'm, I'm actually going to pull out just that sec- section of the episode that never got aired and pull it, put it on the Patreon. That was a suggestion by a few people here this weekend. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm it's just- the lost data tapes. Darth Vader would... Be very very hot to cut down this door to lightsaber to get those things. Uh, another uh, speaking of laughing moments, uh, I, we referenced it earlier. Shannon doing the bikini, bikini, bikini every time, or the conch shell. Oh, the conch lost oh. it. That is one of my favorite moments because I couldn't get through that episode. I like when Shannon like it's one of the few times I've lost control and I have and I could not regain it. And the uh, classic. Bow breaker. I died laughing in the car. Same thing. Just I, I have about a forty-five minute commute, and I'm listening to it. And, goes, and Shannon, you're kind of like the Bo Jackson of the podcast. <laughs> I immediately the reference just hit me, and it, it, I just laughed and laughed. So did I. <laughs> right. well, and and that's honestly one of the things that I've loved about doing the show, also for this long. Is you know you feel like you go you know anything goes through slumps and and everything else like obviously everyone when we started off everyone loved Chuck and I debating I mean it was just that was part of the show like Chuck Chuck and I loved the same stuff but we loved different things about the same stuff and so that caused a lot of debates and I loved the debates that Chuck and I had because we always took it as fun it was never personal it was never an attack. When we were done recording, it was like, oh, yeah, that was a good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. See you later. So, <clears throat> but go. as the show evolved and we brought John on, we brought Shannon on, and we brought Robert on and everything else, it became like there was other great moments. Like, it never diminished what Chuck and I did beforehand. It just added to what we did. So, like, those moments you're talking about, like, I love the fact that the show never, like... Just because Chuck couldn't do the show, we didn't didn't mean that good moments still couldn't be pulled out of the show. Um, and I made the mistake, like I did the five year recap episode where people it was episode one thirty eight, I think it is, where it was like the best moments of Star Joe's, and I was like, oh, I have to learn from this and not and kind of keep track of those best moments. So this way, when we do ten years. I'll be able to do another five year Was that recap. The five hour episode. That's like four hour episode, yeah. Wow. yeah. But that's too hard. But I was like, oh, I'll remember and I'll just keep track of the stuff. Yeah, I didn't keep track of it again. So, 
I'll have to go back through those episodes. But that's fun. Like, it is actually fun yeah, for me. But the listeners kind of came in and made suggestions. I remember... Oh, yeah. I remember, you know, contacting guys and saying, hey, it's like this time on this episode. Oh, yeah. People helped out. But, you know what? what? What we think the plans for the next 200. Let's spin it that way. I have no idea. And that's honestly the thing I love the most about it is that I have no idea what's still what to, evolving. Yeah. Not going nowhere. Anyone else have any other moments that they loved or remember or were a part of? I, I, well, like you said, there's there's so many, but I think I remember the first Campbell Con to meet you guys in person. And that weekend, that was the weekend of the infamous heart-shaped hot tub incident <laughs> with Shannon. I have a picture of the of Chuck, Ryan, and Shannon. And Shannon is so dejected. Remember, because we were actually recording up here. Yes. And there's foot on that. It's like, oh, Shannon says he's going to the Knights of Columbus or whatever for this dinner. And then, da 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 And then, like, the next thing we know, he, like, got too hard to sleep because he was in a heart-shaped where He was in a bed with a mirror on top. That was unbelievable. Bow, bow, More, bow, like, bow. It's like a poke nose, yeah. Yeah. Like Rock said earlier, a Rock making me laugh last year, cutting promos and just being hilarious. But then my bro- bust out, other than the, the Bo Jackson thing, was Robert busting out over Jim. Oh, That's yeah. the time that I almost drove off the road because I was laughing so hard. And I was laughing at Robert laughing so hard about the fact that you guys, you were just marking out about Jim. Oh, I remember so you like all five covers, and yeah. it, it was so great. And again, I think you know it's been it. You you asked her way back about episode one hundred, and the people, some of the guests that were on, had some amazing guests, and they they've all been entertaining. They've all been educational. Learned something. I, it, another fun thing, Mark Wade. Yeah, we were so nervous about Mark Wade, and I was just like, "Hey, man, here's the little let's let's focus on the, you know you." I don't know what I'm going to do. We talked to Mark Wade. We're going to talk about Princess. We, we talked. We agreed. We're going to talk yeah. about Princess Leia. Yeah. Focus on that for thirty minutes. But your your enthusiasm and excitement was was contagious because Mark Wade said, "I know this guy. I really don't know his stuff that well. I went right. and read Princess Leia that weekend, so I was prepared. And I never prepare for this stuff, but other than the cartoons, sure episodes. But yeah, it's, you know, there have been so many. But again, it's 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 been quite a ride." The passion of the fans and the, the the love and the support that we've received and you know it's just been amazing. It, it is. It has been amazing, and it. I would have never thought the first time that I posted on Forum for Geeks, I think, or before that, or maybe yeah. on the CGS. I didn't. To your point, I didn't know I was going to make friends out of this. I was. I can remember vividly trading toys with you guys, and like that's how we. Came. Right. And I didn't really know you, but I was like, yeah. we're on this thing. Let alone, let alone thinking you're going to be a host on the show. Or, yeah, or that, you know, I would meet, that I would get to know some of these creators and it'd be like, oh, yeah, we do this podcast. You would fit in really well, or I think you'd have fun doing it. Why don't you come on here? It's been, a, you know, in kind of your eight years of doing the podcast, my eight years personally doing conventions and getting involved in the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, and, and locally, and, and it's just been, it's been really something. Yeah, that just reminded me of one. You know, I always like to say thank you by bringing little gifts and stuff. Yeah. Remember what time? Yeah, I, I was waiting for it today, man. What the hell? You got here a little bit late. <laughs> oh, there's still some leftovers. Oh, no, I, 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 got, I got, sent, my, got my one time. Work. I sent you guys a box as a thank you. Yeah, and I told you to oh, open yeah. it up on air. Yeah, and I remember yeah. Chuck going, "This is a vintage Chanton." He said, "A vintage Chanton in the mail." And I remember it was just it just it fun awesome. to me. It was. I mean, yeah. that's, this. I mean, who would ever think of a podcast has led to fun and every year, like, 
This is like my pilgrimage. This is just so much fun every my time. W- my wife made a comment the one time, um, just recently, because I had somebody send something in the mail. And she goes, why do you get stuff in the mail from just random people? I was like... Because I said to her, I was like, I'm Rick James, bitch. Why, why entertain I'm them? Lean down those goddamn I said, I don't know. I, I try to entertain them. That's all. That's what I tried to do. And yeah. she's just like, she's like, I'm entertaining. No one sends me anything. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you don't. Do you you put don't it on the internet. I was like, you don't put it out there though. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's the thing. Like, that's honestly the thing that's been very humbling with all of this. Is like, yeah. you just put stuff out there, and. People want to thank you for it. It's karma. It's the universe. <clears throat> and to your point, what you said last year it's when we did this, like, three. like, I do it because I want to do it and I enjoy doing it, and I get a lot of the fact that you guys enjoy that we put it out there. Like, that's all that matters to me. And the fact that sometimes somebody wants to do something to thank me for it is weird to me, but I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it, but at the same time, I'm just like this. Like hanging out with you guys is like the best reward out of it. I never thought again, not to be sappy and sentimental, but like I never thought that I would make friendships and lifelong friendships out of doing this show. So I said to my wife, it's three days a year. You have three hundred and sixty two other days to look at my fat face. Leave us alone when I come here. We have three hundred I mean think about it, we're all gonna leave here tomorrow. Yeah, and we're gonna count down the next three hundred and sixty-two days until we come and back. And thank God for social media because we can stay in touch with each other through that whole time. Um, but yeah, it's just—I don't feel like I ever lose a step with you guys or anything like that. It's just—I don't know. It's just been good. I'm—I'm I'm eternally grateful that Chuck and I one day sat down and said, "Let's do this and let's see what we can." Let. It is—it's amazing. So. Yeah, you pulled me back into comic books. You owe me so much money. I know. <laughs> I, I was out. I was out. As I say to many people when I pull them into comics, because I know, Sam, you're guilt. You're one of the victims. I'm guilty. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um, I'm th- I'm actually thrilled any time when tell- someone tells me that they got into comics because they listen to our show. Uh, or tried a comic because they listen to our show. Well, so I went to Super Show. I started going through all those dollar bins. Right. And next thing I know, I believe that was... DC was going to do the New 52. They were going to reboot everything. Right. And that's when I jumped on with DC. Chuck and I covered every single issue. Yeah, so that's just the... That's how long ago I started buying again. When before that, I haven't bought since the 80s. Yeah. So... I I haven't bought since... So you're welcome. Kid. DCBS as well. You were telling yeah. me about Nick would tell me a little bit about it, and I got the Marvel versus DC stuff because I was buying the trade, oh, man, the trading like cards. 93. I know. Yeah, that was and then I, that was the last shit I bought. And then uh, Superman. I remember GI Joe did a little bit, and I would start talking to you yeah. about comic books. You like, I know you. I heard you read comics. That I'm reading this GI Joe from Devil's Due. And you're like, oh, I read this, I read this, I read this, I read everything. And you're like, have you yeah. read Civil War? I'm like, well, what's going on with Spider-Man? What's up with Batman? What's up with the Marvel guys? Captain America goes, oh, it's a Civil War thing. you got to check this out. I'm like, all right. And I went out after work, bought the trade. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, it's good. <laughs> yeah, Civil, Civil War brought, brought you back yeah, into the comics. It's good. I, I, and I love it, honestly. I mean, it's sick of me to say this, but I personally love it anytime my enthusiasm for comics gets somebody else 
to be interested in checking out a comic. So then just buy my G.I. Joe book. Right. But uh so I don't know. I I want to thank everyone for ever supporting the show. I'm losing a little bit of my voice now, so um, right. Do a shot. Um, Every time Ryan gets sappy, we have to do a shot. Yeah. I sincerely thank everyone for listening to the show. I hope you'll continue to listen to the show. I hope we. If you're a new listener, I hope we give you a reason to go back and listen to the early shows. Um, I'm grateful for all the friendships I've made. Because of doing the show, um, I never thought any of that would come out of this. I'm grateful for some of the people I've had the opportunity to talk to. Um, it's it's been a to your point, John, earlier. It's been a hell of a ride. And two hundred more. Yeah, I'm not. It's not ending. It's it's. I have no intention of this ever ending. So it's so one of the things I've heard when you do like any type of uh, routine or any type of tradition or anything like that is that it takes 90 days to kind of make something a habit. And once you reach those 90 days of doing something and it's a habit for you, it feels weird when you don't do it. It honestly feels very weird for me when it's been more than a couple weeks and I haven't recorded an episode of the podcast. So as long as that feeling keeps being there, the show will still keep coming out. And I don't ever see that being an issue for me. I, I always have that bug in me that says, I want to record something. So, thank you everybody for being here tonight. <clears throat> thank you everyone for listening. Um, I mean, I honestly feel like we had something more monumental for episode 200, but this is, to me, this is what episode 200 should be. It's friends getting together, talking, people listening, and uh, hopefully we'll give you guys something worth listening to for the next, like, to your point, Rock, for the next 200 episodes, so, um, anyone else have any closing thoughts or things they wanted to say before we close out? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious, John was talking about, uh, when he speaks in front of people, so, have you read Ready Player One? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's on the it's on the library <laughs> wait list, and so, I can't get to it. No. I did see the preview, and I got very excited that they use Rush's. Uh, I think working is it Working Man or Tom? No, Tom Sawyer is in it, so it is on the list. Cool. How about you? No, Nick. I'm waiting for the movie. Oh, well, I do want to see the movie. I want to read the book, though. I heard that's good. So maybe maybe that will be episode two hundred and something. Maybe we'll end up talking about Ready sure. for One. Sure. Sure. Anyone else have anything they want to say? I'm good. All right. It's bedtime. It's bedtime. So you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. You can email us. It's at it's uh, Starjoes Podcast at gmail.com. We use a voicemail. It's 440 joes 440-941-JOES. You can find us on Instagram. We have the YouTube channel going. We have uh, Patreon where you can get additional episodes not available to anyone else, including, uh, like Rock was saying, the uh, lost tapes from uh, episode, one, radio. episode 175. I will look for that recording and get that out to you guys. <clears throat> um, we have merchandise. You can buy T-shirts, hoodies, mu- coffee mugs, oh, all that fun stuff. Uh, 
But with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because no against us half the battle. Take care, everyone. Alright, guys, and as some bonus additions for episode 200, you guys just heard us uh, in Baltimore. Uh, we recorded up uh, the beginning of episode 200, but you know what? It just wasn't enough for episode 200. I did not think that was just... An, you guys have been around for, with us for so long that I was like, you know what? We need to bring more passion, more energy, and Robert couldn't be there in Baltimore. So was like, you know what? We have not talked about Star Wars The Last Jedi, so Robert was very eager and very excited. So Robert's joining me right now. Hey, everybody! <laughs> and then, on top of that, what would a Star Wars-focused part of the episode be without bringing an official 501st member onto the episode? So once again, we brought Mr. Eric Grubb on for uh, a little bit of Star Wars talk here. Yay! I can't <laughs> see me doing the Kermit arm wave. Yay! <laughs> so yeah, uh, by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be hopefully, if, you know, fingers crossed, it'll be January fifth. Uh, this episode will come out, which will be the eight year anniversary of doing the Star Joe's podcast. Jeez, <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, pro- it should be plenty of time. For people to have seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi, uh, so be out like three weeks by that point. So, um, yeah. So we're gonna do some non-spoiler talk at first, uh, and then we'll get, we'll warn you guys that we're gonna get into some spoiler talk uh, in case you have not seen it. Um, and that's when we'll get into the really unpack the thing and and see what see what we uncover. Um, but first, let's get into some some non spoiler talk. Uh, first thing I wanted to know was like how did how did you guys see it? How many times have you seen it so far? All of that fun stuff. So, uh, Grub, why don't we start with you? Uh, I saw it for the third time this morning, actually, nice. and in my opinion, it's gotten better um, each time I've seen it. I think it's a really good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. There's a couple of things that kind of annoy me. Um, but overall, I, I think it's a really good addition to the saga. Um, and I'm really, really interested and curious to see what mine is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> good point. And how did you see it? Like, did you see it in 2d, 3d? Uh, I, the first two times were just normal, normal screenings. Cause I don't, I don't like 3d a lot of the time. Um, and this morning I saw it in, XD, which is the Cinemark, I, I I don't know. I guess up sound, better visual quality. No glasses or 3D or anything. Yeah, you know, nicer seats. Gotcha. Uh, that kind of thing. But it just, I would have just called it normal. I've gotcha. seen it all just normal. Okay. And then Robert, how about for you? How did you see it? How many times have you seen it? What was your first impressions? Uh, let's see. I I went to it the Thursday before. You know, like the Thursday opening night. Thursday. And I saw it at one fifteen in the morning. Wow! And so we didn't get out of the theater until four. Good but Lord. But that was because I knew it was coming out that weekend. But I was sitting there Thursday night drawing, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I need a break." And then I was like, "Oh, wait, Star Wars comes out this weekend." 
And I was like, wait, I think it came out tonight. And I looked at the, the clock and it was like one o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh no, I probably missed the midnight showing or whatever. And I went and scrolled through the times and there was one at one fifteen. I'm like, I'm out. And so I just like <laughs> threw my stuff down and I like ran out the door and got a ticket. And the only, it was at the one fifteen IMAX. So I got to see it. Oh wow. Opening night IMAX. The whole theater was sold out at one fifteen in the morning. Um, I was like, I got one of the last couple seats in the theater. Luckily it wasn't a, a bad seat, but um, and then, uh, so that was phenomenal. Like I went into it totally cold, not like, uh, waiting all day to see it or anything like that. Like it just dawned on me, Oh, that's coming out. That's right. And I, I mean, I knew it was coming out, but like in the moment, it's not like I had watched force awakens and then I was all geared up for right. it, you know, just mentally, I wasn't prepared. So I just jumped into it cold and I was just like, this is, and in IMAX, no less. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so, and, and with a crowd of just like, you know, pretty decent, like Star Wars fans. So that's always fun to be able yeah. to see it like an opening night with that enthusiasm. Though I did have a couple people around me that were annoying, typical you know, movie theater experience. Yeah. But um, the next time I saw it was with my family um, on the 23rd. So a couple of days before Christmas, again, at the same IMAX. Uh-huh. Um, but my son wasn't able to make it. He wasn't feeling good. So... I took him yesterday to see it in the afternoon at a regular sta- standard theater. So I'd, I've seen it three times. Um, and I would completely agree with Eric that, like, I think it gets better each time because there, we'll talk about it later. There's some wonderful twists and turns. And mm-hmm. the first time I was watching it, I was just so emotionally caught up in those moments. I was like, they got me hook, line, and sinker for every one of those twists and turns. I was like, I did not see that coming. And I did not see that coming. <laughs> so that was that was great, you know, my for, for my first initial watch. Yeah. And then each time after that, um, since I knew that was happening, I was able to kind of look for clues to see how well they would foreshadow it. And then I was like, how did I not see this the first time? You know, <laughs> like so that was fun. And then the third time I watched it. Um, obviously kind of knowing where the story's going, knowing when to strategically go get refills on my popcorn. Like it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I was looking at it very visually and we'll, we'll definitely get into this more, but I was able to kind of pick up on little symbolism and, and yeah. like the cinematography of it that I want to talk about that I thought was really interesting. But, but I, I mean, overall I loved it. I think it's a great continuation and and also just like Eric, I, I'm really excited to see which way they go with it because obviously they're wanting to kind of deviate into a new kind of generation. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really curious. Cool. Um, well, I've seen it twice. I will be seeing it a third time uh, because my nephews are coming into town this coming weekend, and uh, they want to go see it. They've seen it once, and they want to see it again, and they wanted to know if Uncle Ryan would go see it with them. <laughs> and I told my how, wife how. To, uh, <laughs> How, how old are they? They're time? nine and eleven. Uh, that's a perfect age. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I know that they loved it. Uh, and but they, my sister-in-law reached out to my wife and was like, uh, "Do you think Uncle Ryan would want to take them?" And so she asked me, and I was like, "Just to let you know, the answer to that is always yes." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went. You, you got to do your take on the Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> if someone asks you, you say yes. <laughs> yes exactly. Um, so. I went and saw it, uh, so I got my tickets the night of uh, Monday, uh, what was it, Monday Night Football or whatever the hell it was. Uh, (laughs) I do watch football, but I can't remember, it was like some Monday Night Football game. 
that they were premiering the new trailer, and afterwards you're going to be able to get your tickets. So, of course, I did that right away. And <laughs> so I got my tickets for like 7 o'clock. And I was debating, because you could see the times in advance before you could order your tickets. And I was debating on seeing it at 7 o'clock in like the real XD 3D at a theater where you didn't get to pick your seat. So I'd have to right. get there kind of early. Or going and seeing an IMAX at a theater where I could pick my seat, but I had to wait till 10 o'clock to see it. And right. I was like, I don't want to wait. And I, <laughs> I, I kept being told by uh, uh, tr- uh, Travis, Uncle Teabag, he's like, oh, you got to go see an IMAX the first time. And I was like, yeah, but I got to wait till 10 for that. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal was to see it as early as possible. So that's what I chose, and I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to see it more than once, so I could go see it in another format any other time. So, right, um, right. So I went and saw it in the XD 3D. I saw it in 3D both times I've seen it. Um, and I got out of work a little early because uh, so the showing was at 7. I didn't want to wait till 5 to get out of work and then be in rush hour traffic and all that type of stuff. So I get to the mall... And there's no line. And I'm like, I got there at like 4 o'clock. And I'm like, why is there no line like for, Star <laughs> four Wars movie, for a Star yeah. Wars movie? Um, and so I was just, I walked around the mall for a little bit. I got some dinner. And then I went back and there was still no line. And I was, I went to the guy and I was like, is <laughs> I know where this is going. I was like, when are you letting people in for the Star Wars movie? He goes, oh, you can go in right now. And so I go in and here there's like, 10, 15 people already in the theater <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sitting in their seats. Luckily, because I'm an uh, individual person, I was able to get front and center behind that, the guardrail uh, mm-hmm. for the upper section, which is the perfect seat. Cause you put your feet up on the guardrail and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, I had an awesome seat. And uh, so I'm sitting next to two older guys, uh, like, and I mean older by like, maybe they're like, seven to ten years older than me um Mm -hmm. and they're there with their kids and and stuff and they're talking about how they really liked rogue one they thought the force awakens was good but it just kind of was a rehash of you know new hope and all that type of stuff all the typical stuff we've heard um and we go to start watching the movie and all of a sudden there's an error up on the screen (laughs) oh no like a computer error <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is not happening." <laughs> so, like, boo, I <laughs> so I literally leapt over the railing because it was the easiest <laughs> way to get down, and I went out the door. And here there was a staff guy already coming, and I was like, "Oh, you know about the thing not working?" And he goes, "No, what are you talking about?" I was like, "The movie's not playing." <laughs> so if you don't fix this, I will cut you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So he comes in, he radios somebody, they got it up and running, and uh, I climbed back up into my seat and uh, saw it. Ryan's already got like a shiv made out of uh, <laughs> straws and, <laughs> and a soda, not, soda not cup lid. Yeah. You don't fix this now. <laughs> the blood will be on your hands. <laughs> um, so saw the movie, uh, was completely overwhelmed in a good way after seeing it the first time uh came back home immediately recorded like the video i did of the non-spoiler review was very literally minutes after i got home 
Uh, <laughs> so I had not had time to process what I saw. In fact, it's very evident in the video review. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I but that. there was just a lot to take in. And, and like I said, in the best way possible. So the next morning, I had the day off from work, and I'm running around doing Christmas errands, and I'm like, wonder what time the movie's showing. And it was like 10 o'clock, and I just, the theater I was near was showing it at 10.20. I'm like, boom, ticket, got in. <laughs> <laughs> Went and saw it again. And you guys are absolutely right. This is a movie you need to see multiple times um, just to really grasp a lot of the things that you guys are mentioning, like the symbolism of things, uh, the cinematography. The best way I've described it to people is, uh, and I described it in my spoiler review, is um, it's kind of like taking a car ride for the first time someplace. It Everything feels like it takes longer because you don't know where you're going. And you don't take in all the sights. You don't take in everything. When you're driving home from that place or you're driving to that place a second time, you know where you're going. You're able to look around a bit more. Um so you take in a lot more, and it doesn't feel like it's taking as long. So like, there's certain parts in the movie that I felt, the first time I saw it, felt like they took longer, and they were slower, slowing up the movie for me, that when I saw it a second time, I was like, oh, that didn't take as long as I thought it did the first time. Um, so I like that. I heard a quote, or I saw somebody post this on Facebook, and I thought it was a perfect way to describe it for me, is it, it gave me everything that I wanted and nothing that I expected. Yeah. So, like, Interesting. It, I would not have picked the direction that a lot of the story plots went, but when I saw them, I was like, wow, that actually was done exactly the way it should have been done. Um, it's, like you said, Eric, it's not a perfect movie. There's things I did not like at all. Um, but I absolutely love this movie overall, and for me, I'll, I've said it a few few times to a few people for me this is my favorite one after the original trilogy so 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 better than the prequels and better than force awakens and rogue one yes and i love the mm -hmm. force awakens and i love rogue one but this one is one that i could see myself sitting down and watching more times like multiple multiple times and getting something out of it each time where force awakens i could watch it just because it's a fun movie and, mm -hmm. and it, but that's what it is. It's just kind of fun for me. There's not a lot to really, there's not a lot of meat to dig into. And Rogue One is awesome, but it's got a bit of a different feel to it. Um, it's, I certainly can watch it multiple times. This is one that I can watch much like I watched the original trilogy and I feel like I can get something else out of it each time I watch it. I know once this comes out on disc, I'll probably be watching this constantly yeah <laughs> but it's also partially because my about to be two-year-old is like obsessed with star wars right now awesome oh, cool. so all he wants to like his when he sees he hears the music sees the words like he can't read yeah but he sees those words and he starts going he's trying to say darth but he can't say darth so he says dar so it's dar dar nice. and he you know he just he wants to just watch star wars all the time so we're like, okay, like I love these movies, but I can't watch Empire Strikes Back for the fifteenth day in a row. <laughs> I need something else. So I, I don't under, I don't understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> it's just sometimes you need a break. Uh, I again don't understand. And, what and you're I know saying. once this comes out in home yeah. video of some kind or another that it's going to be high on the rotation because it's new. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. And he did see it in theaters, so it's his first actual Star Wars movie in theaters. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. No, uh, <laughs> got, by the time this movie got ended, it was just like, if you don't sit still, we are going to murder you. <laughs> well, it's it is a, a long, half hour, it is a long, it's a long movie. 20 minutes of trailers, and then we were in the theater 20 or 30 minutes before that, so, you know, we're in there for uh, yeah. three plus hours, and the fact he managed to, like, not completely melt down, <laughs> yeah. it's good. Yeah, I had somebody ask me like uh, if there's a post credit scene. I was like, "Don't make me hit you." I was like, "There's never a post credit scene at the end of Star Wars." Sort of. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not really a post credit scene. It's after they do the initial like after the movie's over and, and the the credits start rolling. Yeah, they actually throw up a thing in there about you know to our beloved princess. Yeah, know, something. So yeah, a little tribute, but that's it. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um. So uh, it it this has been a very divisive. Uh, yeah, movie. man. Uh, I will tell you that John uh, said he was disappointed, and he does not have any desire to talk about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, right? Because he hasn't he hasn't liked the other two ones that have come out. So. He, I think he kind of liked Rogue One. I think I remember oh, okay. him liking Rogue One, but he didn't. I think he oh, liked the right. last was, like thirty yeah. minutes of Rogue One. Yeah, um, but I will honestly. I've said I, again. I don't mean to always refer back to the YouTube videos, but it's just I'm repeating things I said in those. Is I honest? You guys could th- feel differently, but I honestly would say to anyone out there that if you've not liked all three of the new movies, stop going and seeing them. Because you're not going to be happy with anything at this point. Like, if you did not like Force Awakens, you didn't like Rogue One, and you didn't like The Last Jedi, you really shouldn't go see any more new Star Wars movies because you're not going to be happy with any of them. Because I feel like all three of them were a little bit different, and all three of them gave different audiences different things. And mm, I think there's there might be a little there might be a little room for that. Like, for example, it'd be interesting when Solo comes out because, yeah. like the Marvel movies. You know, and you have a different director, and you have a different cast. Like it could go in a di- still in another direction. I just, um, I, I just get and scared. After the, well, I agree because I mean, I think eventually there'll be some Star Wars movies that even the diehard fans or or, or us who are all three of us are very accepting of. Sure. Variant variances in the genre to a certain extent. Like yeah. Star Wars movie that we don't care for as much. Oh sure. And I think um, <clears throat> I'm yeah, actually so that's about that's bound to happen but yeah. i think uh when you, we get out of the the episodic movies yeah. then i think it'll open up even more um, i'm actually afraid of solo being that movie for me well there's already possible within the the disney realm um, i'm already starting to see pop up you know some of these disney specific sites and news services and things that disney is expecting solo to be a flop yeah. As it were, yeah, um, because of the combination of the major, the the there's all these words rumors about how the guy that Aaron El- is it Alden Ehrenreich or however you pronounce his yeah. name, yeah, apparently not a very good actor. Yeah. They had a lot of problems with voice with co- having to get acting coaches for him on set, and then the, you know the director's getting fired and, and looks like, uh, what's his name is, um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard is filming a lot more. Yeah. I heard like people initially thought. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he was supposed to come in and film three weeks of pickups 
and then ended up filming for three more months right and reshot 80 yeah 80 percent of the movie which yeah. means that which intrigues me because yeah. ron howard as a director is tried and proven you know right. to do amazing stuff and epic stuff yeah and he's he's worked with inexperienced actors you know so i'm just kind of curious like if he was able to come in and they took a veteran you know well-respected proven director yeah to be able to mold you know this uh, an actor who needed to find his feet in a role that maybe he wasn't quite grasping like what what was wanted yeah and so i have hope for it but i i'm going in kind of with not much expectation either that, and that's what i mean i go into every star wars movie with with high hopes but i this one i am going just like you were saying i'm going into this one with very low expectations which i'm hoping will help me <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah i don't even really have expectations on this but i think no. it's also one of the things where it's not like will i go see it yes yeah because that's it's too much part of my being right but the character of han solo was never my guy yeah. You know, I, out of the main cast, it's Luke is one I've yeah. always identified with out of, you know, so the idea of the movie, the solo movie. OK, cool. But I don't know how much appeal it really has outside of the hardcore fan base. Right. Um, and I think yeah. it's also why you haven't seen anything Nothing. about another standalone movie. Yeah. Well, I'm also surprised that they're releasing it in May. Yeah. When it's going to compete with Marvel Avengers, their own, their same company. Why yeah. are they competing with themselves? Yeah, it's so close to the Jedi release that right. I think people you you don't have enough time to get eager and excited and oh man, it's been too long since I've seen the Star Wars movie. You right. Know, I loved that they were coming out in December and it was something that you could count on for Christmas. Yeah, for sure. No, I and totally they, agree. They, they they did that with these three in a row, like bang, 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 and it yeah. was creating a tradition. Yeah. And why why break it? Even if it's not a good movie, I don't. Well, I would rather have it still come in December. Right, and then also on top of that is, well, number one, if it's not a good movie or you don't feel it's a good movie, then maybe take that extra time to make it a good movie before December comes. Um, but also, we're then not going to see the next one until 2019. So you're making such a huge, you know, you have such a short span between movies, and now you're going to have a huge long span between movies. Yeah. Or it's going to feel long, I should say. Well, Um, at the same time, it'll be us waiting for Episode Nine, which will generate more interest for Episode Nine. Like, people will be eager, especially, and even if Solo's bad, people will be eager for an episodic film again. So not a bad move there, I guess, but... I think also if Solo is bad, it's it's going to allow the uh, the boo birds, as I'm going to call them, <laughs> to really add fuel to the fire and make you know if people aren't liking Last Jedi, I think the shitstorm is going to probably worse with whatever the next one is because people yeah. want the excuse to oh, yeah. go after it. Oh yeah. You know, regardless of if it's a good movie or not, there are going to be a lot of people that. Well, we've had it with this, so. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The the extreme reaction to this movie, I don't understand. Uh, Like I said, there's things in it I didn't like, um, but. And and I understand where. I, I think I understand where some people are having major issues with this movie, but I think that they. The people that I've I've talked to that have problems with the Last Jedi are a lot of them are people that uh, are 
number one, two set in in their old ways, and like I said, haven't liked any of them that have come out so far, so I already dismissed those people. Um, but the one, there's people that I've talked to that have seen it once that didn't really care for it, and when I pointed out certain things to them that I really liked, they didn't notice those things. Um, right. And I've said to them, I'm like, you need to see it again then before you just say, I didn't like it. Um, right. And there's also just this group of people that, you know, like you were saying, Eric, they just want to hate on it. So you're going to have them. Um, and the other group is there's that huge group that expected the story to go a certain way. It didn't go that way. And therefore, they don't like it. Yeah, I think that they there was so much time for speculation yeah. as far as this means that. And everybody, you know, was throwing out theories left and right that they almost at that point didn't care which one it was as long as it was. Uh, you're going to fulfill that expectation. Right. Um, I think, you know, the, and part of right in the middle of all uh, some of those groups, at least, is, you know, the people who grew up on expecting Luke Skywalker to act a certain way. Yeah. And not you didn't just have the, um, you know, your, your original trilogy of movies. You had comics and novels yeah. and all these things that defined Luke Skywalker in everybody's mind yep. who had followed that universe. And then when you see a movie... That goes against that. We finally get to see Mark Hamill on screen again as Luke Skywalker. And when Chewie busts through the door and Mark Hamill says, Chewie, you know what I mean? Yeah. In that voice. Yeah. That's just Luke. And that brought so much nostalgia. Yeah. And then when he says, like, where's Han? Like, oh, it just breaks your heart. Yes. Like, it's yeah. like that. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> I, well, that's well, not really yeah. a spoiler, but. No, I'm talking yeah, but, about the scene you're actually discussing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So, so it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Force Awakens, I guess. No, um, or Last Jedi. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll get to this stuff. But basically, what I mean is, like, there, there are nuances of, I think, there's a, Mark Hamill does such a good job acting in this movie, and he does capture Luke, even whether or not it's the Luke you expected. Right. I agree. He just, he just knows that character fundamentally. So, so when he acts, it's Luke, but I think that's why it bothered so many people is because they had in their mind the expanded universe version of Luke Skywalker, and when they see on the screen, it portrayed so accurately as Luke, but so different, different. Yeah. that there just became like this gut reaction, yeah. like uh, uh, just uh, they wanted to push back like immediately. Yeah, and I think that's at the root of it. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the people who I found that have been like completely uh like outspoken in against the movie are, are the big luke fans who yeah. weren't able to accept a different version yeah for whatever reason and, and the thing that that just blows my mind is the extreme hatred ones where it's just like they want it removed from canon they and i'm like you didn't even want that with the prequels like <laughs> like i don't yeah you know well, or, oh, or that's, people that's, saying that these were that this one was like, worse than the prequels. I was like, you're out of your mind if you're saying that. No, so. I I think that th that's just an that's just a like a portrayal of the internet in our time right yeah. now. Yeah. Because you know at the time the prequels were coming out, the internet wasn't a, was hardly a thing. There were right. you know maybe there were message boards or something like that, but there's there was nothing like the infrastructure of YouTube and Facebook right. and and these venting platforms. Well, so did you that see you, the uh, examples of the letters and stuff that went into like magazines and stuff when Empire Strikes Back came out? They actually showed like what was actually <laughs> said at the time of Empire Strikes Back, 
And it was yeah. people hating on Empire Strikes Back. Like, I don't believe that that's Vader's actually his father. I can't believe you change, you know, you changed the lineage of or uh, of Luke Skywalker and both. Like, there was, you know, there was people that did not like Empire Strikes Back when it came out. Yeah, it's like this kind of criticism has always been around. It's just right. now with the internet, it just is that much more visible, and it's in our daily feed of and stuff feeds, we check. And you know. It feeds off of each other too. Oh, it builds steam. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I want to say that I think. There is a legitimacy <laughs> to if people don't like the movie, like that's fine. Like yeah. I don't have an issue with that. But oh yeah. My issue has generally been is the vitriol about it. Yeah. And I'm not saying everyone is seeing the same thing, but in my world, with what I'm generally seeing on, I'm just going to use Facebook because let's face it, that's the majority of yeah. how I'm keeping tabs on what's going on on the planet, or at least with my friends, all right. yeah. 150 or 200 of them or whatever. It has been a very one-sided situation where the people who do not like this movie are going so ballistic yeah. and going after people who liked it when if you don't like again, if you like it, don't like it. It doesn't yeah. matter. But I and I'm not saying that the the people who like it also aren't going after some of the haters because sure. that is some of the case. But it has been. It's like in from what I have seen, and I'm saying this only from my point of view. Mm-hmm. It's eighty percent of the haters are just digging and digging and going after, and it's just like, guys, if you don't like it, fine. Right. But what are you doing at this point? Like, all you're doing is making it worse. Yeah. And for what purpose? Other than, hey, keyboard warrior, hey, hey I can yeah. do that. You know, just shut up. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, great. Right. Yeah, I, I don't knock anyone for not liking it. I don't understand the extreme hatred because I think it's still overall a well-put-together movie. There are, again, there are some issues here and there, but... Um, and when someone points out something that they didn't like about it and I felt differently, like I've had discussions with people, I haven't, luckily I have not personally dealt with anyone that is like, and it might be because of the circle of friends that I have, that we're all kind of the same way. It's like, we can debate ideas, but we don't actually start getting nasty towards each other. Yeah. Um, but I've seen the nastiness and I'm like, I don't understand that. Like you said, Eric, like if you don't like it, that's fine. Like I can tell you Chuck didn't really care for it. And him and I've talked about it and he's one of the people where I... Like I said, I said to him, well, what about this scene where this happened? And he's like, oh, I didn't pick up on that. And I'm like, I think you need to see it again. <laughs> so, right. um, but like he, he didn't like it. And I'm like, that's fine. You didn't like it. I loved it. But that's just, it was a differing opinion. He didn't come at me because I did like it to your point, Eric. Like there are, like you said, there's people out there that hate this movie so much and they want to prove the people that did like it as if they were wrong, and that's never going to happen. You're never going to change someone's mind about something like that. So, I think I think the only good thing that has come out of this divisiveness is mm-hmm. that one of the things I think that hurt Justice League was that nobody came out of it, this is the best movie ever, nobody came out of it saying it's the worst movie ever. Right. It was a good movie. Yeah. And people who wanted to like it liked it, and people who didn't care didn't go. Yeah. Right. Whereas Star Wars, everybody's going to go. And I think because it's created such a debate, that only creates more interest. Yeah. And because people are going to see it multiple times to really decide if they like it or not. Yeah. And so if nothing else, like I think that uh, it has qualities of a good movie and 
and it's got the box office to back it up now yeah. because it's do, doing so well. Well, and that's yeah. the, that's the thing that's cracking up the most. It was like uh, some, there was some article that talked about it being a failure at the box office, and it's and it's like um, it's it was at four hundred million domestically and seven hundred fifty million worldwide. I'm like, I wish I had those kind of failures in my life. Yeah, it's currently <laughs> as a, as of. Tuesday's box office is at 423 million in the states, okay. and it's 800 and f- round up Jeez. 844 million internationally. And it, how long so have by been the out? end Two of weeks? yeah, and by the end of this week, right now it's number eight worldwide for 2007. By the end of this week, there it's going to be number four. Yeah, total it's gonna, total failure. Yeah, total um, failure. and and well the thing is it's been out 12 days yeah and if you look at the comparison to force awakens force awakens was at over 600 million by this point yeah but go figure because yeah you know everyone had much higher had high hopes for that one so yeah that was a phenomenon that we may never see again so right exactly but yeah i just like i said obviously it's been successful it's it's uh, uh in the box office to your point, Robert, I agree. I think the more people are talking about it, I think the more people want to go see it and understand maybe what they already saw. If they have, if they saw it once, they want to see it again because, well, what, what did they these other people see that I didn't see? I even though I don't like the nastiness that's been happening, I like the one of the things that makes me like this movie even more is the fact of how much people are debating what they saw because. Yeah. It's like, well, I saw it this way. Well, I saw it that way. To me, that's the sign of a good movie is if two people saw something a little bit different. <laughs> so Yeah, just having conversations about it yeah. instead of it just being like, did you see it? Yeah, I liked it. And then talk yeah. about something else. Yeah. Well, to me, this is also, I mean, it's Star Wars, but this is a very different film. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and I, you know, and sorry, you guys, I think Robert touched on it with like, I to me, I think a lot of the negativity comes from people had 40 years of headcanon built up in there, oh, you yeah. know, about mm-hmm. who Luke was and, you know, all the, you know, you already said the books, the comics. So people had expectations of like, am I, do I wish that Luke hadn't been, get off my, get off my lawn, Luke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, where do they went with that? I, I that was the favorite part of my the movie yeah. to me was oh, yeah. it went in such a like a crazy direction I was like I I I didn't see this coming and people were were bit are bitching about oh the the comedy the comedy guess what guys comedy's always been there right. is it a little more somebody used the term millennial type humor maybe yeah it's it's a little different but it's still comedy and there's right. oh I mean. Look no, at there, there has always been comedy all throughout. Yeah, and look, look at even Rogue the originals, one. but yeah. Probably my favorite line in Rogue One is when Cheered Imway is sitting there and they put the bag over his head and he goes like, "Come on, I'm blind." Right, you right. know. <laughs> so, well, and, and the thing is, know, none of the comedy was, in my opinion, none of the comedy was out of character. So, uh, like, there's a whole comedy scene. We'll we'll get into it, but there's a whole comedy scene at the beginning with Poe Dameron. Oh, right. And people are, I've heard people complain about it, and I go, do you remember Force Awakens, the very nope. first time we met Poe, he did a whole yeah. thing with Kylo Ren? <laughs> he basically, this time, instead of Ren, it was Hux he was Hux. screwing with. exactly. General Hugs, as he called him. Yes, General Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, you know, like, that was just... Yeah. 
And the other thing I don't get is this whole fascination of who was Snoke? How did the First Order come to being? Time out. What did we know about the Emperor and the Empire in the original trilogy? Exactly. And the answer is not a whole hell of Nothing. a lot. <laughs> when did we even learn Palpatine's name? Was it. I don't even know. Like, that didn't. It was never said in the movies. We found out with the action figure that was the mail away action figure. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you find out via a toy what the character's name is. Right. And it still <laughs> doesn't freaking lick a difference. Yeah. Because you don't know anything about the guy. And then when did we finally, you know, when did we really learn very much about him? Uh, like 20 years later in the prequels? Right. And even then so, we learned that he was a senator and he killed his master. That's all we learned. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, clearly he had he was the emperor. Somehow he had managed to take over the Old Republic. Right. What that story is, kind of, we still don't even completely know the whole story. Right. I mean, we have the basics of it. Right. But or the majority of it, we still don't exactly know everything. You know? I know. I think I think it's just so much of this movie is people are comparing it to what they think in their minds they knew. Right. Oh, yeah, time. for but sure. But it's not at all. Like, like you're just saying, it's not at all what was there and information right. that was available. Take it at surface level of what you saw in the original trilogy and what you learned in, in these movies, and it's a lot of it is very similar. Like you were just talking about with, with Snoke and the Emperor. Like, those two characters are very similar. In the in the first time you see the Emperor was Empire Strikes Back, and he was a hologram up on the screen. Guess what? The first time we saw Snoke was a hologram up <laughs> in, yeah. in The Force Awakens. And then you get to see him in this movie, and you don't get to see him very long in this movie. You didn't get to see the Emperor very long in Return of the Jedi either. So, like, I'm not going to lie. Am I curious as to who the hell Snoke was? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Do I want to know how the first first order got to the place they're in? Like, I assume that they were a remnant of the Empire. Right. How do they get to where they are? Do I have all those questions? Yes. Will they explain in time? I'm pretty certain they'll be explained in time. Yeah. But are they relevant to the story they are trying to tell you right now? No. And to me, the answer is no. No. Story... I think no, be, no, because we understand this universe. Right. Like, it's not a huge leap to try and figure out who the First Order is and how they came about. Yeah. Because we've seen, you know, the the Empire in general be in power. Like, in, even if whether or not we, you know, in the prequels, we saw how the Empire was built. But right. generally, well, and because we already saw that, like, it's not a huge leap in the imagination to figure you know, yeah. they're kind of giving the audience credit. They don't have to spell every little thing out for you. Right. Well, and to your point too, Eric, is that um, this these movies are primarily about Ray and Kylo. That's mm -hmm. right. that's your focus. So as much as I love seeing the original cast in here and everything else, and I had uh, someone reach out to me and said, "Well, I was very upset with what they've been doing with the original cast in these movies," and I said, "Hey, I got news for you. This is the real world, and those actors are really old." And we already lost one of them that we didn't expect to lose. So the fact that these that they're doing stuff to weed the original cast out, as long as they're doing it in a very good way, and I think they've been doing it in a very good way, makes perfect sense to me because you're not going to have these actors forever. So well, it's, it's, and and these actors had their movies, they right. had their trilogy that was phenomenal right. and established this entire universe. So it's like. I don't, you know, this isn't a movie about Luke and Han and Leia. No, and it just isn't. And well, Harrison said, Ford didn't want to do it. They said from the beginning, too, that this was 
uh, not. It's this was the new characters' movies. Yeah. The old characters were there to serve off to hand off to these other yes. people, and how their outcomes were, whatever. You know, we've known since the announcement of Episode 7, maybe not immediately after the announcement of Episode 7, but we all knew that the, the main characters were not going to be who we thought, who we wanted them maybe necessarily to be. Right. And they just, people just need to understand that that's not, this is not, I mean, it's a continuation of the story, but it's not about Luke and Han and Leia. Right. It's about Ray and Finn, Poe and yeah. Kylo and... I guess Rose and whoever the hell else. Yeah, you know, it's about and those people. And like, like I was saying, that you got you have to factor in the real world things going on, which is uh, Harrison Ford did not even want to do the Force Awakens. Why did he do it? They, he flat out said why he did it. They paid him a lot of money to do it, and um, he also wanted the character to kill off. Yes, and I'm sure that was in the contract. I will do this movie if you kill off my character. I'm sure it was in there. Um, you have. Carrie Fisher, who sadly passed away. That's a reality. Which I think a year ago today as we record this? Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, but they, so they have, they're going to have to do something now in episode nine. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to do it, and we can talk about that, we can speculate about that, but they're, they have to do something now with, with the character of Leia, because she's not around. Um, Did any, oh, yeah, nothing would have been filmed right, a year ago. right. So yeah, they were they were done by that point. Yeah, so you have to figure like you have real world events that are impacting what happens with these characters. You can't right. do a new trilogy with Han, Luke, and Leia because you're not going to have Han, Luke, and Leia because Han doesn't want to do all all three movies, and Leia sadly passed away. So you know you're you're you have to move on to the new characters. Um, Hell, I'm glad we got him back for as long as we got him back for. <laughs> so. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so let's get into some spoiler talk because we've been skirting around it a whole lot. <laughs> so first thing I think we should do is we're going to do both both sides of the coin. Uh, let's start off very positive. What I want to hear from each of you is what is what was your favorite, and we're going to have a lot of favorite moments, but what if you had to pick one moment as your absolute favorite from the movie, what would you pick, why, um, and and we'll try to pick different ones from each other, hopefully, but um, obviously we can all talk about the same, you know, when someone mentions one, we can all jump in and talk about it as well, but uh, uh, Robert, we'll start with you on this one. Oh, man. Okay. okay. Well, I think there's, like, three or four tent pole moments that everybody like, Oh, you almost blew your mind kind of moment. So, um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go to the obvious one, which, which to me is where it's big spoiler, but just like where, where Luke at the end of the movie steps out of the blasted open front door of this base. Yeah. And is facing, I don't know how many walkers, like there was four, seven, yeah, well, there, no, was, there, there was like, there was a like dozen. four yeah. big ones. And then and what I thought was interesting was there was three or four smaller ones. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, that was were, just there to, to show scale. Like, they, like they were the traditional AT-ATs were the smaller ones. And then the, a, yeah. the ATM-6s, which are the, the, the big honkers. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I thought that was neat they did that because the, the small the AT-ATs obviously are huge. And then 
but they were there to show scale, to show how enormous, like yes. these other, like, uh, gorilla-looking, you know. Which, that uh, moment reminded me very much of uh, Dark Empire, where Luke walks out to the Adats. Yes, it, 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 definitely. I, I totally had that scene in my head when I saw that happen, so. Yeah, so that, so the way that, um, obviously this is what I was talking about a little earlier, where the first time I watched it, uh, I saw him show up, and I was just like, yes, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for him to to finally through that call, you know, that had been, you know, being put to him all movie, like either between Ray or between the recording of Leia or, um, you know, just Ray a number of times, like just flat out asking him to step up and be Luke, basically. Yeah. And uh, and that that finally he does like finally I was like, yes, I've been waiting. So when he walks in. When my I watched it with my son, when when Leia sits down and she's like, "That's it, we did all we can," you know, there's basically no more hope. And then my son Connor leans over to me, he's like, "Luke's gonna walk in," and I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> like he totally called it. The very next shot, they turn and like Luke's walking in with his hood, you know. And I was like, "Dude, you nailed it!" So, so I so he walks out to these ad ads and you know is basically calling out Kylo. Kylo has him like unleash a barrage of laser bolts and he's like, shoot that man. So they're like yeah. going to town. Every gun is firing. And after the first one hits and you see like dust and chunks fly up. Yeah. I thought that chunks was like body. I was like, what? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was, which like, I thought was a good, did. I thought that was a good, uh, yeah, that was direction a nice too. Yeah. yeah. The, the fact that you have, um, the the crystals turn red when they're impacted and stuff like that. Yeah, totally exactly. It was like moment. it was. I was like, was that like a blood mist? You know what right. used to be Luke. I'm like, right. oh crap. <laughs> right. But then like then they start pounding it. And I was like, okay, no, I, I get what they're building. And I'm thinking, all right, like some kind of a force shield, you know, and and oh man, this is gonna be awesome because when the smoke clears, we'll see the, him like holding this force shield up and yeah, and keeping it out. And then of course. There's, the smoke does clear. There's a little bit of some comedic bits in there, you know, just little lines, but really good. Smoke clears, and he walks out of it. He just walks out of it, like, unscathed. I was like, yes! Yeah. He brushes his shoulder. Yes. And, like, every time I've seen it in every crowd, like, everybody at least gets a chuckle, but, like, that first night just pours. I mean, everybody was just, like, going crazy because yeah. it was just, like, perfect in-your-face, you know, I'm Luke Skywalker moment. Right. Um, and that's when I first noticed that, like, his hair's different. His yeah. beard's different. And I thought, I, I just I just recognized it in my mind. Just that uh, his beard didn't look as gray and was shorter, and his hair was shorter. And I was like, maybe he cut his hair to be less hermit-like. Right. You know, when he was going to see to see Leia again. You know, I was like, he's going to see Leia again, and who knows how long. He made himself maybe. Nice. Yeah. I think Real- he just cleaned himself up. You know, with, with a lightsaber, groomed himself up. <laughs> with when when um. When I was seeing that for the first time, I was sitting next to one of my uh, friends in the garrison, and she had been out at the premiere in L.A., so she had been sitting on it for like two, like a week or something, oh. and, she, and she couldn't <laughs> talk about it. I leaned over to her, and I went, did he find Hair Club for men? <laughs> because as soon as he walks out, and I saw him, like, something's wrong. Like, why is his beard that color? What yeah, happened to his hair? a little different, yeah. So, like, I, I spotted that immediately, and yeah. then now it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when I saw it, I, I something clicked in my brain, like I recognized it, but I did not bother to think anything past that, like yeah. or to question what I was seeing. Right. You know, it's not like I was questioning my reality because his hair was darker or shorter. 
Um, then, so he basically calls Kylo out. They kind of face to face, and what he's doing is stalling so that the rebellion, even that whatever small little bit of rebellion that's left, could escape. So, yeah. like this is this is cool. This is like that legendary moment they've been building up to throughout the movies. And I was just waiting for the showdown, you know. And I was I was a little worried. I'm like, okay, this is how Luke's going to go out. He's going to go out all Obi Wan, where. Yeah. His apprentice is going to kill him. His apprentice went to the dark side. He's going to go all Obi-Wan to be stronger for Rey. I I thought the same thing. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, oh, it's all so cyclical. But I like that. Like, I think some fans, even if that's the way it had played out, there'd be fans who'd be complaining that it's just like Empire. Right. And I'm like, ah. Anyway, so uh, they're facing off, and he's, like, dodging and everything. And it never clicked to me that they never struck lightsabers. Yeah. The first time. It seemed like a longer fight the first time I watched it. Yeah. You know, they, there's no lightsaber on lightsaber, except for the flashbacks. Right. There's not a single lightsaber on lightsaber hit in the movie. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Kylo and uh, Ren, or Rey, don't. No. Wow. They're just fighting the Praetorian Guards, yeah. Right. Yep. Okay, well, um, Sorry. so he's so he's dodging with Kylo, and uh, there's all these kind of cool cues for the huge twist um, that, and it's like intercutting between them and the the uh, you know the rebellion escaping, and then we get this huge reveal like a light like Luke. Okay, Luke's got his blue lightsaber too, which is obviously a huge clue, but right. So he's got he's he's been fighting or kind of presenting himself to Kylo with. With Anakin's old and with you know, Luke's old lightsaber, he shuts it off and he kind of, you kind of know the fight's over for one reason that he's like it's, it's done. And Kylo charges him, he swipes his lightsaber through him, and, and Luke just turns and he's totally fine. And I was like, what? Because yeah. of that part, I thought that's when he was going to drop into a, you right. know the, do the Obi Wan and disappear. Right. And he just turns. And I was like, huh? And. <laughs> and then he walks up and just puts his, you know, lightsaber through his chest, like very slowly. And it's like, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's just, I, I, it's dawning on me. I'm like realizing I'm sitting back like, what? <laughs> Which is the exact sound the guy behind me made. <laughs> Which is like, as he's watching this, the lightsaber goes through him and Luke looks up and he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh dude, he's like ruining this moment. But then, uh, then we realized he was a force projection yeah. this whole time. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So it cuts back to Luke, still on the rock at the Jedi Temple Island. Was it Octu? The name of the yeah. island? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I, my mind was blown. I was like, yeah, Luke is the shit. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. I was like, I absolutely loved yeah. that. Like that whole, you know, just uh, – you know, making you think one thing and giving you something else and still making Luke amazing. Now, if Luke went out there in his current state, he would, you know. Yeah. Well, he would, it, he would have just died. He, like, what would it have been for? But him projecting himself out there, creating this visual legend to be passed on, this story to be passed on was so effective and so, you know, just mental, like a Jedi master way to handle that. And it showed oh, how man. powerful he truly was and how in tune with the force he really was, even though he kind of played it off through most of the movie that, like, you know, I'm I'm not 
I'm not this legend that people think I am. And then right then he shows that he is kind of the legend that people thought he was because of what he was able to do. He just didn't flaunt it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, and I think in the end he did pull an Obi-Wan because obviously it's just, right. like, it was done in a different way. Um, so, so then, you know, what we see after that is that it took such a strain and a toll on his body. Yeah. And I think that he was at peace. He had, he had accomplished his mission. He was ready to go, but also just doing that took such a strain on his body. He is kind of, kind of in a meditating pose and he vanishes, you know, yeah. in a similar way that Yoda and Obi-Wan have. So, which uh, they, which they foreshadowed that with earlier in the movie, which I didn't pick up on until the second time I saw it, which was Kylo Ren telling Ray you're not strong enough to do this, this would kill you. When they the effort, exactly. The effort would kill you. Yeah, the effort would yeah. kill you. So, um, anyway, so they're just, uh, as far as a kind of a glossed over, that, I mean, I obviously went into detail about it, but like that is, for me, that was one of the coolest moments of the movie. Oh, yeah. Very cool. For sure. And there's, oh man, there's so much to talk about. And this could be itself a four-hour podcast, just talking about this movie. Oh yeah, But for sure. in general, like, that's one thing, that for me, that's probably one of the biggest things. Cool. Uh, Eric, how about for you? Uh, for me, there's two. Um, well, maybe three. But the first one is uh, the, the whole the turning the cruiser around oh. and hyperspacing oh, that was into awesome. <laughs> the First Order fleet. And then also the lack of sound yes. for like five, yes. ten seconds. Yeah. Yes. Because... You know they've always they've always like if you read the comics and the books and they always talk about like which is something that's kind of confused me a bit about Force Awakens was the reason you couldn't hyperspace jump away from a planet like right there was because of the gravitational pulls and all that right and it wouldn't allow you to jump and that's why you couldn't just jump right into you know like in Force Awakens when they basically hyperspace through the <laughs> through the shield and you know have to you know, almost crash smack into the planet and right. start killing their base. But I've always wanted to know what would happen, or to actually see what would happen if a, hyper, a ship hyperspaced into another ship. Right. You kind of saw it in Rogue One because yeah. uh, as the Rebel fleet was jumping away when Vader's Star Destroyer pops, oh, yes. in, one of the Rebel transports hits it and, and breaks apart. But it, because it's such a small ship hitting such a big ship, that makes it sense. Much, yeah. Bang. It, it didn't have enough time to do anything, but that Republic or whatever Resistance cruiser was so big, and it just tore through that fleet. I was just like, "That's badass." Yeah. Um, so, so I, what I want to kind of build up for everybody listening is kind of what? How did you feel about Holdo? The first time you watched it compared to the second time you watched it. This is one of the issues I have with the movie is Holdo is fine, but she makes a major, major military blunder in that you, you're, the commander of your air wing is sitting right there, yeah. and you don't tell him the plan. But he wasn't the commander yeah. then. Doesn't he still? In he's still the the, the, uh, the highest ranking officer. Yeah. Well, the... either regardless, your starfighter commander, regardless of your rank, mm-hmm. if he is not aware, like all those pilots of the transports are under his command, and you don't tell him. But are yeah. they still under his command right then? Yeah, he would. He, he just his rank is demoted, not his position. Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, then who else, you know, I, I guess know. it's it's them not yeah. showing he it, but like, what other pilot is, so, is in the know, but he isn't? Like, yeah. at the point before the transports are let, let go or knocked out or whatever, like, who who is she telling right. that's not him? Right. Now, I will, and I don't see anybody else being in a position yeah. to get that info. Yeah. No, I yeah. and I agree. I had a problem with it, but, like, I've also seen it from, a, from other perspectives as well because I'm like... Um, number one, if she, you know, he's challenging her and if she doesn't shut him down right then, then, then you run into problems of, of being in command. Like she's being thrusted in this position. She's also very consistent through it. Like she, she is throughout the whole thing. Someone that's like, I'm not telling you what's going on because I'm the one in charge, which well, there's people like that. Well, also there. because she, sure there are people like that, but the reality you. is. If you're going to have that public blow up, then what you do is you take them into your, you take them somewhere else, mm-hmm. private quarters, sure. whatever, and then you have the discussion with them. You you dress him down for publicly basically causing you problems, but then you take him in the back and say, "Listen, this is what I want to do. This is if they're tracking us, I suspect we might have a mole. Therefore, you know, like to me, there are so." The whole issue between Poe and Holdo is solved very simply, in my opinion. Oh, sure. No, yeah, if she if she just tells him, then right. then it's the that whole subplot is a non-issue. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, like you know, his his impulsive decisions, like I, I see both sides of it. You know, yeah. obviously they were able to take out that dreadnought, but to be honest, what how how would this story have changed if they had taken out the dreadnought? Or if Poe would have just listened to Leia the first time she told them to, to abort the attack, and they all jumped. Like it's not like the dreadnought is any faster than those other star destroyers, and there still would have been a stern chase. Right. So what did what did Poe accomplish by destroying well, that, the dreadnought? This is the one of the the things, in my opinion, the the themes of this movie is failure and learning from that failure. Yeah. Right. Everybody in this movie fails. Everybody. Oh, constantly. Yeah. Poe po fails be- exactly because of the dreadnought situation. They won that fight, but in the long run, they lost more than they gained. Right. Right. You know, Holdo failed by not cluing in one of her highest-ranking officers. Sure. You know, I can go down the list, but yeah. I'll get we get to that different point. But there's so there's the hyperspace jump into the ships, the whole thing with Luke. Uh, and I may choke up because each time I've seen this, it hits me harder and harder every time when, when Luke fades into the force. Yeah. yeah. Um, that like, I just, the music, just that whole scene is just outstanding to me. Um, and then the kid at the end, yeah. Uh, doing, you know, like he walks outside and he, he pull, force pulls the broom to him. And you're like, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, and the first time I saw that, I was like, I was like, holy crap, did he just use the force? <laughs> yeah. And then, then you see him and you see a shadow and he's doing the classic action figure pose. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, of course, the whole Yoda scene. But, yeah, yeah those were, I think, the one that really was I said, the one that really I said one, Eric, or one moment. <laughs> it's really, it's really, yeah, wait a minute. It's really that hyperspace jump. That's okay. what it really comes yeah. down to. <laughs> 
Um, so my, if I had to, uh, and it might be a, a, a very simple scene, but if I had to pick my absolute favorite on reflection, there's a, like you were saying, there's a lot of scenes where I'm just like, oh my God, that was awesome. Oh my God, that was awesome. But the, the moment that I would pick as my absolute favorite is a character moment. Uh, it's a simple character moment. It's when Luke and R2 are on the Falcon. Oh man, that's that, so good. That is a scene cheap. that gave me. Hey, gave Secret me, Island, watch your language. Yeah, it gave me chills. <laughs> uh, it. It was a Luke. Uh, Mark Hamill acted the most like Luke in that scene. The Luke we knew, I should say. The, yeah. The old Luke. Um, yeah. And yeah, the R two acted like we didn't see much of R two in the whole movie, but R two acted very R two right then. He did the you know he does the projection of Leia, which you know that's the one that got me choked up with, about Leia. Oh man, um, yeah. The music too, and yeah. the way it's portrayed, the moment and, that yeah. that that's like I said, one of his major calls to action. Yeah. And when he says that was a you know that was a cheap, <laughs> cheap move, and so yeah. I just I that is my favorite moment in the whole movie. And the, there's there's awesome epic moments. There's awesome things that I'm just like wow. Like there's certain scenes that I'm just like wow. I want that on a poster somewhere. Um, yeah. But that character moment for me was my favorite moment in the entire movie because I was like, this is very Star Wars, right? this moment right here is extremely star Wars. So, yeah, I think, I think it, you know, like when Han and Chewie come onto the Falcon for the first time in force Awakens, Yeah. How you're just like, Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is their character and yeah. it's a wave of nostalgia. It's a wave, wave of like completion. It's why we're going to see these new trilogies. You know what I mean? Yep. To, to see these characters again in these environments. And for me, like, uh, like Luke and R two together having that conversation. Yeah, it was it was that it was like the Han and Chewie moment on the Falcon. Absolutely, me. absolutely. Um, all right, so uh, and we'll talk about some more awesome moments because I, I want I do want to focus mostly on the positive stuff and and I know some of the negative stuff's going to creep in, but but let's let's hit let's hit some of the negative stuff. So, what was your least favorite thing or the thing you did not like? in the movie the most just and just pick one okay yeah. <laughs> that's easy that's real easy so i'm All gonna right. start For this i'm gonna okay, start go this one um because i really i understand why they did it i understand the thought behind it i think the execution of it was done horribly uh and that is leia using the force that's mine yeah oh yeah okay. i i totally understand why they did it they wanted to show they wanted to surprise the audience and say, see, Leia has been trained in using the Force, somewhat. Right. Um, yeah. But the way it was executed was so horrible. Uh, it's why we're getting these Mary Poppins comments now and things like that. Like, I just think it could have been done so differently. Yeah, uh, Superman, Leia. I'm yeah. just... You're just opening yourself up for all of this. Like, come on. So, yeah. okay, just as a very quick... Um, this this is the moment when when Kylo and his Tie Fighter squad are attacking the front end of the cruiser because they just decided to uh, push their engines for yeah. the, the for this stern chase and put all of their force shields in the back of the ship to protect it for this chase, leaving the front end of their ship exposed. So mm-hmm. Kylo Ren and his Tie Fighter squad sweep around to the front and they do a strafing attack on the bridge and it's this huge moment where kylo is like 
this conflicted is he is he going to take the shot? And through all the trailers, we all expected that yeah. he fires and he wipes out Leia with this attack. Like we didn't from the trailers, we didn't know when this was going to happen in the movie, but that that's the way it was presented. And he chooses not to. Yeah, which I think is really cool. Like he flat out face to face killed his dad. Yeah, he's still conflicted. But, but even he's not even you know looking his mom in the eye and. Even then, like he couldn't even do it from the distance, you know, like he couldn't kill his mother. So, um, but then one of the other Tie Fighters takes the shot, blows the bridge open, and Akbar and all the other leadership fly out. Um, and I think she knows it's about to happen. You see it on Leia's face, and then she gets whipped out, thrown into space. Which I will say, she takes a breath. Yeah. She goes, that's true. Yeah, she takes a deep too. breath right before it happens. Which I will say also, one of the things that I heard uh, one of the YouTube reviewers talk about, uh, uh, Jeremy Johns, he mentioned this, and I thought, man, if they had done this, that would have been brilliant. Instead of having Holdo uh, die doing the hyperspace thing, they should have had they should have had Akbar survive, and he should have been the one that hyperspaced and sacrificed himself because. Uh. That would have been a way for him to go out, not going out. Oh my out, gosh! Being yeah, off screen yeah. And, and not even seen. Well, I would prefer it, that. Yeah, I would completely prefer that instead of it being this uh, character we just see for the first time. In this Which game. I would, I liked her, and I would have liked her to stay around. You know, I would. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, because because like Poe, he can be the military general, he can be the military leader like Akbar was, right? And Holdo could take on the diplomatic like yeah. going forward. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, so, you know, her, I think other ways to do this, one, let her die then, right. which I think would have been fine. Right. Um, I, and I, I'm kind of, and I, and then anyway, that, but you can't go back and change that. And it's just, it is what it is. But I also see why they did it to, again, show she can use the force. And she, and the way I was explaining to my son was you can train in the force in multiple ways. Some can train to be like, uh, use the force in their in their diplomatic yeah. uh, missions and and what they're trying to accomplish. He's like, well, how would you do that? And I'm like, you you would be force sensitive to people's feelings and their thoughts and what their ambitions and what they want to get and what they want. And, yeah. And and he was like, oh, so it, like it was cool because I got to see in my 11 year old son it opened his eyes to the expanse of like he hasn't read all these expanded universe books. Like he doesn't know that there's all these different, all he knows is that you're good with a lightsaber and you can move things, you know, you right. can move rocks and right. <laughs> like the, the way that, uh, that Ray describes using yes. the force to Luke the first time. <laughs> but, um, so I thought that was cool because it showed to him, yeah, the force is lots of different things. Right. There's ways to use it. But I, the, the visual effects, uh, the music was good. Her, right. the, her kind of twitch of the finger, but once she just started gliding, kind of yeah. Superman flying, yeah. That was that was a bit dumb. It's like, Mary Poppins move. Yeah. It, it it really was. I think they could have done it where the vacuum of of space space pulls her out, but not that far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or uh, you know she's able to like as she's uh, pushing um, or, or floating out, maybe a big piece of uh, um, debris. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, Oh, no, I can't think of it. You know, just like the outer casing of the ship or something like that, you know, that's floating by. She can push against or something, or it, it hits her to the point where it kind of nudges her closer, and, right. and she just barely force tugs her 
self just that bit closer where they could rescue her or they or see I even, her. Or I even thought like they where she could for like if there was like a cable or a wire there, she could have force pulled it towards herself and then yeah. and then pull and actually then physically like pulled herself like in or or they could have pulled even her if she even if she like just grabbed it. Like right. if it just gave her enough strength to grab it and right. they pull her in. Right. That's, that's so much more, and when we say that's more realistic, you know, considering the whole scenario, right, right. seems dumb. But to me, it's it is just it's less silly than having her fly through space or and still having, be alive. One of the things I thought was going to happen was when they started showing her using, you know, getting in tune with the Force. I thought she was going to be reaching out to Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren was going to come and rescue her somehow. Um, yeah, you know, that would have been a way to show that she knows how to use the Force. So. Um, That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that one. Or like you said, if uh, letting her die, she could have used the force to reach out to Luke, and that could have been the thing that turned Luke around to coming back. Is that Leia died, but she reached out to him right before she died. You know. I think at that point in the movie, he wasn't open to the force yet. But obviously, right. you could write yourself right. into the situation where he, you know, okay. Well, actually, that leads pretty well into mine. Okay. Okay. So. What I would have wished been a bit different is I, I get crotchety old Luke. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of the criticisms I've seen is that even Mark Hamill was like, this isn't my Luke. You know, yeah. he wouldn't go and spend years or however long it's been, decades. Or I mean, I assume Kylo is maybe like in his teens when he's getting trained by Luke and he's right. maybe in his late 20s now or something. So it's maybe been 10 years on this island. Right. But at any rate, he wouldn't go and spend years and years and years as a hermit and wallowing in his mistakes and just wanting to die. Like, right. like Jedi don't give up, right? So, you know, that's kind of Mark came out and had these um, statements and interviews and stuff like that. And I agree to a certain extent. I can also see why they have crotchety old Luke on this island and mm-hmm. that Ray's got to get there. Because story-wise, we've got to see this character grow. We have to see right. an arc in this, you know beloved character that's already had a, a huge character arc so how are we going to fit a whole character arc into one movie well you make him re- the reluctant you know mentor right so when she first sees him and I, you know, she's following him around the island i like all of that um i think when she they have lots of conversations and 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 eric had mentioned in text earlier today like i definitely could see spots where they could have cut out of this movie to save time. I think one of them is the amount of conversations that him and Ray have that are very similar mm-hmm. where she's trying to convince him by saying, I need a teacher. I need somebody to show me my place in the world, my place in the universe. Um, help me explain these feelings I'm having. Like these are all from different conversations. You know, yeah. this could have been one conversation. And then I think if she had made this plea to him, uh, like, you know, you didn't fail Kylo, Kylo failed you. I really like that speech. Yeah. And she's like, I, you know, the universe needs a legend. She's like, I just need a teacher. Yeah. I loved that conversation, yeah. that line. I don't, that's not word for word, but I basically love that line. Yeah. And then that sink home into Luke. Then I would have liked him to have the, uh, the scene with R2 that you already talked about. And that be the catalyst that makes him reopen himself to the force and then start teaching Ray genuinely. Yeah. Right. Not like I'm going to teach you the Force so that you can see why I'm right, you know, and the Jedi need to end. Yeah. But just for him to be like, no, you're right. You need a teacher. I don't need to be this legend everybody wants. 
I just need to show you so you can, yeah. you know, find balance, right? Like yeah. that's what oh, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see a training montage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> and, and I, we just barely got a hint of one, and it yeah. wasn't satisfying. Yeah, and I thought with with what you were describing, everything else, I thought for sure you're gonna like say if they could have just eliminated that green milk scene. That would have been fine. Oh come on! Yeah, we don't need to see space cow nipples. Like, that oh, that was not. That was funny. It was funny. That was so it was gross, but it was just the look on his face was like, mm-hmm, I'm trying to drive you. It was like he was yes. doing it to Yo, just that's true. to well, drive yeah. her away. And, and the I first think, time I saw the movie, I thought he was smiled back at her. And then the second time I saw it, no, he's like grimacing at it. Yeah. He's just like, mmm, that's good <laughs> tit milk. <laughs> right. Well, and the, that whole thing, to, to what you're talking about there, is totally mirroring uh, Yoda when we met him in Empire Strikes Back. <sighs> I know. It's a total mirror I, because he, he's, you know, Yoda acted crazy and everything else to see if Luke was really there for the right reasons. So, um, I know. I What I would have liked was, I mean... I like the first lesson. Okay, it's like yeah. so. Wake up in the morning. I mean, it was Leia's old recording that that turned him to decide to at least start to train Ray. So, it, the first lesson was just to recognize the Force, and I thought that was perfect. That was great. Um, I love the whole thing with the leaf and or the blade. And yeah, everything. that was good. Feel that. I thought that. Feel that. Feel that? <laughs> <laughs> the um, but I would have liked uh, him just like you know he he was watching her do her own training with the lightsaber and with yeah. the uh, the staff. And, and, you know, but she was the one who was training with the staff and then realized, oh, I should be training with this lightsaber. Right. You know, and not that I want to see him out there sparring with her or anything like that, but I just want to see him directing her more without her having to init- self-initiate absolutely everything. Like, I would want him to... I thought for sure she was going to raise the X-Wing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Something he couldn't do in Empire Strikes Back. I would have loved there to be a mirror scene where. Yeah, they could have. You know, she's she's could've so could've much stronger that, than yeah. he was at 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 that point in the second movie. You know, his yeah. his second part of the trilogy, she is way stronger than he was. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, for that for him to realize her strength and also for her to realize what she's capable of, you know, like, and that came later with the rocks. Yeah. You know how she helps free the resistance people. Yeah. But. Anyway, I just think so. That was something I real was really hoping for in the movie, and I never got was just a solid training montage where we could see Ray come out of this experience with Luke, a prepared, maybe not full Jedi, yeah, but just more prepared. Because I feel well, like, what did she learn? Like, well, and that would know. have mirrored that would have mirrored the Yoda stuff from Empire even more if there had been a li- at least a little bit of training from Luke to Ray. And like you said, then lifting the the X-Wing out, which I agree with you. I totally thought that either her or later on, I thought Luke, we were going to see Luke lifted out. Um, Yeah, I thought that was totally foreshadowing. Why would you show that? Right, right. There, but I mean, they show it there to be like his his X-Wing is buried. And that part of his life is buried. I think that's what the symbolism for that. All right, Eric, uh, any other scenes or anything else that you felt like you didn't like or they could have done differently or... Well, definitely the uh, you already hit on it. The one with okay. space Mary Poppins Leia. Right. Um, oh crap! What was the other one I was just thinking of? I'm getting tired, so my brain's starting to fry. <laughs> um, shit. Well, if, feel- you, if you can't think, if you can't think of it, what were some of the other spots you thought they could cut for time? 
I thought they easily could have cut down a lot of Canto Bite. Canto Bite, Like, yeah. I'm fine with Canto Bite for the most part, but I felt like the horse scene was too long. Yeah. Um, I felt... I, the one thing with Canto Bite, I know they were going for, like, a cantina-type scene, but I felt like it was too much like an earth... Ritzy. Too much like an earth casino for me. For me. Oh, well, yeah, like the like the um, like people were in tuxedos, throwing, like throwing craps, and like yeah. all the games were the same. All the games yeah. were the same. Yeah, I just was like, I feel like a Star Wars casino would be very different. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see a game of Sabacc being played. That would have been, you know, like it, instead the, of uh, instead of slot machines and people throwing craps. Yeah. Well, I, I I get the feeling that that was you know maybe Sabacc is not like an uber rich person's game. Right. Oh, you know, that's, maybe that's it's, maybe it's a different yeah. mentality. But no, uh, the scene with the mirror. I don't know what that was about. Oh um, yeah, where she where she great. falls into the planet butthole, yeah. and then <laughs> she's doing the like. It, it's, oh, okay. I completely agree. Like, like I, I I know it's supposed to be kind of a parallel to the tree on Dagobah with Luke. Right, but right. I don't know. Like, may like what, I don't know what get out of that. Yeah, what exactly? Like, I don't know what she was supposed to get out of it. Maybe if, um, like when she's doing the finger snap thing, if or what if one of them had done something different? Different, yeah. Maybe then it would have been like, whoa, you know, like. But I, I don't know what the purpose of the scene was. Yeah, and you know, maybe it, like at first, like, oh, it's going to finally show her parents, and then it doesn't, and yeah. I'm just like. Then what was the point of this? Well, and I wonder if that was a little bit of the point was because we find out, you know, again we, we're way into spoilers already, but you know we find out that she she came from nobody, and they never really show the parents. The parents are just shadows, so they the parents are nobody. So maybe that was foreshadowing that we're going to find out that her parents really were nobody. I don't know. I thought the scene was really cool, but to your point, I don't know what we really got out of that scene where it was very. Yeah, ob- I feel like for the amount of time. Part. The amount of time it took, we didn't get a lot of narr- like character narrative from it. Yeah. Um, and also, I would have expected more from the darkest the the darkest side of the Force on the Jedi Temple yeah. that would balance. Yeah. Luke and all the other uh, Jedi instruction that would happen at that temple. You know, just the the sheer. I would think that it would be a convergence of the Force. Yeah. Or why would you build a temple there? Kind of like ley lines and all the you know yeah. type I, ideas. But and but I like, hate. I hate bringing this up because of uh, Shannon's disdain for this, but I wonder if that will be a little clearer in the novel version of it. Oh, Possibly. yeah, quite very. I would, I would completely expect so because there was a part where you start to see all of the lines of Ray from like uh, an above shot as you're zooming past them all, yeah. and you get a weird bit of inner monologue from her. Yeah, well, she's like, exp- she's explaining to Luke what she felt when she touched it. Yeah, because she's giving them she's giving that monologue, but then it, when it's over and it pans out, she's sitting there talking. Or it's not Luke. She's talking to Kylo. Oh, to Kylo. That's right. That's right. Okay, never mind. And that's yeah, yeah. that's where they that's right after Luke is reconnected with the Force. But the thing is, I don't understand why that mirror thing is necessarily a dark side thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like that. To me, there was nothing dark side about any of that. Right about exploring who you are and finding out that and finding nothing apparently like like I don't see that as being a dark side thing I think I think even even you know Luke fighting himself on Dagobah as Vader 
yeah, there's a bit of a revelation of like his potential if he goes right. to the dark side, he could become like Vader. Right. But even that is kind of like it's a bit ham-fisted, you know. It seems weird, and so this is even less like. Right. Well, and I wonder. Get out of this? I wonder if part of it too is because again we've been seeing this movie is showing us the things that that are against what we expect, um, and we definitely find that the Force isn't in this movie, find out the force isn't exactly what we felt it's been all along. Like there's definitely gray areas and stuff like that. I wonder, we've always associated the dark side of the force with evil. Like dark side is evil. Maybe the dark side, maybe that's to show that the dark side isn't necessarily evil. It's just showing a darker nature. Well, what I was going to say is there's two things with maybe, you know, like maybe that's not really the, that's a literal dark side because it's down in the earth in the dark right versus where they are most of the time is up on that ledge in in the sun so yeah. the light yeah um but like my i've always been in the understanding or opinion or whatever i don't know what you really want to call it of the 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 jedi you know like he really luke really expounds upon that in this movie where the jedi were just one religion of force users and you've really seen in Clone Wars and even to an extent in the Rebels cartoons that there are – the Jedi aren't the only ones. There are right. other yeah. people that right. – other races, other groups that have different views on the Force. The Force is just the Force. It There's not – I mean, yes, there's a light side and a dark side. But I, it, it seems to be more along the lines of people associate Force lightning as a dark side thing. Right. Well – why does it have to be f- a dark side? Maybe it's not the power, but how you choose to use it. Use it, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and I love, and to that point, I love the line when Luke is talking about how the Jedi, you know, we had this ego thinking that with the Jedi are gone, then the Force is gone. And, you yeah, know, like that, he, that's so when, vain, yeah. Yeah, that we're so vain to think that. I thought that was so awesome and so insightful. Um, for the movie, so no, I'm curious. We haven't, we've only barely touched on it. Kind of, what are your thoughts? Because I know he's your favorite character. What are your thoughts on Yoda appearing? And did you expect that? And because um, I, because I got some thoughts on it. Yeah. But what, what do you guys think about so, it? So unfortunately, but right before I saw the movie, I had heard that Frank Oz was casted in the movie. Like it was on IMDb and stuff like that, but I never oh, looked yeah. at that. So I heard like maybe a couple days beforehand from somebody else that. Oh yeah, I heard Frank Oz was cast, and maybe we'll see Yoda. I'm like, crap, we're gonna see Yoda. So uh, which, <laughs> I was excited about that, but I didn't know when it was gonna happen. When he showed up, I was super excited. Uh, I was glad that it seems like for the most part we got puppet Yoda. I do still argue that some scenes were CG Yoda, um, but mm-hmm. it's mostly puppet Yoda. He sounded like old Empire Strikes Back crazy Yoda at times, which was awesome. Um, yeah. I think Yoda totally appeared because he knew that Ray took the texts from the tree. So I think that Luke was going to burn down the tree. Yoda knew the texts weren't in there and that Luke was going to see it. And that's why he appeared to stop him. And then Yoda burned down the tree before Luke could ever go in there. Um, I think that was his whole purpose of being there. And I love the dialogue between him and Luke. That was one, probably my second. Like, I really love character moments, and that was an awesome yeah. character moment for me, was those two being together talking again. Um, and, I mean, and you got some good laughs. I love the whole, like, uh, page turners, they are not. Uh, <laughs> you know, that stuff. So, uh, and, then she, and then he makes the line saying that 
Ray basically saying Ray has everything that she she needs, and mm-hmm. it meant two things. Number one, it meant that inside she has everything she needs, but he also knew she took the texts, so she technically did have everything that she needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everything. Yeah, she has all the wisdom from the books she already has. Right. That's what he said. Exactly. So yeah, she's got him. He knew it. I think um, I found it interesting. Like, had we ever seen a force ghost physically interact with uh, a person? Sort of. You see um, Obi Wan on in Return of the Jedi on Dagobah. He's he like he like sits down on sits the, down, he sits yeah. down yeah. and he kind of ducks out of the way of like tree branches, but he doesn't he doesn't actually like physically uh, interact with Luke. Like right. Touch Luke, yeah. yeah. Right. Because, I mean, like, Yoda's flat out whacking Luke in the face with this stick. Right. <laughs> and uh, it just makes me interested because I, I think it's very obvious Luke's going to come back as a Force ghost. Yeah. I hope they use him, you know, I just want a training montage. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and he, said, and he says, see you around, kid. So we know yeah. he's going to at least show up to see Kylo one more time. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think he'll make a few appearances. I, I think this was, hands down, always going to be Luke's movie. So it's like, I don't expect to see him too much. But we'll see him as a force ghost. But I found it interesting that hey, they've they've clearly established a force ghost can physically interact with you know the corporeal world yeah. and you know touch somebody you know so that'd be so that gives Luke a, uh, some some potential to do something you know to interact with the world. And I wonder you know, if it matters some, some on how how much in tune that Jedi was when they passed. Because Yoda, I mean, I think Yoda arguably is the most powerful Jedi that there was. So yeah. maybe in his Force Ghost version, he's also that powerful. Maybe not every Force Ghost can do that. But Yeah, that's that's an interesting. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. Um, I, I really did like, I like the demeanor, you know, how he comes across. I love that he calls him young Skywalker and Luke's like in his sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of that. Like that's, that's so fun. Um, yeah, no, I, I love that, that Yoda was there. I didn't know that that was a total surprise for me and, um, it was good timing. Uh, one thing I pointed out to you guys, like I I wanted to talk about a couple of the little visual things that I picked up on. Sure. Um, one, I didn't. Hadn't thought about how the the Jedi symbol so closely resembled the re, the rebellion symbol. Yeah. And we were kind of chatting about this on texting back and forth earlier today. But also, as I was looking at that tree, I'm like, that's reminding me of something. And they very specifically designed that tree, right? Like that's yeah. not it doesn't look like a normal tree. So I was like, that had to come from an artistic design for this movie. And then I started thinking, well, what does it look like? Why would it look like this? And I was like, well, that looks a lot like the rebellion symbol. And maybe they. And then, and then when Eric said, "Was like, well, it looks a lot like the Jedi symbol," I was like, "Oh yeah, well that would make sense too." So like, maybe it's yeah. it's derivative of this uh, tree. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing was when Luke is talking to Ray when he's asking like, "Where are you from?" and she's like, "Nowhere," and he's like, "No one's from nowhere," and she says, "Jakku." <laughs> He goes, that's pretty close. That's pretty much nowhere. That's pretty much nowhere. I love. I thought that was a good laugh. That yes. Was good. Um, when he's he's standing in front of the books, okay, uh-huh. uh, and all of the lines of this force tree are converging around him, which I think is very cool yeah. because they were converging on the books, but he's standing right in front of the right books, so he is the center of the force in this situation. And and to get to the knowledge of what the force is, she would have to go through him, like through she would him. have to find yep. out through him 
what the force means. So I thought the juxtaposition and the blocking of the scene was was really cool. Yeah. Then when we flip and we see her, the opening of in, to walk into the tree, she is split. Like the line of the opening to to her right is the opening, which is the light. You're looking out. Yeah. side of the tree and it's all light and then to her left is all dark, dark. so she's literally on the line yeah. she could go either way but she's facing the dark side yeah when she's talking to him so her back is to the light side she's facing the dark side and she's trying to describe these confusing feelings and all she talks about is how afraid she is yeah so that she's consumed by fear yep. and she's surrounded facing the dark side like about to go to the dark side and i was just like oh that was done on purpose yeah like that was for sure done on purpose i really like that and and i think by the end of the movie she's not in that place anymore exactly it's and, just that moment it's definitely yeah. that moment yeah and and i think there was also this the very i think it's very obvious symbolism of when she sees kylo ren at the end and she closes the falcon door it's like yeah close she's symbolically closing him off now yeah, um, and which okay, so this I this was a question I had the third time I watched it. Like, was like, but you you have more and more time to think about, it. like, what the right. so, Snoke was the one who was connecting these two from across the universe. Who knows exactly how far apart, but so that they could see each other. They couldn't see each other's surroundings, but they could see each other mm-hmm. and even physically touch. So again, through some kind of force projection, um, make it so they could physically touch. Which would have been crazy powerful. Yeah. Because again, he said, you know, the, the, to do this would would kill you. Mm-hmm. Um. But Snoke is long dead, and yeah. then we have that moment where they see each other in a similar way at the end. Mm-hmm. Is it because they had done it a few times in the movie and now they're aware of it, or was it Kylo Kylo reaching out? Because she wasn't actively searching for Kylo in that moment. He was looking for her. I think so. It's, was that I think was that showing, Kylo's strength and his I, power? Yeah, I think I think Snoke was a tool to show how powerful Kylo is, um, because he now granted Snoke's ego got in the way too, but I think Snoke uh, Kylo was able to to only show Snoke what he wanted Snoke to see uh, uh-huh. before he kills him. Showing and so Snoke I think was a tool to show how powerful Kylo Ren really is, and in turn, like we've talked about many times. Your hero is only as good as their bad, their villain is. In yeah. turn, I think it's showing how powerful Ray really is as well. Um, that that they're able to make that connection even without Snoke doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think I think it kind of shows both of them being pretty powerful. In yeah. The end, so, to me, there's also a little bit of Snoke bridge their minds, but now they're pretty much I don't want to say linked but connected yeah more yeah. so than previous so it's probably a lot easier just like uh, sure. how many t- you know a, a couple of times in the uh, in the original trilogy you saw Luke and Leia having a connection even though they yeah. were in different places yeah so I yeah think it, that's true and like I said I think that goes back to also her closing him out like again showing how powerful each of them is you know, Kylo was able to reach out to her, so it shows how powerful he is, but then she's able to shut him out, uh, showing how powerful she is. So, I, I, yeah, I think I think there is the whole, like, they have been already been connected, so it's a little bit easier for them to do it now, but it also shows the strengths that they both have as well. So, 
there's a lot of symbolism throughout this entire movie. Like there, and that's the yeah. thing when I when I talk to people who say they didn't like it, and then I point out some things that I really liked that tied into the symbolism. They're like, oh, I didn't see that, or I didn't notice that, and I'm like, yeah, I think you need to go see it again because you pick up more on the symbolism the second, third time, you know, fourth time, whatever. Um, you know, I love the fact that Ray came from nobody. Like, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of people that hated that, and I was like. Would I have liked it if she was a Kenobi? Sure. Would I have liked it if she was a Skywalker? Sure. But I feel like those were the easy things. Um, the the fact that she came from nobody, I think, is very Star Wars. I feel like that shows that anybody, like that's a, that's symbolic to the audience. Like anybody can come from nothing and make a difference in the galaxy. And I think that that's foreshadowed even more with the kid at the very end. Oh yeah. Like it's just it's just repeated. Um, I think if there was anybody I kind of wish it was, like, I'm, I'm glad it's, she's not a Kenobi or a Skywalker for similar reasons. But if there's anybody I kind of wish it was, it was, you know, like maybe the daughter of that uh, character in Battlefront 2 as a way to kind of tie the canon together. Sure. I mean, have you heard those theories, too? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I would have been fine with that. Like, I think that sometimes Star Wars gets a rap of, like, everybody's you know, purpose is this epic destiny. You know what I mean? Instead of it just being like, no, this, this crap just happened person by chance, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not all fate. It's not all destiny. Like it could be a random person that, that is born with this, uh, attunement yeah. to the force. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think for the most part, I'm totally fine with it. I think the only, the only reason I kind of wish it was maybe connected was just to kind of build up canon sure. and then to officially have more backstory to know why, Ray is so capable. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even, yes, she's Force-sensitive, but she's also brilliant. You know yeah. what I mean? She can fix so many things, and she can fly. And obviously, it's her relying on the Force to do some of this, but right. I think it would have been cool to see that she came from very capable parents. Yeah. Um, and even whether they had the Force or not, but just that they were capable, and we can immediately go then and see their backstory by playing the video game. Like yeah. that seems like a, a Disney marketing yeah. idea. <laughs> like yeah. why didn't you why did you not do this, you know? Cuz if you want to know Ray's backstory, go buy Battlefront 2 and play through the campaign mode. Right. Like that seems like <laughs> come on Disney, I would expect that from you guys. Right. Like how did this not happen? So Right. To me that's one of the themes of the movie is um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, who where you came from, anybody could be the hero. Yeah. I agree, um, and it's like I'm not gonna lie. Like I really wanted her to be a Skywalker, or mm. you know, Ray to be a Skywalker. If you know, if it's the truth that she's not, okay, that's fine. I'll live. It's yeah. not the end of the world. But <laughs> but ultimately, if she really it did come from from you know junk traders who were probably buried in a desert somewhere now. It really does say it doesn't matter. Like you said, like Finn, you know, where did he come from? Who's it? No, nowhere. Right. Yeah, Freaking exactly. Trooper. You know, these people can be the heroes, and they don't have to be specific lines or lineage or, right. you know, even Kylo even says it. Like you're nobody in this story. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's to me the two things in this movie. That's it's anybody can be the hero, 
and failure. You have to learn from your failures. Yes. That's how you, that's how you move on in life. I that's love how, some. That's of, how you ultimately come up on top. And I absolutely love some of those. I mean, yes, yeah, some of them are right in your face, but I absolutely love some of those life lesson lines that were in there, like your failure is your greatest teacher and things like that. Yeah. Because I'm like that is very Star Wars also to me, and uh, and that yeah that you know you're nobody in this story, and then proving that that doesn't mean anything that you still can make a difference like. All those things to me are very Star Wars, and yeah. uh, and have always been in Star Wars, and those are the things that matter, and that's why this one for me, like I said, is one I can watch multiple times. I think some of those lines too are statements to the audience. Like, oh, I think a lot of them are. Yeah, like Luke saying, "This is not going to go the way you 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 think." Like that's a line right to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that in the trailer, I'm like, "That is a line at us." Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think also when he says, uh, when Yoda says, like, what is it, man? Uh, um, your student the is student supposed to eventually be... grow beyond the masters. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. And, it... and I think that that's, that's really cool. I think yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, what did you guys, how did you guys uh, feel or what did you think as far as them putting the call out uh, for people, for someone to come and help them, and nobody shows up. Nobody shows. Well, I was see. I was surprised by that. I am. I am, and I'm not, because it happens so quickly. How the hell? Okay, if a call goes out, oh my god, we need your help, and we need it now. You're not instantaneously going to be on a cruiser somewhere and jump to help. Right. You know, like maybe somebody maybe should have sent a reply, but I, I think it was. You know, like, I feel like if they had brought in somebody like Wedge or Lando, I feel like that's the time yeah. to bring mm-hmm. them in would have been in this situation. But I just feel I think, like they, I think if, it was if, too quick. It was much too quick. You would not have, you know, they sent it out, and it seems like it's a matter of minutes before the fight is over. There's no way anybody yeah. can respond in that amount of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we I, know they I were still formulating a response. You know, like, oh, my God, we got this message. What do we do? You know, you're not going to get an instant. We're on our way, like, immediately. Yeah. Like, the whole, the whole, uh, them taking the land speeders out as a kind of like a, to ward them off and using the the ground artillery was a way to stall them breaching the door. Yeah. And to get this call out for help, right? Yeah. And she says, use my personal code, all this kind of stuff. I think that. I think you're exactly right. I think that even then, it wasn't enough time for somebody just to show up on their doorstep and be like, I've got a whole fleet of help here, you know? Yeah. But if anything, I would have loved a call from Lando, just the voice right. saying, Leia, I've got your call, but I'm two days away. Yeah. Right? One, I've got or, to get a ship. Or, or I, the and, response. And, it just showed the text. Yeah. You know? Yeah, something. I mean, just something like, how much time do you have? Uh, you know, I can be on my way in two days or whatever or, it is. Or could you, or and, could you and, imagine and a her, call back from Lando when they already left? Like they pan back to the empty room and they're yeah. after Kylo left and everything and, and you hear Lando's voice or something like that. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I think that would have been cool. I think, I think anything. Yeah, some kind of response. And then her like seeing the resignation like nobody can get here in time. But that she has friends. Like, come on. Like, at least well, and she's, here, she's spent decades, decades being a diplomat, and there's but, nobody out there that would even respond. But here's here's a couple things with that. My my thoughts with it are, one, I, I actually love the fact that no one responded because 
I, because I think myself and the rest of the audience was expecting the uh, Millennium Falcon moment, like from A New Hope, where someone swoops in at the end and saves the day, and like, woohoo, the heroes are here, and you know, and they didn't do that, so I actually loved it because that was another one of those I expected something different, and I didn't get what I expected. But here's the other thing I thought about: go back to the Force Awakens. And that entire star system was destroyed that had all of the New Republic leaders there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So now, in my opinion, now the entire galaxy doesn't have its leaders that were part of the New Republic. They're scared shitless of the First Order. So who's going to respond to help a bunch of rebels that are going up against the First Order when an entire star system was destroyed? So I thought that's a good point. I hadn't I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. So it's truly the rebellion again. It's truly that small band of rebels that are going to have to overtake the empire again. So now, Connor, my son, as we as we came out, he was saying, "Now, where do you think the next movie will pick up?" And I was like, "I think it'll be a, a few years." Yeah, they have to. I say five to ten. Yeah, they're going to have because to time jump it. They're going to have to build up a fleet. They're going to have to rebuild up. They can say, I think in the in the scroll, the opening scroll, it'll literally be. Um, it's been five years since, or something. It's been like five that. years. Leia Leia has since passed. Um, you know, Poe Dameron into has or something. Or... Yeah, exactly. Poe Poe is you know taken over as the rebellion rebellion leader, and and has built up a fleet. You know, whatever. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I was like, they definitely have to sh- give it time so that they could have a bit more of a resistance, you know, more of a, um, you know, build up a base, build up a network. Um, Ray has, has continued her training and, um, I don't think she would have taken on any kind of apprentice yet. She's still got to figure out what she's yeah. doing. I think it, I think, I think for me poetically, um, and, and thinking of the family and everything else too, I think poetically, putting something in the scroll that just says that Leia was sent into hiding for her safety or something like that um, would be good because then she's always out there. She didn't die. You know, Um, I I think that would be a nice touch. Like we don't have to show her in this movie, but she is still out there in the galaxy. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I just, cause saying that she died, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I, I feel like it's too, yeah, I mean, it would be really stark and yeah. sudden, especially if it's in the opening yeah. crawl. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I don't know how she, yeah, I don't know how she could really do it other than that. Because you're not going to, yeah, wow, you can't show her, and I don't right. want them doing any weird CGI. And they well, said they're they not said going they to. don't want to do that. Yeah, they said they don't want to. Yeah. So. And honestly, I think that the death of Carrie Fisher is why Colin Trevorrow got the axe. Yeah. Um, because I think they had prepared to go in a direction... And when she died, they were like, holy crap, what do we do? And Colin may have been not the guy at that point, because maybe yeah. the ideas he was coming up with weren't any, you know, not necessarily any good, but not where they thought it should go. And yeah. like the rumors are JJ's already submitted an initial script. Yeah. So I'm like, boy, that was fast. Yeah. Which made, which leads me to believe he had he had a copy of the Last Jedi script before the movie came right. out, and probably has had several talks with Brian Johnson. Oh, and like I also, I also can't imagine that the story group's not been involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so another 
in my opinion, another amazing scene that I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on is the whole battle with Kylo, uh, Ren, Rey, and the Praetorian Guards. Oh, man. I thought that was amazing. It was was all so good. Like, I... um, I mean, just how Kylo even takes out Snoke, because the whole yeah. time I'm like, how are they going to get the better of this guy? He's yeah. obviously way power, powerful than both of them. Yeah. And there were so many references to the Return of the Jedi with him sitting on the throne and, and Kylo down there. And, you know, obviously her bringing Ray or him bringing Ray in handcuffs and all this kind of stuff. And then he even like swings Ray over there to look at yeah the fleet getting destroyed. Like it was and then her reaching out for the. Lightsaber. It was so many nods to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But I'm just like, how are they gonna? But also didn't take go. This guy out? Also didn't go in the exact way as Return of the Jedi, which I liked too. Yeah. You know, she tried to get the lightsaber, and he had it fly around and hit her in the <laughs> whack her in the head. Yeah. And then, but you know, she did. She did get a uh, Kylo's lightsaber and was going to jump yeah. and attack him. But that's when I ultimately uh, he gets taken out. So I thought that was cool how Snow gets taken out. Um, yeah. Then. They really show why those guards are there and yeah. that they're capable. And Connor was like, "Holy crap, these guys are good." Which I'm like, what's the point? Which I love because in obviously in Return of the Jedi we see the Imperial guards, but we don't see them do anything. And the only time we've ever seen them do something has been in the expanded universe with like Crimson right. Empire comics and stuff like that. So to see them see those types of guards actually be like the elite of the elite fighters was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I loved when she chucks that lightsaber, and he just like turns it on and off. Yes. The it's like a it's like a bullet. I was yeah. Like it's so I've, I've never. I mean, who who has seen a lightsaber used that way? Like yeah. that's the coolest. That's so fun. Which also, almost happened to a porg. I was just gonna say that. I was gonna say that was a nice little callback to uh, Luke looking into the lightsaber. Was when the porgs looking into the lightsaber. And, yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's all stomping on it. No yeah. one's got his eye right there. I thought for no. sure that was gonna come on and <laughs> kill one of the porgs. Uh, I you know I like the porgs in it. I mean obviously I the one one of the cool things was the third time I watched it. There was a, there there was this little six year old kid, six to eight year old kid, no probably younger, so like he's probably around six, watching this movie, and they're like excited, but every time there was a poor moment, he was just like belly laughing, like <laughs> he just was just so happy, you know what I mean? All the times, the first couple times where I saw it, like the Millennium Falcons flying around doing this awesome sequence, and we see it like slap the the windscreen, yeah, and, you know, and like. It's stuck to the wall. I was like, that's a bit silly. But then the third time I watched it, this kid's behind me just loving life. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? The one cool thing about Star Wars is that it can appeal to any age, oh, like yeah. any age group. I don't think you have to dumb it down for kids. I think just make it funny and have those moments that kids remember at any age. And yeah. then, and that's so I was way more forgiving of it. Like, I, I never had a huge problem with it, but. After sitting there with that kid, like, yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. So. No, I lo- I actually loved the Porgs. I thought they were not annoying, which is the thing I was afraid of. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I actually loved all the creatures we saw. The ones that we saw, like, only minorly. Like, I liked the Canto Bite. I can't remember what the, the Fen, what is it called? Uh, the, the horses? The horses things. <clears throat> yeah, I have no uh, idea. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, the And then I did look up the creature, the crystal creature names, or the Voltex. Uh, yeah. The, the little fox creatures i love yeah. those because they actually did serve a purpose they weren't just background creatures 
But then there was background creatures too that I liked, like even just the brief moment of seeing that sea serpent in the water. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was cool. You know, things like that. I'm like, that was awesome. Like, because um, one of the things I've always loved with Star Wars is the creatures. Now the one, mm-hmm. the one group of creatures I probably think they could have done a better job with was the uh, lizard nun creatures that that were the caretakers of the. I was like, those are a little weird looking. Well, they were, I mean, they were the Jawa, Ewok, you know, like, yeah. little and they were all people. different looking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they were, like, totally out of place. They, and they they offered a little bit of comedic relief here or there. Like, yeah. when the rock comes smashing down. Like, that always got a good laugh. <laughs> that was a good laugh. <laughs> And they look up at her, and then, and she, I would have liked if she would have played it better, where she just, like, backed away very <laughs> and she just kind of like disappears behind the rock when they're looking up at her. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I um, one thing is I rarely go see a movie in a theater three times. Like, oh yeah, that just rarely happens. Now I'm not one to be able to pick up on editing mistakes typically, but there yeah. was two ma- two I don't know if you call them major, but two ones that I definitely saw. One of them was when you see Finn trying to get into the escape pod. He's fiddling around with his bag. And his bag isn't in the pod. It's outside. Oh, yeah. It's outside I did the notice pod. that, yeah. And then when he stands up and starts talking to Rose, there was no time for him to set it in the chair of the right. pod. But then when she leans over and sees the bag, and she's like, with a bag already in the pod. Yeah. And pro- mostly because she's pointing it out. But I'm like, there was at no point he put that in the pod. No, so, no, there wasn't. So that was a little bit of either the conversation was edited down or, you know, like he might have zipped up something in the bag and then set it in and they just like cut it cut a few seconds for time or something but so that was one weird thing the other one was the number of transports that are um trying to escape to crate um when they first shoot off there's about 30 transports uh because they say that there's 30 right. transports whatever and then they start the dust the star destroyers start bombarding them right and so they're yeah. getting taken out here or there at one point, I saw seven of them, and then we cut back to Admiral Vice Admiral Holdo or whatever on the on the bridge of the cruiser. And we look out her window, and there's like thirteen or fourteen of them. Then it cuts back, and then there's like eight, eight or nine of them, and right. then it and then like the, then like two or three more get blown up, and then there's six of them, and it was just like. They couldn't keep that straight. Yeah. Like I'm sure it was, you know, between editing and cutting back and forth and yeah. stuff. Those are easily the things that get mixed up. But yeah. that was like the first time in a movie. Like I see these things you missed or whatever, like YouTube videos and right. and top ten mistakes in a movie. I never catch on those ever yeah. when I yeah. in the middle of a movie. But this time, I think because I had watched it three times, I right. caught at least a couple of them. What did you guys? Not think- that it. It doesn't make a big difference either way, but yeah, no, and, and I, I didn't catch the ship thing, but I did definitely catch the bag thing. Um, that yeah. you mentioned. Um, what'd you guys think of the new character of DJ? He's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he grew on me. The more I watched, I liked his character better, and I liked his little uh, speech impediment mannerism less. Yeah. <laughs> like that started to get annoying. Yeah. The more times I saw it. I liked his character more and more yeah. as I watched it. Yeah. So um, I kind of I can see why he does it. Like as an actor, you, you want to do something to make your character stand out, not be so cookie cutter. Yeah. But I thought it was unnecessary. Um, I like his outlook on the universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Um, and I thought your insight as far as his name, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, so for those that didn't watch the uh, YouTube video, um, uh, Benicio del Toro was on Good Morning America, and they asked him what his what his name DJ meant, like what does that stand for? And he said uh, he couldn't tell them, but he says if you watch the movie closely, uh, his name is revealed. And uh, but it's very subtle. So I had seen that before I saw the movie again, and he there's one line in it that is the only line where the le- the initials of D and J are even used. And he said he's talking to Finn, and he says to him about he's talk given that philosophical thought about the galaxy and everything else. And he's pointing out the fact that. You know, the people on Canto Bite, like some of them were arms dealers, and they sell to both the good guys and the bad guys, as Finn liked to refer to them. And he says, um, if you want to basically, if you want to make the smart move in your life, uh, be free, don't join. Don't join being DJ. And it's the only thing I could pick up in the whole movie that that represents the letters DJ, which makes perfect sense for his character, because I feel like his character would be. Uh, have to go by an alias because if he's a character that plays both sides to whatever is his advantage, then he can't have the universe know what his real name is. So he goes mm-hmm. by the initials DJ, which is don't join, don't join a side. So yeah. I really thought I was like, okay, if that's what it really means, and if that's really what it is, I think that's very clever. I also liked with his character the fact again doing something that isn't expected. I expected him to be the one that was in the ATST shooting at the guards, like right. being, being the good guy, like he turned traitor, but he, you know, he's really the good guy. So he's actually helping them escape. And here it ended up being BB eight. So I like the fact that he still ended up being that character that is only out for himself. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if he'd be the Han Solo character. Like, right. Um, he was kind of out for the money out for himself. And then, you know, it takes his reward, whatever. Yeah. And then, but then he's the one who comes swooping in to, to still help save the day, and he's the scoundrel friend, right? Right. No, he's just a scoundrel. Yeah. Like, like and you're going to have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like that. And I also like that Finn is like, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, he's like, there's no good, there's no bad. Like, they'll destroy you today, you'll destroy them tomorrow. And then Finn's like, you're wrong or whatever. And he's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then he just leaves. And I like, I liked that line. Yeah. I thought that was. That was a good character moment, you know. And I hope um, I learn more about him at some point in some fashion. Like, I don't know if he'll appear in the next movie or not. I, I would like it if he did. But there is yeah. a book uh, out that, that's called Canto Bite, and I, I'm hoping that I actually see, read more about the DJ character in that book because obviously he did something to end up in jail. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping... I would, expe- I would expect that that's explored in the novels. For yeah, sure. exactly. So, Or comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what about the Rose character? Any thoughts with her? I kind of, maybe she wouldn't have been as good of an actor. I kind of wish the sisters were switched. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't know necessarily why, but I just, uh, I, she was, I think she was fine. I felt like if there's going to be a romance between her and Finn, it seems awfully forced. Okay. I don't think, see, I, everyone's like, oh, she, that, that seems really fast, really fast. I don't think she's specifically talking about Finn. I think it's more along the lines of, you know, when she says, you know, that's not how we're going to win this war. Yeah. Yeah. She's generally speaking more about, you know, 
your friends and loved ones, not necessarily meaning like love, love. Right. But I don't think it's just a straight up, like, oh, I've fallen in love with you kind of yeah. thing. I would. I mean, I, maybe I would. she has an interest in him, yeah. and there's yeah. probably also like a little bit of celebrity worship there. Yes, which we saw but early on. I, I don't think it's like, oh my god, I've fallen for you, I love you already. I don't right. think it's that. I think okay. people are reading. I would agree with that, that, but I think people are reading into it because she flat out kisses him on the lips, right? And then like uh, dies or almost dies or whatever. Not you know, she goes unconscious. I think that. She could have said all those things and then passed out. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would feel with. and I would feel way more comfortable yeah. with it. And not, not that I'm uncomfortable, but I just I there wouldn't be all of this looking into that as a romance. Yeah, and shipping these two characters together if um, if she hadn't just up and kissed him, which did seem sudden and a weird thing to do. Yeah, and 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 I've heard about that, and I guess for me it didn't feel as sudden because I felt like she was very infatuated with him at the very beginning when she first met him. And then they go on this this trial and tribulation trip together, and that a lot of times brings people closer than they would expect. I'm not saying she's going to fall in love with them, but you know sometimes when you're in the heat of all that stuff, and you're already looking at this guy as being like, "Wow, this is the hero," you know, hero, and man, you're great, and and then you go through these trials with them together to then kiss him doesn't seem that out of place for me. Um, yeah. But now, I mean, what do you think about? I thought Finn was going to die. Yeah. I thought he was oh, going to yeah. just, I was like, this is cool. I like, this is a good way to go. If he's able to, to yeah. stall the rebel or stall the, <laughs> the first order. That would have been highly for, unexpected. <laughs> that would have been for him. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I, I mean, I the, thought like, huh? Okay. But I yeah. wasn't sure they were going to. And But it seemed like weird for her to like literally crash her ship into his ship and almost kill both of them. Yeah. To keep him from killing himself in a productive way. Yeah. Now, I think she realized what I'm curious is if he had flown into it, it would have just disintegrated his speeder and him and not made a difference. And I think right. she probably recognized that as a mechanic. Yeah. Uh, or just being able to notice, like, oh, yeah, this is too far gone. It's already built up too much power. Your little speeder's not going to damage right. it. Whereas he was so focused, like, I just need to fly into this thing. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's why because it was like a last ditch effort. Don't throw your life away for nothing. Yeah. Because she recognized it was too far gone. But when I first saw him, I'm like, "What are you doing? Like you almost killed him." Yeah. What I thought like was that, one of the, the uh, great ironies of that scene is those ski speeders do nothing. Yeah. They didn't buy time. They didn't yeah. do anything. They never even got a shot off. Right. Yeah, they didn't so, destroy anything. They just weaved around and got killed. Yeah, yeah basically. And then, if anything, uh, the the Falcon was the one thing that actually made any type of impact on that whole battle, which I love the line from Finn when he's like, they hate that ship. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good, and that whole flight sequence was phenomenal. Like, we have never seen the Falcon so wonderfully than yeah. in the last two movies. Like, in Force Awakens in this movie, yeah. it's just like, spotlights the Falcon so well. Yeah. So, so good. Oh, so I had watched, you know, I had watched this, like I said, real cold the first time, mm-hmm. and then before I went to see it the third time, I went ahead and watched Force Awakens again. Mm-hmm. And it makes Force Awakens such a better movie. Yeah. Like, if you liked Force Awakens, then watch Last Jedi, go back and watch Force Awakens again. And, oh man, all of the musical score, the themes for Rey come back, and because they're they're so prominent throughout The Last Jedi, 
and and it's just like oh yeah that's where they were pulling from like all of these different scores and also seeing like the character growth holy crap from ray from the and finn from the beginning of force to the end of last jedi is awesome like finn is all i I need to get the heck out of here you know he's doing everything he can to get to to get out from under the first order and it he doesn't at first he doesn't care how he gets to you know how he gets there and then by the end of well and even him trying to escape in the escape pod is mostly because he has a connection with ray it's not because he's he's like a leader of the rebellion but by the end of this movie he is yeah like he's he's totally in it well and that's the thing is like in the in in the force awakens like you're saying it's, it's like a character progression he just wants to get away from the first order and then he, he kind of gets involved in all these things because of Rey. And then in The Last Jedi, he he's learned to care for somebody. And that's all he cares about is getting back to her and, and making sure she's safe. But then by the end of The Last Jedi, he realized that he cares more than just for her. He, he cares for the, all of these people. Yeah. He, like, steps up, and he really becomes a leader in, yeah. the, in the rebellion. And, and there's a moment where Rose looks up at him kind of smiles. Yeah. Kind of thing. when he's saying you know, you can tell that he's genuinely coming good yeah. you know as a, as a rebellion leader the other thing is he self proclaims it by calling himself rebel scum yes. when when phasma so so what do you guys think about phasma <sighs> very disappointing she's the, she's the boba fett of this she of is this, of this she is boba fett did like i'm sorry boba fett fans he didn't do shit guess no. what phasma didn't do shit <laughs> right and they I, kept, think, I and expected they, nothing out of Phasma in either movie. In reality, I expected so. more in this one because it seemed like they. I kept hearing like they give her a bigger role in this one. And I'm like, you really didn't. <laughs> um, well, we got well, to see her fight. Something. Yeah, in the first, she actually in the did first movie she had a yeah. couple lines, yeah. and that was it. In this movie, she has a couple lines and a pretty cool fight. Yeah, and then that was it. You know. Um, so, and my guess is that she's still alive. No. I don't think she's. I think she's gone. I think, I think they. they I, think I think they think, made it a point to show Rose hitting her armor and nothing happening to show that she can survive in that armor. Now I do think we're going to see her come back, but we're going to see her face scarred because there was that opening uh, from Finn. I think, like what they did with Akbar and a lot of the other secondary characters, they're gone because the next movie is probably just mostly going to focus on Ray and uh, and Kylo and the First Order and the Resistance slash Rebellion and let's wipe away a lot of the extra stuff in there so that we don't even need to worry about f- focusing on it at all. I, no, I, I think I think it's it's. To- I, I agree. I don't think she'll show up in any movies. I think that she will be she'll go the exact same route as Boba Fett. She'll be in comics and novels and she'll survive and there'll be all these side stories and she'll, you know, she'll play a part in the bigger story, you know, in an auxiliary way. Uh, But in just in the novels. I I still, I still think that they showed her not taking any effect from that blaster for a reason. Um, I think, I think she survived. I think think there's a difference between a pistol and falling into a raging inferno. I understand. Blowing up shit. I understand. I just, I'm willing to bet that she will still appear in the next movie. Yeah. And I think it'll be I'll, a surprise reveal, like, kind of like what this one was. Like, I mean, we kind of knew she survived or she was going to appear in this one, but I, um, but it was still kind of a reveal that she showed up. 
um, I I think it's going to happen again. I think she'll appear in the yeah. in the ninth movie. One one other thing I wanted to bring up. I think it, overall I was really happy with the effects, but I mm-hmm. think two times where they were riding on the horse creatures to escape, that looked a bit fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and then um, and everybody says it looked like a, a prequel movie. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. not not that bad. Come on, people. Yeah. But but at the same time. It looked totally like everything was green screen except them. Yeah. And then also when they were riding on top of the ATST, uh, yeah. to get back to or to get to that escape shuttle. Yeah. Um, that looked a bit crazy too. Though everything else in the background looked phenomenal. Yeah. That yeah. the interior of that ship and the bay door or like that bay area where all these at at walkers are getting shifted around and yeah, that looked oh my looked gosh amazing, just, yeah. Fantastic! I can't wait to see the art of the last. I know it's out, and I want yep. to get that book. But um, I think that'll be cool. Just all the character design and yeah. the aesthetic of the movie. I just love which you know, all love those books. Movies. All those books have come out, and the one I, I was actually surprised the novel for the movie doesn't come out till like March or something. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, um, the other thing that I really liked with this movie and we'll, we'll kind of try to wrap some things up here cause we've been going for a while. But, um, the other, one of the other things I really liked with this movie. And again, it was one of those unexpected things is some, how much they showed this war taking a toll on people because you had characters like Paige, uh, Tico, uh, which was Rose's sister. I, uh-huh. she seemed like somebody that was going to be a character and, yeah. and she dies. And then same thing with Tally. You had Tally, who was the A-Wing pilot that Poe was yeah. interacting with. I was like, oh, this is going to be another character we're going to get to know. And she dies. Like, So I felt like there was real consequences to this war that they're in the middle of, or this ba- these right. battles, because characters that I thought I was going to grow and learn and care about actually didn't survive. We didn't yeah. see any of the, uh, uh, the pilots from the first one other than Poe. Yeah. Like, none of them are there. Yeah. Like, Greg Grunberg's character is not in the movie at all, and it's just like, huh. Well, I, mean, I guess you make the assumption that he's probably dead, one of the pilots that died. Right. But you never know. Yeah. You don't know where any of those any of those folks are. Yeah. And even with Holdo, she, you know, she, she sacrifices herself. Like, that was a character I thought we were going to see in future movies, and then all of a sudden she sacrifices herself. Now, granted, she sacrifices herself in the most amazing, awesome way possible. <laughs> but... Yeah. But like I said, it, it really hit home that this is not this is not it's almost like it's not your your father's Star Wars. It's not the good guys and bad guys and the good guys are going to you know most of them are going to survive and it's going to be all fine. Like the the characters that seemed like they were going to be characters we could care about died, you know? So it really kind of added a, a weight to, to some of the stuff so that when we saw things later, like you were talking about with Finn, where you thought maybe he was actually going to die. I think the right. reason why you thought he might actually die is because some of these other characters died. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I think, um, I think that in a good way, because these kind of big budget, like legacy movies, you know, big trilogy type movies. Um, if you see somebody that's like, likable and has charisma on screen you know what i mean there's like a good actor has a good face is a good actor you're like oh they're gonna survive yeah you know i mean if they've got more than two lines you're like okay they'll they'll make it (laughs) yeah yeah and uh or they're the red shirts you know they're the 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 cannon fodder 
you know, if, if, if they're just walking by kind of a scenario. But so I think that it definitely adds some gravitas and some like, uh, you know, there's con- like you said, consequences. And I agree. I think I liked that. I wish we could get to know those characters better, but that's, that was the point. Right. You know? Um, one last thing I wanted to mention as far as a scene we didn't really talk a lot about, um, is really the opening scene where we really get to see Poe be the best pilot in the fleet. And like, we're finally able to really, really see it. Uh, well, we, we, we saw it in Force Awakens where he flies around and, and takes yeah. out like 12 TIE fighters. And then, and Finn like absolutely says, oh my gosh, that pilot's awesome, yeah. right? And then, but we, we open with it here and, yeah. and, this was taken oh, to a new level, though. He was all That's one himself. of my favorite scenes yeah. also because I love the vehicles so much. Yeah. I've always loved the vehicles. And when he blasts that last cannon, hits the brakes, swivels around, comes back yes. around the two and blows them up, I was like, oh, my gosh. That was like, that's awesome. Such a, good, such a good moment. And, of course, I, and I know there's some people that didn't like it because of, they hated the you know some of the humor and everything else. But I'm sorry, it was so perfect for Poe to be like, yeah, um, waiting for Hux. Uh, uh, tall, skinny, I like it. tall, skinny, pale guy. Yeah, pasty, yeah, every pasty, time I've seen it, guy. it's made me laugh. Yeah. And it just like, it makes Hux look like so such a doofus yeah. even yeah. more. Yeah. Oh. I got a message oh, for his, so about good. his mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like did you guys it, always you know? catch that how Poe introduces himself? Yeah, to Ray. Right no, 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 no. When he opens up the comm channel of the First Order, oh, he yeah. says, Commander Dameron of the Republic Fleet. Yes. He oh, doesn't say Resistance, right. yeah. he actually says Republic. Right. Oh, and then that's what, that's what Hux has an issue with, because he's like, there is yeah. no Republic Fleet. The Republic has destroyed, and he goes off, you caught me <laughs> monologuing. Yeah, yeah. And I love when uh, Snoke appears to Hux and, like, yeah. throws him down. Slam. and <laughs> So... Yeah. All right. Any any last thoughts you guys wanted to say? Any other scenes you wanted to mention? Um, I, w- I would say by the end of this movie, I felt definitely an affinity for this new guard. The whole Poe, yeah. Finn, Ray, Kylo. I w- sincerely want to see what happens to them next. Yeah. Like I felt like this was a good transition movie. Like finally, we got enough character story and br- enough events happened to really bring them together that I'm on board. Like. It's not that I didn't like them in the first movie, but you you could just tell like there was we needed more to yeah. really care about these characters. So you've had um, forty years of the original trilogy characters, and now you're I like, know, oh, you, you want me to care about these characters that I literally know nothing about for five minutes? Exactly, exactly. And I feel like by the end of this movie, like they've gone through enough together and like separately, one on their own. Like uh, Finn had his, and Ray's had hers, and Poe had his. Like and then they all come together at the end, and I and I'm ready for them to be together as like a, a rebellious you know, force or whatever. Um, I also liked that BB-8 is kind of a through line, yeah, um, because he he's Poe's original droid, but he hangs out with Ray and Finn almost the entire first movie. Mm-hmm. Then um, in this movie, he he's with Poe a lot, and then is and with, with Finn, Finn and, Rose. and Rose, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like he kind of brings them all together in a way, you know. And then when when you see Ray and BB-8 meet again at the end on the Falcon, right? Yeah. Or do they meet? Yeah, when they meet on the Falcon, she's like adjusting his antenna again. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, they spent almost that whole first movie together. Well, and remember that she adjusted his antenna when they first met. Too. They very first met, yeah. So it's like that was. Is, a is that what the kids are calling it these days? Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Eric, any any last moments you wanted to mention, or any general thoughts you wanted to s- still bring, like discuss, or I, I I just Daisy Ridley, man, I I love her as Ray. Um, I think they found something with her, like I her agree. and I mean, especially with Force Awakens, her the interaction between her and Boyega is outstanding to me. Yeah, like those two characters together are just amazing, and I. I'm curious to see if they're where they're going to go with the two of them because you know when at the end of when they're all on the Falcon and she's looking at him as he's putting the blanket on Rose and it's just like you can almost see in her head it's like okay I see where that that's going right yeah but I'm like I don't want that <laughs> right so and I, I don't and, know like and you see Ray and Poe Poe finally meet finally meet so is there something there then no, are they start I heard that there's a a bit of a there's a bit of a discrepancy that they that they actually introduce each other or they meet each other in the Force Awakens novel. Okay. But then they act like you know obviously in this movie they're introducing each other like this is the first okay. time they've met. And I was like, well, that's that's bound to happen because yeah. you have people I'm, I'm going to go with the, the actual movie, movie over the yeah. yeah exactly. I agree. And and like I'm also curious to know about. I can't imagine that the entirety of the Resistance fleet was four ships. There has to be more to it than that. Like, I know, oh, this is it, this is it. Well, maybe the rest of it was somewhere else and had lost contact with them. But it just strikes me as odd because it seems to me like there's enough of, like, Poe doesn't know who, like, knows the name of Holdo, but doesn't know who she is on site. So that leads me to believe that clearly there must be enough of a fleet that they're not going on someplace else. There's other stuff happening somewhere. Maybe the fleet's not huge. Maybe it's like just two cruisers and a bunch of smaller ships, but I I have to assume that there's more to it than just basically one cruiser and then like one frigate and two little transport ships. Right. Well, it's the same thing with First Order. There's obviously more stuff going on in other places than just what we saw here. So, um, one last thing as far as just uh, moments. We we touched on these moments, but uh, just some things that were noticeable things that let us know Luke wasn't really there. We talked about his, you know, the the blue lightsaber, oh, his beard and yeah. everything else. But also when he does the he doesn't foot, leave any footprints. He doesn't leave any footprints. The other thing that I noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed this when I noticed it the second time I saw it, um, saw the movie, um, is when he touches Leia, Leia has a surprised look on her face. It's just for a moment, but when he goes to put the dice oh, or whatever in her hands, she looks, and I think it's because she realizes he's not actually there. Right. Um, and it, like I said, it's just it's a very subtle thing, but you can see this like look, almost look of surprise on her face. Um, so I thought that was that's true. And there, there's not there wasn't any bit of dialogue or something that would have explained that look. Right. Right. So. Um, but overall, yeah. I I love the movie. I like the fact that it's causing so much discussion. I like the fact that I feel like we got way more in depth discussion in this episode than we did in our Rogue One discussion, in our Force Awakens discussion. Um, and I feel like that's a sign of the, of the good movie that it was. And yeah, like we've talked about, it. there's things that we didn't like. There was things that could have been done better. 
Um, so it's not a perfect movie, but I do think it's a I do think it's a great Star Wars movie. I think it fits into the canon very well, and it gets me very excited and very interested on where are they going to go from here. So well, I think it's also like you know you talk about how long this discussion has gone. It's because of just the nature of this film. It's yeah. you know the things they do. There's I mean the first time I saw this, I was like, I can't my brain, I can't process. Right. There's just too much happening here. Right. <laughs> you know I mean a, a two and a half hour movie with all over you know all kinds of stuff going on just like i I just there's so and so many twists and turns and you know some people claim that you're stupid if you didn't see stuff coming it's just like whatever yeah um but there's just so much to process and i think that's part of why yeah and for a two and a half hour movie we've been talking about it for about two and a half hours uh and and, should have gone minute by minute right well that's the thing is like there's still stuff that like little things here and there and probably even some big things that we didn't even touch on that were just you know, things that could be a whole nother discussion. So, um, so like you said, I, I, I really think that people that really didn't like it or like are hating on it, I feel like they're getting in their own way of enjoying it because I think there's a lot to enjoy with the movie. So, but that's my opinion. And like you said, Eric, uh, there's people like what they like, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. But, um, but I think there's too much there to really be despising it as much as people are despising it. So, or some people are despising it. So, um, but, uh, all right, well, this will be, uh, this is this wrapping up episode 200. Um, I want to thank everybody that have been with us. Show. Yeah. I want to thank everybody that's been with us for the eight years of doing the show that have been with us for all 200 episodes. Uh, for those that just found us, because there's people that are just finding us now, um, the best thing that I ever got out of this show, and the thing, and much like the, the uh, Last Jedi movie, the best thing I got out of it, out of this sh- doing this show, and the thing I did not expect to get was the friendships, um, because two of the guys I'm doing this episode with, I would never even know without doing the show and <laughs> and they're and they're two of my probably two of my closest friends I have in my life now so um so and there's and there's quite a few people I can say that about uh all because of this show so uh and I know other people that have become friends because of this show so it's that's the thing like I said that I did not expect to get out of doing this and it's the thing I'm most grateful for and uh I've I have no end in sight. So we joke around all the time saying, Oh, this is the last one. But, um, (laughs) I, I, I have absolutely no intention of the show ending. I will have it go on as long as I can have it go on. Um, and obviously I'm adding more and more things to it all the time. So my biggest thing, I think we talked about this before the show started. My biggest thing for the new year is to just be more consistent with episodes coming out. Because uh, I enjoy doing them. I enjoy putting them out. Uh, I enjoy the fact of how many much people are interacting when they after they listen to them. Um, so I can't thank people enough, and I don't even want to begin. We tried in the Baltimore episode that you heard earlier in this episode. Um, we tried to name people that we were grateful to, and there was a whole list of people that I know we forgot. I just know we forgot. So, uh, so I apologize to those that we forgot, but just know that if you're listening to this episode, did you mention Chewy? I don't think we did. 
Um, <laughs> but just know that if you're if you're listening to this episode, you have my utmost thanks. And uh, whether you interact with us or don't interact with us, I thank you for listening to the episode and thank you for being with us on these journeys. It means the world to me. Like you guys have no idea how much it means to me. Um, and I can't believe. I've done this for eight years now, <laughs> but, um, but it's honestly been one of the highlights of my life. So, um, uh, so I, I, Robert, Eric, I thank you guys. Uh, I thank, you know, my other co-hosts, the other guest hosts, other people that have come on, all the people we've interviewed, all the people that have just given us ideas for doing episodes. Like everyone out there is awesome. And, I love the community that we've created here and I love doing this show. So, um, now that all the mushy stuff is out of the way, (laughs) it's okay to cry. You're right. Right. No, believe me. Sometimes this show can be extremely humbling sometimes because of, uh, how awesome the listeners are. So, Oh, I, I bawled freaking this morning watching uh, Luke die again. <laughs> right. Um, oh, man. So, uh, so thank you, everybody. I, I cannot say that enough times, and I cannot say it sincerely enough for how much it actually means. So, uh, got a lot more planned ahead. Uh, we were already talking before this. we started recording the episode about things we want to do. So, <laughs> so uh, Eric, how can they find you? Uh, nowhere. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically the, I have Twitter, but I think I've responded twice in like a year. <laughs> so I'm a lurker, but, um, er, er, Eric's on the Jakku now. That's where he went. Yeah. He's, he's nowhere. But you no, do I, have, I have an almost two year old that takes up most of my time yeah. now. You do appear um, in the Facebook group. Every yeah. I'm, I'm in the Facebook group. Like, so. I mean, I, I mean, I also deleted the Facebook app off my phone a couple of months ago to to make my life a little stress level a little more stress free. <laughs> so okay, I'm not okay. as not as active as I once was, but nice. yeah, usually you can find me there. Cool, Robert. How can they find you? Uh, just Robert Atkins Art across the board as far as far as social media goes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I'm currently. Uh, trying to catch up on commissions i've got uh, a project that should be coming out probably around the uh next summer as far as printed material and as of the new year i'm going to be uh to my regular gig teaching people how to draw comics so that's kind of what's up for me awesome well you can find us at uh, starjoes.com that's where you can find pretty much everything the phone number to call where you can leave a voicemail email address is starjoespodcast at gmail.com Follow us at Twitter at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, there's Star Joe's merchandise where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, all that fun stuff with the Star Joe's logo on it. I'm already talk in in talks and negotiations with my wife, if you want to call it, uh, as far as those being <laughs> negotiations, as far as coming up with some new T-shirt designs in 2018, uh, which I think will be awesome. And um, uh, you can. Follow the YouTube channel. Uh, Change actually, it to Star Porgs. <laughs> um, I actually have uh, the YouTube channel. I've been putting out regular videos now. Uh, I've been putting out at least one a week, if not more. Uh, and that that whole channel has been growing, uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, the Patreon account is out there. I've been putting out episodes for that. In fact... By the time this one comes out, there'll be another exclusive Patreon episode out because uh, I have that planned and, and recorded already. Um, 
and uh, it's as little as three dollars a month, and you can get all the extra episodes of Star Joe's that are out there. So, uh, so uh, I think that's everything. So, uh, if we didn't cover it this episode, as John has often said, we will cover it next episode. So, with <laughs> with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us, it's half the battle. Take care, everyone. slow them down. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro fighting to save the day. They're destroying our tanks. Get the hovercraft. Joe never gives up. He's always there. Fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe. American hero. G.I. Joe is there. They're beating us. We better call Zartan. What can he do? Find out in the adventures of G.I. Joe from Marvel Comics.